December 1st, 2014, and three podcast hosts are on a mission to travel to the future to watch Star Wars The Force Awakens on December 18th, 2015. Frank, with the help of a scientist known as Mr. Peabody, develops a time-traveling dildo. It's a dildo time machine. It's really simple. Let's say you want to go back 20 years in the past. Just grab the shaft and start stroking your hand up and down on it 20 times, and when you're ready to go back in time, you just cup the balls. Wow, Frank, you're doing really good. Look at you go, man. You sure you haven't done this before? You're really jacking that thing off like a pro. Uh, You know, next time, you can use the prototype, not me, okay? Starring Frank Hammer, Jake Elliott, Kevin Smith, Terry Crews, Gal Gadot's wig, that tattoo on Mike Tyson's face, a dirty clothes hamper named Schmitty, and a bottle of UV vodka. It's a movie full of action, suspense, time travel, and more frank than you ever wanted to handle. Coming this summer to a theater near you, it's Hammer Time Machine. Episode 68. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Drop by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Hi, this is Mike Zapsik from AMC's Comic Book Man, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And and we're we're the the Leftovers. All right. uh, And Frank. And Frank is here. Hello, yeah. everybody. And Frank. Yeah, it seems to be. We got to figure out a better transition to get Frank in here. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to get awkward. He... <laughs> like, I just don't know how to properly do it. I don't either. You know what, though? I mean, there's always that shit in your fridge that you don't fucking touch. You don't even want to fucking grab it to throw it away. It's just kind of there. <laughs> you're you're, I think you're that's basically me. saying that you're the extra shit in the fridge. <laughs> you're you're, the, you're that hot pocket that's been sitting in the back for like four fucking years. That you like, you've got to be that. Hungry. Hungry enough to eat the motherfucker before you pull it out? Oh, no, man. It's the thing that you don't want to fucking touch it, toss it, taste it, none of it. It's, you're just fucking like, what the fuck is that? Frank is that lean. <laughs> you're the lean hot pocket. You know? You know, have you ever had a lean hot pocket? Yeah. Lean oh hot God. pockets are fucking nasty. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, you, you'll take them. Hot pockets come in, like, packages of two, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you eat the first lean one, and you don't really eat it, right? You just eat, like, half of it, and you're like, oh, God, this is fucking unnatural. This is horrible. <laughs> so you throw the rest of it away, right? Yeah. So then you've got that one that just sits in there, and you're waiting for that nice 
night where you're just like fucked up drunk and there's nothing else in the house <laughs> and it's like am I going to go there is this the night where I make that decision you know and it's not like it's like one of those decisions like you're drunk and you're like oh am I going to fuck the ugly girl at the party no it's not it's 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 a, it's like a food decision am I going to be that fucked up drunk guy that eats the lean hot pocket tonight that's probably got freezer burn how do you end up with the lean pocket in the first place is it just a supermarket accident no 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 you're going on one of your health kicks uh-huh. you're going on one of your health kicks but you know like healthy food costs a lot of money right you want to you want to go organic you want to go with the like you know like the the organic shit or whatever like the gluten-free stuff all that shit it's like a fucking like you know health food craze fad right yeah and so you're like i don't have the money for that but you know what i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get one of these fucking lean pockets because they're cheap and you know what? I might like it. I like hot pockets. Yeah, yeah. I like hot pockets. Be a so little bit better for you. A little bit better for me. But yeah, they take all the they take all the uh, I don't know. They take all the uh, gross goodness, I guess, of a hot pocket, and and it's lean, and it's just it's unnatural. They got a different crust, and that's part it's of the like, problem is the texture. Yeah. Lean pockets are like dating your sister. Ugh. It's a, it's unnatural. <laughs> exactly. It is nasty. <laughs> But you know that's yeah it's a totally different texture. Yeah. Yeah. Sauce is like flavorless. Well, like and even meat, ugh. like the the ham and cheese hot pockets, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Those like the, the ham in those things is like the the cheapest ham. It's like pumped oh, full yeah. of water uh-huh. and like salt and all this other bullshit. And like the, the picture, <laughs> the goddamn picture they show you is stuffed full. The orifice is like loaded with meat and cheese. And if you fucking cut this thing in half and you look at it, you got this limp little thin layer uh, of meat, and then they're giant fucking gaping. Oh hole. yeah, no, they look it, beautiful it, on the box. It <laughs> might have been full, but as they cook. With that, with it, and it comes with like this, uh, like the the, the metallic oh, yeah. little box thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's like I think they take the old, uh, you know, those uh, what are those things you tan with? The women tan with those metallic things oh, that they place in front of them, and it hits the face and shit. I still know yeah. what you're saying, yeah. but I don't know what they are. They called. take a few of those, they cut them up, and then they wrap it up in the hot pocket. Yeah, and then and then it cooks in that thing. But when it cooks, all the cheese comes out of the sides and shit. Mm-hmm. So like your hot pocket is literally okay. Your hot pocket is literally taking a shit <laughs> as it cooks. You know what I mean? It's it, seriously like shit is coming out either side of this thing, and so when you do open it up, all the cheese is on the outside it's all crusty cheese and then on the inside then then you're looking at this hollow pocket yeah those things are those things sell a shit ton though hot pockets well i think jim gaffigan is like a big reason for that as much as he yeah as much as he makes fun of them i think that sales probably went up after that could be i'm I'm responsible sorry frank oh no go ahead i was gonna say i'm responsible for ordering the hot pockets (laughs) in my store and we, we go through tons it's like if you're aware of the whole Jim Gaffigan thing and that goes through your head and you're like, <laughs> that's funny. Well, okay, I'll go ahead and get some. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've heard it, you don't want to touch that shit. Who puts – no, but who puts broccoli in a Hot Pocket? Yeah. No, yeah. like who came up with the Hot Pocket? Did some guy – I think honestly, like I think it all revolves around being drunk. You have to be drunk to eat the lean one, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think it's supposed I think to be the a guy- like Calzone, right? A little well, miniature thing? Well, I think that, like, the first guy that did it was, like, went out with a bunch of friends one night, got really fucking hammered, uh-huh. and then drove up to McDonald's, and he's like, dude, I'm gonna get, like, six fucking apple pies. <laughs> and then after he eats, he's, like, on his fourth fucking pie, right? Yeah. Okay? Uh, he probably pukes, comes oh. back, starts the fifth pie. <laughs> and then he's like, holy shit, dude, we should stuff this with fucking ham and fucking cheese and, like, <laughs> You know what I mean? And that's where the Hot Pocket was born. 
This is like half baked right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Get some of that shit in there. All right. uh, they, That's funny. I'm gonna start calling them snot pockets. Snot pockets. <laughs> because yeah. the cheese, the filler, it's like that. It is. So yeah, let's let's back to the uh, awkward Frank intro thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, like how about how about next week after we do the whole we're the leftovers thing? You say you come in and say, and I'm Frank. What do you think I'm about Frank. that? Or something. <laughs> we got to do all the work to introduce Frank. He he should step up and do his own work, right? Well, you know, okay, I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you for past performances because I've kind of done this. Like, oh, Frank can't say anything until we start the show. <laughs> yeah. And so you sit there all awkward. So I'm not going to blame it. I'm not going to say I'm not like, blaming him either. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, Frank, you need to step up. You're not doing your part. I'm just saying, yeah, From that, if you want to do that next week, that is on you. If you can remember to do that. But I think, you know, honestly, I think we've trained him like a little monkey. <laughs> to the, no, I think we've trained you like this little fucking organ monkey and shit. And, like, you won't do anything until, like, we tell you to i'm always like just like wondering like all right which way is it gonna go is it gonna be straight and they're just gonna drop me in right away or is brian gonna torture me again yeah that's a good idea that's, that's good thinking brian maybe yeah. we shouldn't relinquish that power <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you know what you'd end up with like I, i've often like likened myself to leroy jenkins that whole world of warcraft thing okay and probably get me screaming like hammer time or some shit <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I was going to let you do that next week, and then after that whole fucking display that you just put on right now, it's gone. Seriously, seriously no, that's a fart in the wind now. No, totally, I'm, like, totally the, like, drunk dude who's like, no, 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 you say I can have the keys, here are my fucking keys, you don't want me to do this. Right. All right, guys, uh, you know, first thing we're going to talk uh, about uh, after, you know, we're just shooting the shit here, but we are going to be talking about the new Star Wars, the Force Awakens trailer. Oh, yeah. The drop. But, you know, I, hey, guys, we've had two weeks off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Two weeks off. We had a holiday. We had Thanksgiving, and I want to wish all of our – we didn't get to wish everybody a Thanksgiving, so I hope everybody out there had a Thanksgiving. All yeah, of, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, sure. Happy Thanksgiving to the leftover army. So, um, you know, I'm going to do something different. I wasn't going to do this because I hate this fucking shit. I hate it when November starts up. This is one of the reasons I'm not on Facebook. I hate this fucking shit where November starts and everybody's like, well, each day I'm going to tell you something I'm thankful for. <laughs> and totally. like, I, when I was on Facebook, I actually started a whole fucking like message thread mm-hmm. of what I would talk about, what I'm not thankful for for the whole month. So <laughs> each day I would tell people like what I'm not thankful for. Just to bust out of the fucking monotony of every, you know, it's like, I'm thankful for, yeah, okay, I get it. You're thankful for your kids. You're thankful for your family. You're thankful thankful for you know your husband and blah bitty blah bitty. i get it you, you say the same fucking thing every year yeah okay but I, you know what fuck it we're gonna talk about what we're thankful for it was thanksgiving so i'm gonna ask you guys like what are you thankful for ah well i mean i'm thankful for that that we do this podcast for one that we still got this thing going hell yeah been over a year now yeah, yeah. Well, I, our first show was April. Our first show dropped on April thirtieth of two thousand and thirteen. Mm-hmm. We planned. We started talking about doing the show back in October two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. Does that not blow your mind? Hey, that, that we, we, yeah, this thing was like birthed like two fucking years ago. We got like we're in our ter- we're, we're literally in our terrible twos. Yeah, I remember thinking <laughs> thoughts like, "Gosh, I hope we're doing. I hope this thing is up and running when we get like new Star Wars movies, and you know when yeah. we get." Avengers movies and we get, you know, yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. We and get it's to like, do it. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy seemed like a pipe dream right in those early yeah. days. Yeah. And, and I'm thankful that we're, we're getting ready to hit the heyday. I'm, I'm thankful for all the big movies we have coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that we're still kicking strong. Yeah. 
and going to be talking about all these big movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm thankful for, you know, my family. Um, there's some strange stuff. I'm not going to go into it, but... Yeah, I don't want you to be a fucking talking Facebook post right now for yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. Jake. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I'm still thankful for all my family and yeah. everything. good for you. And, um, yeah, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I, I, you know, mimic the family thing. I think everybody does. But, uh, like I mentioned before, I own my own business, and it's been stressful at times. But on the whole, it's very rewarding. Uh, some people know what I do. I stand hardwood floors. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, getting to the end of the year, you're able to look back at the whole thing as a whole instead of, you know, being mired in it day to day. <laughs> and, you know, just thankful to be able to – do something I like to do uh, without having to answer to, you know, a corporate douchebag who's out to pay for his, like, fifth summer home or something. Like, what I do directly benefits my family. So, uh, thankful for the ability to successfully do that, for sure. Not thankful for the – fuck you. You're not thankful for the podcast. <laughs> well, of course you I'm not. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Like, you guys really don't want me to like just say, no, like, you what, s- Jake said? You, well, no, you, you should, though, you self-absorbed fuck. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thankful for no. me, <laughs> and I'm thankful for more of me. No. <laughs> 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 oh man, I couldn't talk. I was going to well. say something, but I started laughing. Too hard. <laughs> I just All right. didn't want to okay. duplicate it. Yeah. Uh, th- okay. I I'm thankful for. Uh, I am thankful. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going to echo Jake, <laughs> and I'm gonna say. Th- I you know I'm, I'm a pretty bitter, jaded kind of person. I'm a glasses. Uh, you know, I'm not even. A, I, I wouldn't say like you know you got people that the glass is half full. The glass is half empty. Fuck that. Dude, I don't even have a glass. Somebody, like, took my glass <laughs> and stole it, you know what I mean, yeah. years ago. I don't mm-hmm. even have a glass. So, But, I, you know, I'm going to do this because I never do this. I am thankful for the podcast. I'm thankful for the listeners that listen to this shit and that love this fucking show. I'm thankful for the Leftover Army, number one. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah, I'm thankful for family and I'm thankful for family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. So yeah, but I'm thank I'm f- I'm thankful for the podcast. Yeah, I really want to echo that I'm thankful for the army too. I mean, I'm thankful that anyone gives us any time of day, right, and listens to us for rant about hot pockets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's amazing. 3D dildos and all this other <laughs> bullshit that we talk about. <laughs> yeah, Gal Gadot's wigs. Gal Gadot's wigs. I'm also very thankful for the uh, all the live tweeters, the people that do that. <laughs> That's great stuff. That that cheers me up every week. Yeah. When I oh, see I love it. it. It's yeah, cool. yeah. So keep it up. All the, all that stuff. I'm thankful for David Isaac who got us that uh, really cool intro with Mike Zapsik. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. So thank you, David yeah. Isaac. And you know what the fucked up thing is? Check this out, dude. Dude goes there to the stash. So like he lives in Vermont. Drove out to the stash on Black Friday. You know, and you know, get some cool shit and uh, gets Zapsik to record this intro, right? Fucking, he's gonna send it to me. He's looking for it. Accidentally deletes it. Oh no! So he tells me about this, and he's like, "Dude, I'm so sorry. Accidentally deleted it." I was like, "Oh man, that would have been awesome." And I was like, oh, "I'm sad now." And <laughs> I get a message, dude, like an hour or two later, like, "Uh, yeah, I'm on my way driving back to the stash." Holy shit! <laughs> I'm gonna see if he'll re-record it for me. Wow. He does. So you know, David Isaac, you, you, wow. you know, pick pick your rank in the army, bro. I mean, seriously. 
Yeah. Pick your rank. You're you're awesome. That so, is awesome. And you're I, the man. I, and I want to. I'm thankful for the leftover army that's still like writing articles and stuff for us to post on the site. I want to see some more. Yeah, yeah. You know, so definitely. Uh, see, that's the thing. We're the we call ourselves the People's Podcast because we don't discriminate against like we don't have like writers like a writer team. No, you know what I mean. Uh, we want people to like write articles about different things that are coming out. Uh, it doesn't even have to be like. A movie that came out, like uh, David Isaac did an article about the, the Nolan films mm-hmm. and what didn't work for him in those films. You know, like and that movie, the last movie wrapped up like over a year ago. Yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. It's the People's Podcast. That's a great point, mm-hmm. right? And you can have whatever opinion you want if you want to write something for us. You know, if you completely disagree with one of us about something. Yeah. Write an article about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do read these before I post them, so it's yeah. like, I can't be like, you know, oh, I just watched such and such movie. You know, it, it's a pile of shit, and your show sh- sucks. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to throw that yeah. on the fucking website. Oh, but, exactly. You know. But if it's well thought out, and you have you make points, and you're mm-hmm. not just calling us shitheads for our opinions, then yeah, you know, write us an article. And, and- trust me, dude. I see that. Like, okay, we took two weeks off and shit. And like I don't know why I did this, but I went back and I looked like looked through some like old emails that I had been sent. Uh-oh. I have taken so much fucking battery from some people that have listened to the show before. Yeah. Like oh dude, <clears throat> I yeah, like there are emails like where it's like, "Hey, I like your show. I like this. I like this. I like this." And then it gets to like this whole fucking like that's like one paragraph. And then there's like three or four fucking paragraphs about how much I suck. Wow. Ugh. Like the worst part of your show is Brian. And then it's just like they they think that like you guys are like you guys get to read these emails too. And I mean, you guys do like when I read them on the show, but they come to me first (laughs) and it's like, it's like, it's like I read this whole fucking thing about like how Brian sucks. (laughs) And so I've got to read this and see the thing is, it's like, you know, I've asked for like, you know, criticism in the past. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, if you don't like this about the show, blah, 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 blah. But when you fucking just like a barrage of fucking like insults and shit, I don't take it as criticism. I just take it as bashing. And so like, I'm supposed to like respond and be like, oh, thank you for your thoughts. No, I have literally responded in the past with, you know what, I read your thoughts, they were well-organized, presented clearly and concisely, but fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, we just do this out of a basement. We're not like, we, we're not professional or anything. So, you know what, if you're going to come at me, I might come at you. <laughs> but, you know, so that's what I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for... Hateful a- emails? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you know what? Because, like, you know, like, most people, like, if they, yeah, I am thankful form because like most people are just like um you know if if oh i get an email like i need to change that i need to change that Mm -hmm. that's something i need to change no i use it as fuel Mm -hmm. and it fuels me yeah it does it fuels me it fuels me you know what like people don't understand like all the work like to do a five six hour podcast like we've done Mm -hmm. you know anywhere from four to six hours there's a lot of fucking research that i have to do throughout the week so basically, when you send an email like that, you're basically sending the email to the guy that's like putting the show together. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> yeah. not taking anything away from you guys. No. But I'm, I'm, and I'm also, I'm thankful for the both of you for coming here to do this every week with me. It's like the highlight of my week some weeks. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, for sure, Varsity. So I'm thankful for Frank and I'm thankful for Jake. But I, yeah, I am, I guess I am, I'm thankful for the army that does love the show and that, you know, that, 
that does like me. But yeah, the people that don't, you know, yeah, I guess I'm thankful for that. It fuels me because I'm not going to change. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like change who I am to appease one or two people when I do get like, you know, 20 more emails saying that they do love the show. Right. So you're never going to make those people happy anyway, because as soon as you start changing, then it's artificial and it's all fucked exactly. up. I'm going to be me. And if you yeah. don't like me, then don't <clears throat> listen to the show. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. So. <laughs> this, this went off from like, wow. hey, I'm thankful for this to, yeah, uh, well, yeah hey, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, bu- fucks and gotchas is how we roll. The fuel that feeds my fury. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we're going to play a little game before we jump into the uh, Star Wars trailer. Games. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're going to jump into a little game, and then we're going to, after that, it's not even a game. But uh, And then we're going to talk about, I got a couple emails that I want to read, and then we're going to talk about the Star Wars trailer. All right. This first game, I call it MDS, <laughs> and um, I'm going to ask a question, and we're going to get. I'm going to get the views from three different people. From uh, it's MDS for married, divorced, and single. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to present a question to you guys. This is kind of like a uh, like like a question, and let's see what the different like uh, reactions to the question, different answers that you can get from a married guy, a divorced guy, and a single guy. And it's MDS. Okay. All right. All right. And the question is, what is, what do you consider the best day of your life? The best day of your life or like the, the, like the biggest highlight of your life. Like this is like, like that one moment, like, like the, like, wow, this is like that one lifetime achievement or like experience that you've had in your entire life. Like the, the most amazing thing that, that that's ever happened to you. Wow, that's that's tough. Yeah. And we'll go with we'll go with. Uh, it is tough. Shit. It is tough. Yeah, it's gonna take a minute to try to think of that. Probably, I'm just gonna go with the most fun I've ever had. Okay, and it was when I went to Las Vegas for my birthday a few years ago. Yeah, nice. Um, my birthday is on February 28th, and I live in the Midwest, so right. it's always a fucking snowstorm every yeah. year on my birthday. Yeah, and it was one of the most surreal experiences of my life to wake up on my birthday and have it be like 77 outside. And it was just a great time. Yeah. Um, we had, you know, VIP passes to all kinds of different places. Got to hang out with a bunch of celebrities from the Survivor show and talk yeah. real candidly with them. It was like the best birthday I've ever had. That's awesome. So that prob- just off the top of my head, I'm probably not thinking of something that would make me feel stupid later. But- right, right. Um, for me, it it coincides with an event with the birth of my daughter. Yep, just a little over this a year old. This is exactly what I expected. <laughs> well, see the it thing. Makes, no, it makes sense. Yeah, and I, I've also got a son who's ten years old, and certainly not to take anything away from him. It wasn't just the birth of my daughter that made me feel that way. It was later that night after she was born. I was kind of looking at it and married very, very happily. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've got this great, precious little girl, and I'd always wanted a little girl. And my son, he loves me, and we play video games and stuff like that when I get him. And it was just kind of thinking about all that stuff that night, and I just felt really, really blessed. Yeah. Nice. See, this is exactly what I expected. Yeah. Yes, like... Mine's a party. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is the single guy, and then you ask the married guy, of course it's going to be the birth of your child. Yeah. You know? Or it's either, like, if you're you're married, it's like, oh, the day I got married. Or... Or if you have a kid, then then that kind of trumps that because you've brought life into the world. Mm-hmm. And like you know, how can how can you say, oh yeah, a party I went to yeah. is like number one, <laughs> right? And then like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, clocking in at number three, the birth, <laughs> <laughs> the birth. right? right. Sure. 
All right, my I don't I don't give a shit. I'm gonna say my answer. My answer is the day I figured out how to masturbate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going there. I'm going there. It was a life changing experience. Seriously. <laughs> Do you have it down to the day? Oh God, I don't know the day, but uh, I remember. I remember. You know, I remember it. <laughs> you know. I remember, okay, see, like, it starts off in stages, because, like, your body's going through changes, you don't know what the fuck you're feeling, right? Like, one day you're laying on the floor reading a comic book, and then <laughs> your jeans rub up against the carpet, and you're like, whoa, this is interesting. And so it, you put Spider-Man away, you know what I mean? And so now you're focusing on, like, what's going on in the jeans, right? And so, like, this goes on for a while, you don't know what's going on down there, you know what I mean? And yeah, then, for sure, when you're young, exactly. you know, uh, why is it hard to go to the bathroom sometimes? Uh, right. 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 When I take a bath, why am I getting this? What are the, I don't even know that this is called an erection, you exactly. know? But yeah, it's it's happening right now. No, the day was like when I figured out like, whoa, how the equipment worked down there. You know what I mean? I wonder if you get like true answers from people if you were to run a poll and like, do you remember like the event? Like when it happened. Oh yeah. Like the, I mean like I okay, like I gotta say I know I do. Well I knew that like I knew that like something would happen, but I didn't know like how to trigger it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know if there's like a process like you need a manual. Yeah. I didn't know it just kinda of, like you hit that point where it actually happens. Right, yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I you know what I mean? I didn't know and then it happened and I was just like <gasps> Like 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 sure. like sunshine hit me for sure. I, I I definitely remember my my first experience yeah. with this too. Yeah. yeah, and it was the most amazing day of my life. Yeah. So we've got the married guy, the birth of my child. Yeah. You know, and here I am. I'm probably holding my child, all my child in my hand, and that was like the best day of my life. You know what I mean? I I, I flushed I flushed that dream down the toilet. You know, like my child is on like the end of like a. Uh, uh, fucking uh, <laughs> tissue, Aww. you know, in my bedroom is like a 13-year-old kid. So, so see, like, no, no, I'm not even going there, man. That's pretty fucking bad for me if I ain't fucking saying it. No, 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 no. All right, that was MDS. Let's move on. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, then before we uh, talk about the Star Wars trailer, let's jump into an email real quick. And I want to po- – let's see here. I'm going to pose a question to you guys after this. Uh, but the email – comes from listener you uh, Huey Cox, who I think this is like his third or fourth email to the podcast. So thank you, Huey. Uh, hi, Leftovers. What would be your ideal live-action Green Goblin? After two Spider-Man series, Sony seems to struggle with getting Green Goblin right. He's either a Power Ranger or Zombie Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see a combination of Ultimate Osborn and 616. I like the transformative powers and drug addiction of Ultimate Goblin, but dislike the Hulk appearance. They could have the Oz serum transform him into the 616 Goblin. I don't think a Halloween mask works, but if he uses the Oz serum and transforms into a creature that actually looks like a Goblin, that might work. Thank you for your time, Huey. Um, Jake, I'm going to ask you. You you are like, like the biggest Spider Man fan here. Yeah, I think the problem is is going with all these like metal costumes and everything, and they need to just ditch all that. That's definitely yeah. step one. Yeah, and go with a more like definitely go with a mask. Right, but it's like I don't. I think the mask can be cool. Like in my head, I'm seeing like not the scream mask necessarily, but like just a spooky mask. You know, yeah. just something that looks spooky and not silly. Right, and it doesn't have to 
talk. His voice can come, you know. The Dark Knight Rises, you're not seeing Bane's mouth move ever. So you can do the same thing with Green Goblin. You never need to see his mouth move. So don't worry about it. Just make a great-looking mask that's actually scary. You've got to get a good voice actor. Definitely. Yeah. Get a mask that kids want to be on Halloween because it's scary. Yeah. Right. Don't worry about looking cool. Worry about looking scary with Green Goblin. Well, okay, when you look at the Spider-Man toys and, Mm -hmm. like, what sells, Mm -hmm. it's the Spider-Man. I mean, they have, like, when the Spider-Man, when you go to, like, like uh, down the aisle in Target, there's like fucking like thirty different Spider-Men that you can choose from, and then there's like one Goblin. You yeah. know what I mean? And and so make a really cool Goblin. Maybe make it to where you can take the mask off of the Goblin. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, maybe make it a reveal. I mean, the movie doesn't. This might be sacrilege to some, but let's have a Goblin where we don't know what character is the Goblin. You know, Norman Osborn's not in this movie. Yeah. Who's behind that mask? Right. That, to me, that would be more interesting than the other way around. They always go. I like that of idea. Seeing, of seeing the person become the <laughs> goblin. Yeah. That would make the goblin even more frightening. Right. Because you don't even know what's motivating this person for, like, the first half of the movie, say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then have those encounters be, like, really over-the-top violent. Yeah. He uh, at one point in that email Huey suggests um going with like the ultimate version of yeah, Green Goblin. Uh, well kinda he said I'd like to see a combination of Ultimate Osborne and six one six. Okay. He says uh the tr- transformative powers and drug addiction of the ultimate goblin but he dislikes the hulk appearance yeah i i I was gonna say the same yeah i completely agree they so kind of like a hybrid between the two yeah and it's one of the very few um bagley redesigns in ultimate spider-man that disagreed with me is i i didn't like the big steroided up green goblin either yeah so yeah definitely don't do that yeah i think that would have worked in the 90s (laughs) but you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, make this guy lean and mean and scary. Yeah. I haven't uh, dipped my toe in the comics, so I've only got the two sets of movies to go off of. Mm-hmm. And I far prefer Willem Dafoe and the Power Ranger myself. Uh, just I think it's the overall package more or less than – Yeah, I guess if you have like. to pick the lesser of two evils, yeah. that's the way to go. Yeah. But See, like, that's all I know, They though. could totally improve upon right. what they've done in those movies. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I'm with Jake. If I, you were to present one the way that Jake's saying, you couldn't do it with something that cheesy looking. Right. Like you're saying, it'd have to yeah. be intense. Yeah. Um, I'm with Jake. I, I, they do need to make him scary. Yeah. And, 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 and I'd say that in most cases in Spider-Man, is, is like his rogues gallery – they all pretty much need to be scary. We we need to see a scary Venom. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, you know, we need to see like a scary Craven. You scary know? lizard. Scary yeah. lizard. Uh, I would agree. That's that's what makes that what's that's what makes your hero that much better. And they they I'm not saying the Nolan movies are perfect, but Nolan really got that. He really got that, especially in the last two movies. In my in my opinion, yeah. both of m- both, both Heath Ledger Joker and uh, Tom Hardy Bane were yeah. scary villains. They were um, from the get go, mm-hmm. like, and they made their presence known from the get go in both those movies. You had that you know that plane scene where they took the the yeah. hostile takeover of that plane in, in the Dark Knight Rises, and Bane right from there like even sacrificed one of his own men. You knew that this guy meant fucking business, right. and Heath Ledger. Just came out with guns blazing and fucking the Dark Knight. I mean, yeah. that's what you need in a Spider-Man movie. Um, you know, I'm not saying we should let Nolan do Spider-Man, but I think a director needs to take that type of an approach in a Spider-Man movie, make the characters scary, and you know, still over the top though, making it a Spider-Man movie. 
You know what I mean? I don't want them to strip it down to like no, what Nolan did. I think you're making an amazing <clears throat> point. That's definitely the one thing. And it's like the Spider-Man Rogues Gallery is kind of the mirror to the Batman Rogues Gallery. Right. Like across the universes. And yeah. they definitely, they need to, not in a single Spider-Man movie have they ever gotten even close to Joker or Bane level. No, of, they haven't. Like, audiences arguably are rooting for joker and or bane was the rhino scary at all or just oh, goofy fuck. as fuck yeah goofy. electro yeah yeah not as much but that music was bad yeah. No, the, the, the electro yeah the music was bad but uh, but he, jamie fox um and i'm not i'm not blaming him i'm just saying that they they presented his character like uh kind of like in a goofy way mm-hmm. when you know what i mean when yeah. he when he was max exactly you know yeah um like you said in a previous episode like he, the riddler like the riddler mm-hmm. in the batman what was it the batman forever movie i get those two names confused batman and robin and batman yeah. forever yeah yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. My question to you guys, this is like, uh, thank you for the email, Huey, but my question to you guys, and you, I may not be giving you enough time to think about this, but let's say if you could cast any character in any movie, if you could cast any actor for any character in any movie, whether it be, um, whether it be comic book related or just like, um, you know, action, whatever, if you could cast anybody as any character, like a dream casting in anything, who would you cast? Those are loose parameters. <laughs> oh man, I, well, I for some reason the first thing that comes to my mind is I would Clint Eastwood from 25 years ago yeah. as the lead role in the Dark Tower movies. Okay. <laughs> you know yeah i just really really want those dark tower movies to be made and that's the big question is we- isn't that something that's like, like they've been talking about rebooting that and doing that again mm-hmm. and and this, the project like keeps getting dropped or something yeah it keeps coming and going yeah. and coming and going yeah so and now we're getting um there's all the they're gonna make four stand movies they just in yeah. the last couple of weeks yeah. and it's really looking like matthew mcconaughey is gonna be randall flag oh wow and Randall Flagg is also a big Dark Tower villain. And That's a huge score for them if they can land Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and it seems like he's really interested in doing it. Very cool. And I think he's perfect for that role. Yeah. And that's Dreamcasting. Dreamcasting, nice. Frank, what about you, man? Um, hmm. As I'm thinking about it, <clears throat> I'm thinking about how they've discussed the uh, making of a, a Last of, The Last of Us movie. Yeah. Uh, that game the, on the, the, the game board. yeah which and it's a huge deal yeah. i've never played it but i i've heard like it's a huge right. deal um <clears throat> and and no i'm not going Maisie williams <laughs> i was waiting for it i know, it. I, know. No, no, no. <laughs> I was waiting for it too no 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 i'm thinking of the the lead character of joel and you know there's there's no way it would ever happen but i think mcconaughey would be fucking fantastic in that role uh, the, you guys wow, all this McConaughey well, love. No, 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 it is. I, know. I, I don't I, have McConaughey on my list. <laughs> so I was kind of going that way. Just I'm not going to get into deep shit at all with it. But uh, there is a wide emotional <coughs> range that this character portrays for a video game character from sorrow, love, and anger, and all that stuff. Uh, violence, intensity, and it would take someone with an equally wide range to play him. So I think that would be fucking great. Anybody else? What you got for anything? <sighs> Not right off the top of my head, man. All right. Yeah, that's I could. That's a hard one. I'd have to like narrow it down to like, okay, are we talking video games, comics, movies, whatever? You can. I mean, go anywhere. Yeah, I know. Sure. I need like a half hour to think about that shit. Go anywhere with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I might. Pre- something we can maybe roll back to. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, I'm gonna get into mine here real quick. Um, but you know, I mean. 
Yeah, that's that's something like think about it. And I know Jake, dream castings and fantasy castings aren't like your biggest thing. Yeah. You you're not really comfortable with it all the time. But I think if given you a few weeks to think about it, I think you could come back with some some cool nuggets. Yeah, for oh, yeah. sure. Uh, num- I'm going to go with uh Number one, if they could recast Hawkeye, I love Jeremy Renner, I do. Mm-hmm. Huge fan of the Hurt Locker, but if they could recast him, if they could recast uh, Hawkeye, I would go with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I can see that. Big, um, fan. big fan of him, and I think he'd be a great Hawkeye. <laughs> um, number two, Willem Dafoe as Mephisto. Mm, that's interesting. So, He's yeah. got the look. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would love to see it. Um, and then my final one, I love this one. I love this one. It, I think it's perfect. Tom Hanks in a Fantastic Four movie as Mole Man. Oh, nice. I love it, too. That would be great. Isn't that great? That Can great. you see him with the goggles yeah, and everything? Definitely, definitely. I think he would love that, too. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. I, I think he's desperate to be a villain in one of these superhero movies. Yep, yeah. and I think I think Mole Man would be perfect for him. <laughs> yeah. I do. I really do. <laughs> too bad the Fantastic Four franchise won't be in any sorts for the next, like, uh, four or five we're, years. We're going to talk about the Fantastic Four movie a little bit later. <laughs> what I don't so. get, though, is that, I mean, you guys, several, several episodes, I want to say, last year dropped that audio clip of tom hanks saying he'd love to do something anything and nobody calls him yeah 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 he says i want to do something but i don't want to be like uh like a a bit character like i don't want to be like the guy at the end of the movie that shows up and tells like tony stark about the avengers i don't want to be nick fury i want to be i want to have powers i want to be a hero or a Mm -hmm. villain and i can't blame him for saying that i think he'd be able to do a great job but I, i still can't see why nobody's even you know thought about tapping him yet yeah, but we we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Well, that's you true. know what I mean. He might be picking yeah. through some stuff. That's a daunting task. Things. How working in Tom Hanks into your superhero franchise and doing it well—that's not the. It's not just a no-brainer. Like it really takes a lot yeah. of thought. I think. Do you guys think that we've? I no. did it. I did it, and I did it in one day. Mole Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, well, but he can't go to the Fantastic Four franchise yeah. yet, though. He still has to wait. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we've come? Pretty far in a year as far as, like, who we're talking about getting cast in some of these roles. I mean, I, I want to say, you know, in late 2012 and early 2013, you never would have heard talk of, you know, like a Jared Leto in a comic book movie. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's a whole different ball game. It becomes that way every year. I mean, right. superhero the superheroes genre is making stars and has stars wanting to be in it. Do you think Guardians is really where it's blowing that open? Do you think it's well, open the floodgates? Hmm, no. Uh, as far as, like, stars wanting to be in these movies? Well, it, it opens the genre, the comic book movie genre up because mm. it did so well and nobody knew it from anything. I think it, it opens out. up the doors for more obscure characters to be brought into the movie cinematic universe. Definitely. As far as bringing stars in, yeah. I think that started the day that we we saw what the Nolan movies can do. Okay. Yeah. And I think a little <clears throat> bit with uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man thing, too. Yeah, that too. A that little, too. I'm not trying to both. take I'm not trying to no, take no. anything away from that, but I I, I think I, I I do I think uh the serious tone that Nolan set n- whether you like that Batman iteration or not, I think that that kind of like, you know, I mean, they, they were getting, you know, some big time actors in there. Yeah. You got Morgan Freeman. Yeah. 
and uh, Michael Caine. I mean, this is this is before like Robert Redford joined Marvel. Yeah. This yeah. is before Glenn Close signed on, Benicio del Toro, stuff like that. So, you know, I think you know. Since the beginning of movie making, big stars have been attracted to the superhero genre. But, but, but it was money. Yeah. Marlon Brando and Superman not was all, huge. Not always, though. I think some of them come from such a theatrical background that it's such over-the-top stuff with some of the stuff. Like, I mean, as far as, like, you know, you got your Gene Hackman and your, like, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And, like, people like that, you know. Yeah, but the, the, the big na- – okay, whose name came first on the credits – for um, I think I, I Nicholson for Batman. No, I'm talking about Superman. I uh. think like Marlon Brando is like the big draw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. was the big draw for the Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think his name. I don't know if it came up first or if it was like last, and it was just like huge. I think it was like the and starring yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It was like, but yeah. they made it was like a big deal that Marlon mm-hmm. Brando was in this, and it was such a big deal that they brought him back even after his death in <laughs> Superman. Returns, yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So wow, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get to the Star Wars trailer. Yeah, yeah. We were on a tangent there. All <laughs> yeah, right. Should I play the Star Wars music as we talk about the trailer for a little bit? Do we? Do we? Should I? I don't. I wouldn't mind. I might want to have one of those tingly moments. I don't know. Let's see how this turns out. If it's, I don't know. We'll see if it's a little too loud. Then I'll play. Just... Play the calmer stuff. You got like the. Uh, I got the theme. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> See, like the music I had queued up in my head is totally like the uh, background emperor music. <laughs> all right. So, we all got a chance to see the Star Wars The Force Awakens trailer. It dropped on Friday um, at, uh, was it 9.15 in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got up at like nine, uh, right before 10 and it was already up. Yeah. I so. caught it 9.40 something off of your post. Give yeah. it up on the music. I'm done with the music. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we'll all talk about it. We'll probably rate it. I was not going to rate it at first, but I'm, I'm going to rate it. I'm going to rate it. So Why weren't you going to rate it? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought it was like, uh, is it too soon to rate this trailer? Is it too soon to rate this trailer? And then I was just like, no, I'm going to rate it. I'm going to rate it. I want to look back on this day. And know that I rated it, that I put my rating out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't want to look back and be like, oh, I didn't rate it. You know, I was a big pussy and I didn't rate it. No, <laughs> I, I want to look back on this day and be like, yeah, I had some balls and I rated this thing. <laughs> You're not saying all that and then going to freeze it, right? Exactly. No, no, not, I'm not busting out the old Lee Tap Scott freeze it. <laughs> not this time. I'm not going to freeze it. Spoiler, I will not freeze it. There will be an official rating. Okay. Um, but – yeah, um, you know, we do have a rating system here. So uh, if uh, this is your first time listening to our show and you're not familiar with our rating system, we want you to be. And this is how our rating system goes. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, so that's our rating system. Toss it if we hate it, if we like it, to taste it, and if we love it, it's a Tupperware. If all of us love it, it's a Tupperware party. Clive, he's back from his vacation. He's back from his vacation. You know what he did on his vacation? Let's hear it. Um... I don't know. Uh, he ate a bunch of hot pockets and got masturbated. <laughs> yeah, he found a use for that. Learned how to masturbate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he I was going to say the exact same thing, Frank. <laughs> yeah, he 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 opened that hot pocket up 
he saw that all the fillings were gone, <laughs> and he was like, you know what? I can stick my dick in that. <laughs> He'd hate to see a hole go to waste like that. And the little bastard's going to start doing a new advertisement for them. Is Hot Pocket, is that any good? You have no idea. No. After he got After he got done... And he climaxed. He says, "Oh my god, cock pocket." <laughs> so yeah, all right, okay, guys. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, we all saw the trailer, and um, we're going to talk about it. Uh, do you want to rate it first, or do you want to talk about it first and then rate it? Let's talk about it first. And all rate right, it. all right. Okay. But Frank, what was what was going on over oh, there? Try, sorry, I'm just trying to. I I, I really want to throw mine in first. That way, y'all don't think I'm like skeezing off you. Hey, well, you can well, rate it right now if you want, Frank. Go for it. Well, no, yeah, I, yeah. There's no rules, right? I got well the whole taint and opinion thing. Uh, I just want to throw mine out. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. We, as we talk about it, we might give away <clears throat> stuff. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. My opinion's not going to change. I don't. My, I think my rating's pretty solid. Okay, Frank. Rating? Go ahead, yeah, if you fucking got a rating. Tupperware. It, in short, it did its fucking job. It teased the fuck out of me. Right. Yeah. Well, that's it? No, well, I didn't know how much more you want me to withdraw. <laughs> no, that's fine. We'll talk, we'll talk, we'll, we'll uh, unpack the trailer as we go cool, and cool, we cool. can, we can talk about what you, what you Tupperwared. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also gonna, I'm gonna echo you and Tupperware this trailer. So yeah, it's uh so far so far we're uh, two out of three. So it's, it's a Tupperware for me, and as we talk about it, we'll unpack it more. Jake, are you still going to hold out on us? I don't know. I was really nervous. <laughs> you know, the the morning that this trailer came out, right. I woke up, I saw it was on my Apple TV, yeah, and I, I didn't watch it right away. I was like, oh, I, I don't want to watch it. I, I, I'm not ready. I'm like, just woke up. I'm still kind of groggy from just waking up. I he's can't. I can't watch this. Us. Yeah, he's like, a, you're, <laughs> you know? you're like a woman in the morning so. that hasn't put the makeup on. And she's worried about her breath, and you're thinking, you know, I don't have to smell your breath for doing it, doggy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why they invented that position, Jake. So yeah, what's going on there, man? So so yeah, and. I went and took a shower and everything. Yeah, and then I finally Did you put on like a suit and tie. I got something. Yourself- to, I got something to eat before I watched it. <laughs> I thought and you were going to ask him if he rubbed one out while he was in there. And then I, and then I finally like got myself ready. I, I turned all the lights off yeah. for, for eighty eight seconds of TV. I, I, I dimmed the room. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, I watched it and um, I Tupperware it too. He lit a candle, ate some popcorn. Oh shit! You just yeah. Yeah. all right. <laughs> give me, give me, I want to. All right, so we've got uh, we've got an official Tupperware party. Yeah, nice. I I, I I loved it all. Very cool. From uh, <laughs> from soccer ball droid. Yeah. To uh, the uh, lightsaber hilts. Yeah. I, I Tupperware it all. We'll talk. We'll talk about all that stuff. Definitely. All right, guys. So um, at the uh, beginning of the trailer, uh, we hear a voice uh, at that trailer. Um, yeah, here it is. There has been an awakening. <sighs> Have you felt it? <laughs> All right. So we, we hear that. We hear, there has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Um, so one of the questions that I wanted to ask and like, you know, like who's talking at the beginning of the Star Wars trailer? That was like a big thing. Like who is talking? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone like was, uh, you know, speculating, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who isn't even listed in the film because of his <laughs> connection with JJ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you can, you can listen to him, uh, in movies, uh, you know, I'd say, you know, if you listen to him as uh, Smog, if you listen to him even in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, 
which I just watched that again for the first time yesterday since it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Trek Into Darkness. You know what? By With all the faults that that movie has, it's the story is the biggest fault mm-hmm. of that movie. Yeah. The action is so top-notch. Oh, yeah. Visually, it's stunning. Visually, it's great. Yeah. And the pacing and everything, but it's just... Yeah, yeah. it's the story, yeah. the rehashing of the story. Everything else, though, like... Um, like uh when they're uh, the anti gravity is turned off um in the uh in in the enterprise and 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 like it keeps twisting and turning and they're running throughout like the enterprise and they have to keep adjusting to the gravity uh that's an amazing scene Spock running um you know after Khan awesome scene mm-hmm. um and then and, and then uh the uh scene where um you've got uh uh, Khan, when he's John Harrison, and he's battling the um Klingons. The, the Klingons. That was fucking just, cool. Just an amazing scene. They're a warrior race. <clears throat> and he just fucking took them apart. Right. And then, and then at the end of the movie, you get that emotional death and everything, and it's not earned because, like, they had yeah. the one movie, they had this movie, and it was earned in the original series because you had you know your seasons of the show and they had already done like a movie in the past yeah it was like a huge climax a huge climax they earned it and in this it's like JJ you didn't earn it yeah it was premature ejaculation exactly (laughs) exactly Yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah. I, the Benedict thing, though, not a, not a bad guess. Not I a mean, bad guess at all. I mean, if you listen to Smog, if you if you listen to Khan, yeah, I, I, I get it. And you've even played clips on the show where we've heard him doing like impersonations of characters. Yeah, so yeah. we know he has that kind of ability in him. Yeah. Shoot me if I'm off, but uh, and you mentioned this on Facebook, Brian, about yeah. you think it might or thought it possibly oh, might be circus. We know who it is. There's confirmation oh, now. We yeah. know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, some are saying it's going to be Adam Driver. Um, Drew McWeeny from Hit Fix, your buddy. McWeeny. Uh, I laughed so hard at that, I can't laugh anymore. <laughs> it's like the McDonald's hot dog on the menu. I'll take oh. the McWeeny. <laughs> okay. Drew McWeeny from Hit Fix is saying he knows who it is. Here's a piece of his article. Uh, quote, for the record, that is Andy Circus mm-hmm. you hear in the trailer. I was able to verify this, although I was not able – I was not able to uncover any further information about the role he plays. Here's what I do know, though. He's playing a pivotal role in the film, although he will not have a lot of screen time. Um, you know, my question to you is – no, I'll talk about – yeah, you know what? I will talk about it now. I won't bring it up later. Is it the same question I have? Does that mean that the voice that we hear at the beginning has to be that character that we see later in the trailer? Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I want to know too. Is yeah. the voice purely a narrating voice, right? Or is the voice from a character featured in the movie? And we'll talk. You know, let's talk about that later. Yeah, that's a good question, and I, I, do, I do have that in my notes for later. So, um, okay, let's talk about the trailer. Let's unpack this. Uh, we see a sandy desert, uh, tons of sand dunes, and then John Boyega pop, pops up. Yeah, to a great music cue. Yes, yeah. awesome music cue, like the the horns. Yeah, <laughs> um, pops up in the scene, and he looks like he looks like he just may have taken his helmet off. I, it's probably hot in that desert. He could have been sweating anyway. Yes, um, but he. He looks like maybe he took his helmet off. Too. I agree. The way the sweat is like concentrated yeah. on his face yeah. and, and moving. Yeah. It, yeah, and he looks panicked. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, he Sorry. he looks. <laughs> no, you're fine. He looks very worried. Um, 
I, a lot of speculation about like why he looks worried or something. Um, he does look panicked, very panicked. I agree. Yeah. Maybe this is. I'm thinking maybe this is right after the crash, because we think that he does. He there is a crash. He he's piloting maybe a Tie Fighter. He's dressed up in you know the um, stormtrooper stormtrooper outfit. Yeah. outfit. Uh, you know maybe this is like right after the crash. Uh, he, maybe he's been knocked out. Yeah. For some time, and he takes off the helmet, and then he re- either remembers like he had been perhaps pursued in a chase, like in in, in a dogfight, hmm. or maybe he's lost something, and he's trying yeah. to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on, uh, I'm not going to talk about you know the fact maybe that he's been chased as so much to let's. Yeah, let's talk about let's speculate on why he might have been chased. And that 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 does kind of like tie into like maybe he did lose something. Okay. Yeah, why he might have been chased, huh? Yes. Hmm. Now, we talked about this on a previous episode, but we're going to do it here uh just in case this is your first time listening to the podcast. So, we have all heard the rumor uh you know from Star Wars, uh, you know, starwarsnews.net and you know, makingstarwars.net. Um, that th- there's an object in the film, a MacGuffin mm-hmm. that people are after. Um, I think that John Boyega, um, the Empire, and Han and Chewie are all after this object. Okay, that's my speculation. Han and Chewie very much. I think they're still smugglers, and that's why they're after this object. Makes sense. There's money to be made, right? Um, I think we're going to see a scene where Boyega is staring at the object and locks eyes with Han and Chewie, and they're also after the object, and it's kind of like a race to the object to who can get it first. Boyega gets it, and then there's a chase that goes from, you know, on foot to, to then space. And then it's a, it's Han and Chewie following him. And I think also, you know, the Empire following him okay. in TIE Fighters. Uh, and then leads us to this planet that some are speculating is Tatooine, um, which I think it is. And some are saying possibly Malastare, which is the native world of the Dug race where Sebulba's from. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, all right, I don't, does that make sense? Yeah, I could possibly. see that. Yeah, he, it's, his reaction is so crazy in that shot. It's yeah. like almost like – it almost has me thinking that maybe he doesn't even know where he is when he stands up. Right. Like that he was somewhere else and that yeah. he's like just coming to. He's aware of his surroundings. Yeah. I got a slightly alternate uh, alternative theory as to why he might be panicked. Um, <clears throat> you, you can see and we'll get to the scene. I know that it, there's a shot of a stormtrooper that looks a little shorter than the rest and they're all in like a drop ship. Yeah. And I, I know. Okay. Uh, so – I had heard rumors that there is a town or village that the stormtroopers burned down. Yep, we're going to talk about that too. And I, I think that he was unaware of what was going to go down when that happened, mm-hmm. and uh, tried to escape, get away from him. You know, he didn't want to be involved in it. And the the part in this scene that helps me to think that they're looking for him for that reason. Uh, at the uh, 23 to 25 second mark mm-hmm. on there, you can kind of hear what sounds like an Imperial probe droid. 
Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is all stuff we're talking about. No. Go ahead. Gotcha. No. That. That's. That's okay. the extent of it, right there. Yeah. Um, John Boyega's character. Let's. So, yeah. That. That's when we hear uh, he pops up in the scene. Um, we hear an Imperial droid transmission. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know if it's incoming or it's directly to Boyega. Or if there's like a you know um, a droid that's near him in that scene, yeah. So we have no idea. Yeah, I, it was it's very confusing. For all yeah. we know, it could just be a transition noise to, from from one scene to the next. Even yeah, good point. Yeah, true. That's true. I I, I did kind of think that too. Possibly. I mean, because in the like previous trailers, I mean, for the prequels, there were transition noises. Like they would uh, switch scenes with like yeah. lightsaber noises that weren't in the actual cut of the movie and stuff. Yeah. D- during during the in the trailer in the trailer, in the trailer there were like Star Wars not noi- just at the beginning and at the end it was like no, during the trailer during like the meet when they're like doing fast cuts okay. they would use like actual like Ben Burt sound effects to cut from shot to shot and but I thought it could be either I, I was very curious about yeah. the probe droid and whether it was and it's you a, never know with the trailer yeah and it's a curious choice to use as like. That kind of noise yeah. too. Like it, it seems to make more sense that it is in that shot somehow. Okay, yeah. but it, it could not be. Who knows? That's true because it is a cool transition noise. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about the new suit a little bit. The stormtrooper suit. The new stormtrooper suit. Mm-hmm. We get a better look at the suit later, and I'll ask your opinions uh, more when we talk about that. But it looks a little bit more modernized. For being thirty years later, oh, in my opinion, definitely, um, yeah. And, and, and for people that look at it and don't see a huge difference, uh, let me explain. Um, every iPhone that comes out is sleeker and more modern. Mm-hmm. You know, like yet the original, and maybe it's a little bit bigger and bulkier, but it's a little bit more modernized now. Um, uh, let me explain. Uh, on the back of the suit, uh, the IFF circuitry box. On the backs of the old troopers, it had you actually saw like a rectangular horizontal box yes. on the bo- on the back yeah. that looked kind of like a kind of like a hat like a like a Lego. You know what I mean? I know yeah. exactly what you mean. It ha- even had like the little like divots in it, like a Lego. Yeah, I always thought that it looked like yeah. a Lego too. You, you've got the uh, you've got the circle on the left, and then on the right, you've got the two vertical lines, mm-hmm. and. On this one, there's no box. It's just like a dot. We, well, we still get the circle. Yeah. And those those two vertical lines, mm-hmm. they don't poke out. They're, they're more indented, like embossed in there. So it, the technology is newer and more modern. Yeah, I agree. I was thinking about this a lot today, actually. And it's – man, the imp- – the Empire must be doing pretty well for themselves 30 years later, right? To be making all these nice upgrades and stuff. Well, and yeah, absolutely. They're still very powerful. Yeah. I think. yeah. So yeah. that that's super wild. Yeah. And like it really makes me wonder like really – like who's in power in this universe? Right. Like that's a question. That's like one of the biggest questions I have. Right. So. Um, the IF uh, – just in case you didn't know, the IFF circuitry on the back, it's used for identifying uh, each trooper. Okay. Just in case, and, and and I think it's also a way for like the Empire to give each individual trooper individual commands as well. Gotcha. That's interesting. So just in case you were wondering, like, what the fuck is that for? It's it's kind of like a like a barcode, I guess, on their back. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So each one's different. I never knew that. I, not, not so much different. They, uh-huh. they, I think they all look the same. Okay. It's just it, it, I think as far as as like how you how you can like maybe if you scan them or something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's like an individual footprint or like a like a thumbprint. It's like a receiver. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Um. Okay. Boyega when he first stands up, we see on the front of his chest. Right there in the center, you can't see the whole thing, but if you look at it, and I'm going to show you guys a picture here. If you do want to see it, I can pause and show it to you so you know what I'm talking about. There's a laser etching that we can see at the top of his chest, um, and I have a picture. Let me let me pause. I want to show you guys this. That way you can kind of see it. All right. So, yeah, you guys got a chance to see that. It's kind of like a indented, like a laser etched. Yeah, it's it's not a straight line either. It's like right. a fork or a, right. like a prong. Right. So that's that's new. Yeah, right? that's wild. If that scene uh, comes directly after the one that I'd mentioned in the dropship, do you think that might be something to where their helmets would have an attachment to their breastplate that if they had like slammed to a stop, it would keep them from breaking their neck? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like actually have it. Have some it's got to have some functional purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really – I don't know about you guys, but I really felt like um, um, all these scenes up until the uh, Stormtrooper scene probably take place in the first 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Didn't you get that feeling? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, it's kind of a who knows. Yeah. Maybe not the the one big scene. Well, that's what I said. Yeah, Everything okay, right. up until the stormtroopers. Gotcha. And then gotcha. once, and then we start to see some some stuff that's sure, a little bit sure. further. Even the yeah. even the Kira stuff, I think, is probably in the first like twenty minutes. Yeah. Agreed. Uh-huh. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, got a question for you. Uh, could Boyega's character be associated with a character from Star Wars Rebels? Huh. Ooh, that'd be good. Okay. Now this is pure speculation, but uh, in uh, the Star Wars Rebels episode titled "Breaking Ranks." We're introduced to a character named Zare Leonis. Zare Leonis is African American too, and no, just because he's African American, <laughs> I don't automatically assume that they're related. Okay, um, you know, th- and a lot of people have been posting like, "Oh, people just think he's like related to Lando because he's because he's black." <laughs> people no, are kind of th- sensitive to it right that's, now. I think that is bullshit. I think that is bullshit. Yeah. But yeah. I do think that there there are some strong ties to this character with another character, uh, with Boyega's character to a character that's in Star, uh, in Star Wars Rebels, and I'm going to talk about that right now. Um, it's what these two have in common that's really interesting. Uh, in the episode uh, Breaking Ranks, um, Ezra infiltrates the Empire Cadet Academy, and he meets up with Zare Leonis. And they are friends. Um, by the end of the episode, they are fleeing the school together. And last minute, Zare stays behind and pretends to shoot at Ezra as he's fleeing. And he stays in the academy. Now, he has the same beliefs as Ezra, but he's staying behind kind of like – as like an undercover mole to the Empire, it seems mm. like. And and I, I think that we're going to see more of him on the show. I think uh, Zare Leonis will show up again in the show and be a critical part of the show. Um, now, could he be – Zare Leonis, could he be the father of John Boyega's character? 
could he have passed the same task on to his son, which could be John Boyega? Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility in my opinion. We've seen this done in Star Wars in that universe over and over again. Luke's father was a Jedi. We've seen it with Jango and Boba Fett. It's a big thing that they do with father and son in these films. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that John Boyega's character could be the son of Zer Leonis. If we get word that his last name is Leonis in the movie, mm-hmm. that's – or even sounds close to Zare. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a huge in red flag indicator that, yeah, they're related. Yeah. I mean – there could be some more – there could be like troopers within the Empire that are undercover moles and John Boyega's character could be just one of them. He doesn't even have to be related to Zare, but he could be one of them and could have been like under the ranks of like Zare and – I don't know. I really think you're onto something. I mean they've made such a big deal to tell us that Rebels is like the first new thing that we're yeah. seeing of Star Wars. Yeah. That There's no way that there's no connection yeah. between Rebels. And I guess we already know that there's probably going to be some connection with the the Inquisitors and whatnot. Right. But I, I really think that there is going to be somehow a big character connection between all these new characters. Not just seeing like aliens or droids that you might see yes, in it. Yes, Yeah. The only thing that gives me pause is that it kind of seems a little surprising that they would do something where you have to watch Rebels in order to watch them. But you don't. You don't. Okay. Well, I mean, as long as they keep it loose, it would work. But No, they could just do a name drop of, okay. like, his character's last name is Leonis. Okay. And for the people that know nothing about Star Wars Rebels, they're they're going to be like, oh, okay, this is just a character. His name's – okay, I get him. He's like a, a rebel – well, he, he's a rebel – uh, you know, uh, stormtrooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. He's an under, uh, undercover mole. But for the people that watch Rebels, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, he is related to Zare." Be like a nice Easter egg, and this yeah, a nice Easter egg. Like, okay. oh my god, that's crazy. Gotcha. So like, I'm in the theater watching this and be like, "Holy shit, they just did it!" And other people are just gonna, they're going to get all the fucking exposition they need from this character while watching the crawl and or or just watching the movie and unpack itself yeah right. definitely and we know Filoni um who runs um rebels yeah is has had direct talks with abrams and has been let in on stuff as so he can help set things up and everything right yeah you know and so he stays on point and yeah. doesn't you know muddy any facts that are already going to be established later right so that could very well be yeah uh moving on to the trailer uh, we get another shot of a brand new droid. Um, I don't know. I've been calling him Robot. <laughs> Robot. I, I love it. You know, he's got – he has the head of R2-D2, but, you know, his body is a, you know, a spherical ball. Yeah. Uh, and he's on uh, – he's on the same desert planet and he's hauling ass. He's definitely hauling ass. <laughs> he's trucking. Yeah. I've read lots of speculation that we're going to see a lot of uh, – destroyed in the movie i have too um the rumor is that he is daisy ridley's droid mm-hmm. um and that she's a scavenger yes um now behind the droid in that scene um we see a quad engine ship and something that looks like a pod racer mm-hmm. possibly 
Um, so again, this is speculation that this could either be Tatooine or Malastare because Malastare has a variety of terrains on that planet, uh, forests, deserts, uh, methane lakes, rivers. Um, but Malastare also is a planet that loves pod, res- pod racing. Definitely. So it could either be Malastare or Tatooine. We're going to talk about that a little bit later and try to narrow it down more. So what, which planet is the same planet? Right. Yeah. Now, what I think that we're looking at in this scene, though, is um, we see that quad engine ship on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. The quad engine ship was in a bunch of Star Wars concept art, which I posted on our Facebook page. Um, and that quad engine, it didn't look like this scene, but that quad engine ship was next to the at-at the tipped over at at mm-hmm. that people believe that uh, Daisy Release character is living in, so she lives inside this. So it looks like a scavenger's home. Like she's just like put shit together. Definitely, you just know? whatever she has exactly. made it work. Yes, and we've seen that exactly. You can match it up, man. You mm-hmm. can match it up. That quad engine ship is right to the left of um, the at at home. It's the same ship you see in the trailer. So I'm thinking what we're looking at there, it's not in the same scene as her at at home, but I think we're looking at part of where Kira lives mm-hmm. and we see that robot there too. So I am under the I do firmly believe that this is her droid. Yeah, I, I really think that that is correct. Okay. Now, how CG did you guys think that that droid was? Do you think it was full CG or is it more practical effects? I think it's a little bit of both. It's awfully fucking clean. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously CG because, I mean, it, it has science that you can't even emulate in real life. But I'm sure that they had something on on point there Yeah, that was actually, like, had that R2 head at the right place and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was really neat that it didn't look flashy and fake like a lot of stuff from the prequels did. Yeah. That little fella's getting a lot of, a lot of internet hate, though. Oh, I didn't. I didn't dislike him. I thought he was cool. No, I'm not saying you disliked him, but I think we're a lot happier with him. Than, oh, I, than, uh, yeah. Than I thought what, he, I thought he was very fun, very playful. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a droid that t- that maybe people can kind of connect with that isn't R two D two, yeah, this is the one. And I mean, yeah. I you know I don't get me wrong. I love Chopper from Rebels, but mm-hmm. I. I the, He's Chopper from Rebels is a prankster, and, and that's part of his personality in that. But um, if you're going to have something that's just a cute looking droid, mm-hmm. they, they nailed it. Yeah, I they think they did a great it. job too. It's um, super Star Wars. Yeah, um, I would just like to see how they're going to be able to turn this into a toy. Yeah, that'll be interesting. See, I've mm. I've read speculation that it's not always in soccer ball form. Okay, that it has um, many different like forms. I don't want it to be oh. a transformer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, never mind. But like maybe just different parts or something that it can attach as his body, like interchangeable body parts do you for think, different situations. Do you think that uh, Daisy Ridley's character uh, made this droid? That's a very good possibility because yeah. it looks like it's got the head of like a an, uh, like an R two unit. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? Does. Mm-hmm. And maybe she had you know this is like a customized one, um, which you know m- makes me believe maybe that. He is related to the Skywalkers, possibly, hmm. because you had Anakin who made, you know, C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Um, could she be a Skywalker? Well, there's lots of rumors that she is. That yeah. it, She's definitely the one being pegged as the possible daughter of right. Han and Leia. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. there's a very good chance that that is true. Okay. 
Um, so we, we see the little ball, ball droid. Um, <laughs> I, I read a blog where uh, it was – someone said that they might know the name of the droid. Yeah. So I clicked on it and I read it. It was some young kid's blog. And it's called the Stan Wilkes Film Review, and he titles the article, Has the Name of the Droid from the Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens trailer teaser been revealed? And I read it, and it said, according to an article by YodaNews.com, the unofficial name of the droid is F1FA. <laughs> Firstly, this is not official, though we can still hope for the best. I really appreciate the name they gave to an outrageously cute droid. To conclude, what do you think of the possibility of the droid's name F1FA? And to which, hey, Stan, it's 100% bullshit. Yeah, it, I, I toss it if it's not. It, it, it's not the name. It, when you, when, when you, when you, when you look at the name F1FA and you spell it out, it spells FIFA, which yeah. is for soccer. Uh, yeah. This kid took a joke from yodanews.com <laughs> and because he's ignorant, didn't realize that it was a joke and did a whole like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, uh, I'm gonna post this out there. I tried to respond to this kid, like, Dude, you realize you need to take this down. You look like a fucking moron. Yeah, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. So yeah, Stan, come on, come on. Yeah, someone needs to take um the head of C three PO, put it on a pogo stick, <laughs> and then you have C three pogo. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um. So, some actually somebody needs to put Jar Jar's head on a stake. <laughs> poor Jar Jar. <laughs> All right. We are now looking inside a ship. Back to the trailer. We're looking inside a ship, and we see a bunch of different stormtroopers. Uh, only white troopers. I I, I personally um, was hoping to see some of those uh, chrome colored troopers definitely but didn't get that in this one they were shiny white though yeah now each one is a a different height so Mm -hmm. you know we can assume that there aren't clones but uh there are individual individuals um i have um you know a couple things i want to talk about star wars rebels they had the empire cadet academy yeah and that takes place before episode four yes so i think at this point it's safe to assume that all the stormtroopers and even the original trilogy yeah are recruits yes yes so uh you're you're looking at recruits um there might be some clones left i guess but i also heard as a rumor and maybe somebody can find this out for me that um and i don't know if it's uh canon or if it's expanded universe that all the cloning um stations that were they were destroyed Mm -hmm. um the emperor wanted to destroy them because he did not want there to be a way for the rebels to clone yeah i think that happened expanded universe was it expanded yeah okay Okay. Um, we see that uh, – so we know like looking at the different heights, they're, they're not clones. They're individual people. Yeah. I, I think the whole yeah. thing answers the age-old question from episode four, the whole um, you're too short to be a stormtrooper stuff. Yeah. That we finally know because people would speculate for years about that. Like, right. What does this mean for the clones and that and that? Right. Well, it means they weren't clones to begin with. That yeah. They're, yeah. They're all – you know, they're just recruits. Yep. 
Um, each tr- uh, each trooper is holding a new, uh, more advanced blaster mm-hmm. than the E-11s that you know we've seen in the previous films. Uh, the transport ship door opens, and before we can see what's on the other side, we get another scene. Um, some are speculating it looks like it's nighttime. It when does they look open like it up. it's nighttime. Yeah, or they are um, flying over like like water possibly yeah um and there's some sort of like a reflection off of the water some lights there's definitely like when when it's windy and raining at the same time could it be one of these methane lakes Hmm. you know what i mean it's like it looks kind of like maybe there's like a fog outside too i don't know am i or is that just coming off the ship as they're no i literally just watched it i mean it's so quick there it is again it's there's like a flash of light and like a wind rain right and there's like lights like there's like a landing strip or something yeah does that look like sand like right there right before it flips that's what that's what people are saying frank that 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 there it it might be nighttime and it's sand and that it's sand Hmm. That makes like sense. Some light like when yeah. the door opens in, in episode one with Darth Maul getting off right. the ship, yeah. you see that right. cloud of smoke or sand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Now, some are speculating that these are the same stormtroopers that we talked about in the past on a previous episode that are being sent to burn down that village on Kira's home world. So there's uh, th- th- you don't see them in this scene. You just see the stormtroopers holding like the new blasters. Yeah. You don't see. Apparently, there's people speculating that there's also troopers here. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ground troops, but there's also troopers that are carrying flamethrowers of some kind. Okay. But these are just you're just getting to see the ground troops. Uh, if they did show somebody holding something like with like a I don't know with like kind of like a pack on the back and then like holding something like with an attachment to that pack on the back, then you'd say, oh, okay, they've got flamethrowers. So that scene, that scene that they've been talking about on you know makingstarwars.net, that's going to happen. So there is going to be a burning of the village. Like JJ was really brilliant. Like if that's true, mm-hmm. he was really brilliant, not showing us enough. To where we can start speculating about specific scenes. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So he, I think he did. This, that's where, that's where the teaser trailers kind of. Um, <clears throat> they, 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 it's a success. Yeah, definitely. you know what I mean. It, it just gets people talking and speculating. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't give us really anything concrete. Yeah, can we take an aside and just talk about the trailer for a second, or, or just about like outside of it? Like, what do you? I think it's really smart that they um, left out all the uh, original trilogy actors too. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we were definitely going to talk about okay. that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you want to talk about that now? No, we can move. We can move along. Okay. Yeah. Let's just let's let's unpack. Get through the damn trailer. Yeah. Right let's yeah. let's unpack this trailer and then we can just talk and talk and talk. Um, let's see here. So we get a better look at the stormtroopers here. Um, what did you guys think of the new sleeker modern stormtroopers? I like it. I like it. It looks nice. Um, the faces are changed a lot too. Yeah, from the original faces. The, 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 there's kind of like that black line that kind of goes down. It it, it kind of gives them a menacing look, kind of like almost like an angry, yeah, angry yeah, yeah. look. Um, yeah, they they look more intimidating in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to get a few of those action figures already. Yeah. So I really liked them. Yeah. Uh, then Frank, what did you think? Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, yeah. it's got to be utilitarian. There's got to be a reason why. And like Jake said a couple times, they're awfully shiny. Yeah. So I'm willing to bet there's going to be some kind of like purpose. I was kind of actually thinking that silver disc on the back. Yeah. When you mentioned the bit about the flamethrower. Yeah. I know this is going to seem a little toy-ish, 
but maybe it's an access point for them to use different weapons, like the attachment for the flamethrowers. Well, on we saw that same circle in the the old stormtroopers as well. Yeah, and you never know. Like the burning down of a village, maybe they're going to play that cinematically, where you don't realize that that's we're going to that's what they're going to do until they do it. Like it's a shocking thing True. that they go to that extreme. Yeah, and if that's the way they play it, then they're not going to show too much flamethrower preparation like leading up to that scene you know right <laughs> right and first i have to reload it yeah yeah. The yeah that shit's just gonna come from nowhere and you're gonna be like in shock at all the like madness yeah. and killing going destruction going on yeah yeah all right so guys uh we're gonna move on to the next scene next scene we see daisy ridley from here on out i'm just gonna call her kira yeah let's do it because i mean that's her that's her rumored name anyway. i did it already once too yeah. so let's do it um, the, the reason we're going to call her Kira, like, if you haven't listened in the past, we've talked about, like, uh, you know, on set, they've had, like, uh, uh, dressing rooms for, like, these characters and things like that. And there was one for, like, her stunt double, I guess, and it was Kira's stunt double. So mm. we're guessing, and we, and this was on two locations. Definitely. That it's been used. Uh, I and if we're the, wrong, we're wrong. Yeah. I think yeah. it was on the Michael Skellig Island and then another one when they filmed in Abu Dhabi. So it's been seen twice now, Kira. So we're going to call her Kira from here on out. If we're wrong, we're wrong, whatever. Um, so Kira is on a new vehicle mm-hmm. that's uh, never been seen before in the Star Wars universe. And she's looking behind her like she's scared. Um, the vehicle she's on, it, it's kind of like a cross between a uh, speeder bike and a land speeder. Yeah, it reminded me like of of a single like pod engine even a little bit too, just how it had the weird shape and bulkiness to it. Yeah, um, I'm thinking it's used for something different. I, I don't think this is a pod racer. Um, this thing is pretty massive. It's huge. I'm thinking, you know, with her being rumored as being a scavenger, she's using this thing for heavy hauls. Like maybe there's like an attachment, like a trailer behind her, and she can take heavy hauls when she goes out scavenging. Um, yeah, I was wondering if it might have been something like farm equipment. Mm. For the moisture farms, I, from from the concept art and the way she lives, I th- I think she's a scavenger. Well, right, that she's scavenged, that she's using the haul heavy stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. I just don't think I, I don't. She's repurposed it. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I understand. Um, it could have been a far- farming equipment that yeah. she's repur- repurposed for scavenging. Yeah. I mean, that's what she seems to do mm-hmm. uh, from what we've seen. Good point. It's like um, a tractor. Well, I mean, if, if, if the concept art's true and she's living in an ad-at, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and if she made that droid from like a, from an R2 unit or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, on the, on the side of the vehicle, we see a long pole, mm-hmm. which I didn't know what it was at first, and now I just think that it's a Tuscan Raider pole. Oh, um, so with that, I think we are on Tatooine. I don't think that there are Tuscan Raiders on Malastare. I could be wrong. There could be small populations of them on Malastare, but I think there, Tuscan Raiders are indigenous to Tatooine. Yeah. Now I know expanded universe has been thrown out the window. But I was a big fan of the Episode 1 pod racing game for mm-hmm. Nintendo 64. Uh-huh. And in that game, there's like a whole league that takes place on Malastare. Okay. And it's not a desert planet at all. There are deserts according on – that. There are uh, – when you go to Wikipedia – well, Wikipedia, uh-huh. um, it, 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 there are deserts, forests. It's it's a combination. It's like everything. the all – it's the yep. everything planet. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. Um. But if this is not a Tuscan Raider pole, then who knows? We could we could be on Malastare. 
we could be on Tatooine. We don't know. Yeah. Um, I got a strong feeling it's Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, it does look like a Tusken Raider pole, though. When you look at it, it's got like the wraps on the, uh, on the left hand side of it from that shot. Yeah. And then it looks like, you know, it, it looks like a metal, metallic pole mm-hmm. through the rest of it. Um, it is missing, though. Uh, when she does drive off, you don't see it. So mm-hmm, I don't yeah. know if that's an error or if, like, she lost the pole somewhere and we're watching a different clip. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. It's a possibility. Sometimes those things do slip by. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good chance not that not every one of these little clippets even end up in the movie either. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, she then, she then bolts off. So she looks behind her and she bolts off. And when she's flying off, we look in the distance and what you're looking at there, Jake, in the distance, that is the TMZ set. Mm. So those are scenes that is the TMZ set where TMZ got all those pictures. So that is the TMZ set that you're looking at. According to, uh, I don't know if you caught this, according to Making Star Wars, that uh-huh. visor of hers was... Stormtrooper. Uh, yeah, from a Stormtrooper helmet. Yeah, the the, the actual... Um, the goggles. O- the goggles yeah. are from a Stormtrooper helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. another... Scavenging, scavenging reference. reference. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so she's kind of like uh, the MacGyver of the Star Wars universe. So. This, this 88 second trailer already made me want like 10 new action figures. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering how they're going to do robot, dude. If they don't have a toy that you can roll around, yeah, it's it's a it's a miss for me. The only thing Man. I can think of is if it's got some kind of like internal gyroscope where it can balance itself and tip and turn. Right. Maybe. Otherwise, he's just going to be like rolling on his Back head, forward, backward. Yeah. <laughs> They'll figure out a way. They'll have just like the smallest like thing possible connecting the the head to the ball. Yeah. Sure. And the ball rolling independently under something. So it'll be crazy. Yeah. Let's move on to the next scene. Um, people have been wondering uh, who Oscar Isaac is. In this Star Wars universe, and we get our first shot of Oscar Isaac, and uh, now we know his character is a rebel pilot, and he's flying in the X-Wing, and uh, a couple more X-Wings are flying along next to him uh, over some water. Um, So, yeah, we've got uh, Oscar Isaac's uh, uh, rebel pilot. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah. and the fact that um, Oscar Isaac is a rebel pilot means this rebel rebel pilot's probably going to get some screen time, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oscar Isaac is probably going to be a big character in these movies. Yeah, one of the like the main three big characters, wouldn't you think? If you at this point, well, th- it, that, that's what we've seen. The first shot is John Boyega. Mm-hmm. Second shot is of uh, uh, Daisy Ridley, and now we got our third shot of Oscar Isaac. Yeah, um, which made me believe that you know we get a fourth scene. Like, who haven't we? scene um adam driver mm-hmm. right so you know in that fourth scene i was thinking hmm i wonder but we'll talk about that later um yeah so uh we get that shot of oscar isaac um the, the x-wings now have blue stripes instead of green on them yeah oh i tried i tried to pause it but i missed it <laughs> that's okay <laughs> now on on uh, oscar isaac's uh vest there are words, and they look like they're in another language, and I have no idea what they say. Yeah, I was just looking at that too. They're like, I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if it was a joke. Can you can you zoom in on that? No, no. it's like Futurama language. Yeah, I heard a rumor that somebody like some I, I somebody had like found a language. Like, there in, it is. Somebody had found the language in the Star Wars universe, and it says "pull to inflate." And oh. I was just like, but I don't oh. know. I don't know that. I, I don't know if it was a joke. You know what I mean? It could be, though, I guess. 
Um, it looks to be the same stuff that um, whenever R2 would communicate with Luke in the X-Wing, yeah. that was what would appear on his screen. Okay. So I, I, it, always, it looks the same to me. Yeah. Oh, uh, we talked about Boyega earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's out in the desert mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I'm. Do you think that he is near his ship or do you think he ejected? I think he ejected. So, okay, so you think he ejected yeah. and he's not even near a ship. So that makes me think like the object that he's looking for, there is a race to get to that. So it's a race to get to the ship. So we, 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 we see, uh, you know, Daisy Ridley take off. Maybe she sees the ship go down. She's on her way to the ship. And then later in the trailer, of course, we see the Falcon. We're going to talk about that. And then we see uh, John Boyega freaking out. Maybe it's a race then to get back to the ship to get that object. And I'm thinking maybe our scavenger gets there first. Yeah, I'm not sure. I really think I really subscribe to the theory that he is surprised by his surroundings completely hmm. in that shot. So I'm thinking maybe maybe he gets the, abandoned by the other stormtroopers for some reason or another. I've like got a th- little- thrown onto the planet and just I don't know. I don't I'm not I don't yeah, I'm see I'm not getting from from like I'm not getting that. Yeah. Mine's still going more towards the way of how he's trying to escape from the Empire's had enough of being one of them. Um I, I don't want to jump ahead into the trailer, but I, I really think that he was shot down. And we can I do get too. to that. I do too. I think he was shot down. I think what happens is he ejects and then he's he is on the ground there, knocked out. Yeah. And then when he pops up, he's remembering. Yeah. Oh my God, I got to get to my ship. I don't have this object on me. Mm. And that's like, he's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're in a hurry type of cue. Yeah. 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 I like that. And he's looking, he's looking around. I don't know if he's like necessarily looking at his surroundings. Maybe he'd been flying over it mm-hmm. already. I think he, maybe he's looking around like trying, he's disoriented. He's like, where the fuck? I'm looking for some smoke. Where's my ship? Yeah. Where's my craft? Trying Look, to get his bearings as fast yeah. as possible. So he can get there. And it's like a race where, you know, Kira, she's a scavenger. She sees something go down. She's going to go check it out. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Han and Chewie showing up in the Falcon. They're, they know what this object is and maybe what it does or maybe that it has value and they're after it too. And then the Empire is looking for it as well. Um, you know, it's always fun to see who gets to the object first. Yes. You know, the big race. Who's going to get there first? You know what I mean? Definitely. You watch the amazing race, Jake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can kind of you, – you, you kind of would dig this scene. No, yeah. And it's always fun. It's like an action sequence where you get a cut between different action sequences. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's always fun. Now, yeah. what if it's not Han and Chewie in the Falcon? What if it's Adam Driver? Yeah, we've heard a lot of rumors about who's in the Falcon. Adam Driver, to my knowledge, from some of the uh, the set pictures that were mm-hmm. taken, there were two or three or four shots of Adam Driver while he was on set in costume. He was wearing a Rebel pilot outfit. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. he looked like he looked like Oscar Isaac. Okay. Okay. Right. So I'm thinking that Adam Driver and Oscar Isaac have a relationship already. Um, Possibly piloting one of those other X-Wings in that trailer that we saw from the three X-Wings we saw. Yeah. One of the pilots in that scene could be Adam Driver. Gotcha. Hmm. Just, just I think a guess. the motivation of whoever's in the Falcon is the same though. Yeah. Object. Agre- yeah. Agreed. If if there even is an object. <laughs> it's all speculation, but it's so goddamn fun. It is fun. It is fun. <laughs> all right. Um, the Rebellion emblem that he has on Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. doesn't have any stars surrounding it. If you notice that, and the stars, they signify it uh, as the icon of the New Republic. 
So there are no stars on that emblem. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And so that could be a huge plot line. Yeah, right? that goes back to the biggest question I have is is what's the order as far right. as who's in charge? Right, right. So That could be very telling, though, not seeing the stars signifying mm-hmm. the New Republic. Uh, we get a scene of what looks like the new ice planet, uh, which doesn't look like Hoth, in my opinion. Mm-mm. Um, but more like a, like a, just a, like a forest in winter. Uh, we see a villain dressed all in black. It looked like some Game of Thrones setting a it little did. bit. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, and then we hear, uh, the second part of the voiceover. The dark side. I cued my video up perfectly when you dropped that. <laughs> so he says the dark side and then he finishes it off and says, and the light. Um, now, this is a scene that they filmed uh, at a location called Black Park. And this was that uh, – we talked about the Star Wars filming a, a, a scene where they had filmed uh, a Harry Potter film. Yes. And uh, this is that scene. Um, Harry Potter had also filmed uh, a scene here. We, we see a fully cloaked villain dressed all in black. He's limping through the forest. And uh, are you guys assuming that the voiceover is this character? Yeah. I'm not. Really? No, or, or, no, I, when I said yeah, I was like – it was a yeah, I'm oh. thinking about it. Okay. But I just thought it was narration. I did too. Yeah. So I'm not under the assumption like this has to be circus. I'm right. not even under the assumption that this has to be a he. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I think it's just a, a trailer narrator. For all we know, yeah. this could be Lupita Nyong'o's character. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a good point. It yeah. could be. It, I mean, if somebody can say that it's not, you know, I mean, yeah. that's fine. Um, we have seen that uh, the on October 28th, it was Star Wars Underworld had posted a picture of a character dressed all in black wearing a metallic mask that looked like Reven. Mm-hmm. And the character was holding a lightsaber that had a hilt like we see in this, which we're going to talk about that. But it was the exact same lightsaber. And this was released on October 28th, and it had that mask on. So I think we it's fair to assume that that's what the character is going to look like. We, we posted the picture on our Facebook page if you it's want to check it out. It's crazy that it's going to look so much like Reven. Yeah. That's wild. Very wild. sweet, though. Yeah. Yeah. It just it really opens up the like door of like how much of that backstory are they going to use and and like try to emulate and, mm-hmm. and so on and so on. Yeah, it it's my opinion though. I mean, and I've seen some people say, well, that could be Luke, like an angry Luke. I don't think so. If you look at pictures of Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. he's a little beefier. Yeah, uh, and the, this character seems to be a lot more lean. Yeah, so I I don't think that that's Luke Skywalker. The only guess that I have that. It, it, is that it could be um, it could be Adam Driver, but that's a lot to set up in this movie. Um, that is a lot to set up to, to, to show a character evolve that quickly in a movie to where we think that he's a rebel pilot, and by some time in mid in the movie or late in the movie, he's he's dressed as a Sith Lord or an Inquisitor <laughs> or something. That's a lot to move past. You know what I mean? I, yeah, it, it's a lot of it's a it's a lot for a character to develop. 
into evil that quickly. I mean, we didn't see we didn't see Anakin become evil until the fucking third movie. Right. Yeah, I mean, we watched the progression, but it, it just didn't happen overnight. Yeah, it, and with Darth Maul, he was just already evil. Right. right. Like he Ex- wasn't like Exactly. Yeah, he wasn't a Naboo fighter. Exactly. And, and then, yeah. Exactly. Do you think this is like a Maul like caliber type character? Like not a throwaway, of course, but just in and of himself doesn't have to have ever been good, just is evil and here he is. I yeah. think that this is a very important character. Yeah, I think so too. Very important character. And I think JJ wants to uh kind of uh let everybody know that right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. set it up. Hey, set look it up. At this. Um could it be Adam Driver? I mean, we've seen like the, those are the four big actors that they got, okay? Yeah. We we got our first scene John Boyega, we got our second scene, you know, uh Daisy Ridley, third s- scene uh, Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. and, and now could we possibly, you know, be looking at Adam Driver, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, I like that, that theory a lot. But see, that, like, it also goes back to like that's a lot for him to turn evil, unless he is evil yeah. from the get go. Yeah, and we as the audience maybe are privy to this information, but nobody else is. Could that be a fun story? Yeah, or maybe we we as the audience oh. are not privy to that information, that, and it's revealed. At yeah, the end, either true, way, true. could that be where they're getting the, the little? Twinks of rumors here and there about a flashback. Not really a flashback, but maybe like a, one of the opening scenes be uh, whatever happened with Darth Vader and maybe this character. So you're thinking like, in the th- past. like this could be an early scene yeah. and then we're led to believe like who is this? And like as we're watching, we don't know. Is that what you're saying? Like like the little bit that I'm talking about like with the Vader thing, uh-huh. like they drop that early and that gives us the information that we know that the other people in the movie don't. Okay. And then when this character comes up, we know what his mission is or what he's all about. Right. I still have a hard time buying that we're going to see any flashbacks. I hope we do not see any flashbacks. Yeah, if, it, if it was something where that is one of the opening scenes, I wouldn't consider it a flashback. No, it's, no it's I don't the, like it. The Any flashback we need is going to be in that opening crawl for okay. me. Right. right, Jake? Exactly. Yeah. It's opening crawl and then present moving on. Right. Yeah. Never looking back. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. It ain't all gold. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. No, here. I'm just so anti-flashback. I'm not bust, trying to bust your balls. No, that's fine. The saber. Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, we see the new lightsaber that has a laser hilst. Mm-hmm. Um, the saber is long and it looks very dangerous, but it doesn't look as advanced as others that we've seen. Um, the laser blade on this one looks really rough. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are speculating that it was made by a novice or maybe even the person wielding it made it. Um, I mean, you look at the lightsaber, uh, a regular lightsaber, it's very clean, a very clean glowing blade. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has sparks that, you know, and, and it looks very unstable. Um, I'm thinking it could be a Sith without a master um, <laughs> that made this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, or, or, or forced someone to make it for him, which I will talk about in a moment. Yes, Frank, you are chomping at the bit to say something. I think as opposed to it, like, indicating that there's flaws with the sword, I get the exact opposite. I feel that the sword has a lot of, like, evil energy. You know what I mean? Like, it's angry. Yeah. It's raw. Maybe it's it's maybe it is just a, a JJ a little bit of a redesign of what a lightsaber is going to look like now. I don't think so. I, I don't think so either. No. I'm just playing devil's advocate. But no. well, I'm going to talk about. Uh, let me see. Do I have that here? Um, 
Yeah. Well, we'll talk about what Frank's saying here in a little bit about this new design here in a little bit. But um, uh, I don't. I, I th- it looks very unstable to me mm. when when he first turns this thing on, Frank. I mean, there are kind of like little. It doesn't like fly off it like electricity, but there are little sparks in it. It just does not look clean, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's jagged and ragged. I guess right. I guess for me, it just makes it feel. It's, ca- it's kind of warbly, intense, more tactile. I guess. Uh, are are you guys pro or con the uh, the uh, hilt? Um. <laughs> Yay! It's a, it's a tough one to to t- t- toss or Tupperware at this yeah. point because like I I can see like the design of it it it, it isn't it isn't functional yeah. as far as like wielding it the way the, the the way that they are sticking out like uh horizontally right yeah um if depending on how you're wielding it you could actually cut your wrist. Right. Right off. Yeah, I'm starting to think maybe you're onto something with it being something he built himself and he's not very good at it. Yeah. Maybe the hilt is like he doesn't even want it. Maybe it's just he doesn't even know how to work the crystal properly enough. Yeah. That makes sense because with Luke being the last Jedi mm-hmm. and there not being anybody to teach, someone trying to build their own would only have to go off of legend and rumor and you hear a laser sword, he made a laser sword. Yeah, maybe that's just what he got the crystal to do, and right. it, it's not even you know right. what he necessarily wanted. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Our listener um, at Soggy M Zero uh, thinks this could be someone we know already in this scene. Uh, he posted a pic on our Twitter uh, that showed a pic of uh, this character that said this, and it shows the this. Pre- it says this prevents, and it shows the Hilst mm-hmm. the laser sword. And says this prevents this, and then it, there's another picture of Luke getting his hand cut off. So, like, that's the reason that it was made. Um, now, he, you know, he, he's also further speculating, like, this could be Luke, you know, in this picture because Luke made this lightsaber, maybe, you know, um, because he's learned his lesson from getting his hand cut off. <laughs> that stuff seems a little far fetched to me. No, I, I mean, know. it's possible. I mean, anything's possible. I do understand the theory behind the hilt, but I don't think it's Luke. Yeah, it seems like I it, it could or could not be Luke, but I, I don't think like the hilt is like. Maybe there's just so many legends of like uh, Jedi's <laughs> getting their hands cut yeah. off. I'm so nervous <laughs> about getting my hand cut off. A lot. You know? It did happen a lot back in the so, day. So like the Steve Jobs of the Jedi of the uh, la- lightsaber universe was like, yeah, this all brand new lightsaber <laughs> has this hilt, so nobody's losing <laughs> any more wrists. Yeah. The eye saber six plus. Right. I don't know, man. Unless when uh, they cut him out of them robes, he's gonna come busting out like a can of cinnamon buns i don't think it's luke skywalker yeah uh a ton of people on the internet hate this fucking thing yeah (laughs) yeah agreed yeah yeah it's getting a lot of hate it's the perfect freeze it material like like you said it's either a toss it or a tupperware it's like we don't know a lot of people thinking that instead of it going like out vertically Uh like this Mm -hmm. it should go up like this yeah oh yeah kind of like a sigh yeah like a sigh to where it would actually like lock the other blade exactly Right. Mm. Yeah. If you've ever watched any YouTube videos of somebody who is skilled in the use of that, you can break fucking swords with those things and they're tiny. Uh, I agree. It wouldn't make much sense for them to be where they are as opposed to that. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of people that hate this thing though. They hate it. I mean, that's like the one thing. Like you're, you're going to have people that nitpick everything mm-hmm. and this is, this is the one that, that most people are gravitating towards is this lightsaber, this particular lightsaber. Yeah. And people hated the fucking, the double lightsaber. 
uh, with Darth Maul before I you t- saw the movie. I got to tell true. you, though, I felt a lot differently. Like, when I saw the Darth Maul lightsaber for the first time, yeah. I was kind of jumping up and down and thinking that was badass. I loved it. And when I saw this for the first time, I didn't hate it like a lot of people are doing, but I was also like, what the? Yeah. See, I didn't see the Darth Maul double saber until I saw the movie in theaters. Uh-huh. And I got it all at once, and I was freaking out. Yeah, when we saw that very first trailer that released mm-hmm. for episode one, yep. we, and that door opened up, and he lights one, and then the other one comes up. Yeah. I mean, it was like the jump up and down moment. Yeah. Well, not for everybody. Yeah. There's a ton of people hated that shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. But I, and I, those same people that hated it. Now they're the same people that are saying, the only good thing about the prequels was Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. So the guy that's on the internet saying, oh, I hate the design of this new lightsaber. Yeah, you're going to be the first one in line for this fucking movie. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I don't agree with those people, but I, I did experience the, the opposite. Like for the episode one trailer, the lightsaber reveal. I was like euphoric. I was pumped too. I thought it was yeah. awesome. But for this, I, I didn't hate it, but I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, here, here's some of the tweets of people that hated. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That hated that lightsaber. Uh, first tweet says, listen, I'm as happy as anyone else about the Star Wars trailer, but really that new lightsaber hilt. Next one is, I hope in the last scene of the new Star Wars movie, the bad guy dies of humiliation after everyone laughs at him and his dumb lightsaber hilt thing. (laughs) This one says, hi, I'm the guy who designs a new lightsaber for every Star Wars property. (laughs) Next up is some kind of lasso, I guess. Then a hammer. Uh, Then this one says, Star Wars 7 looks cool. That lightsaber question mark? I'll be the nerd who says it's impractical and idiotic. Thank you. I'm still single, ladies. <laughs> Here's my absolute favorite, and I think this sums it up for me. I feel like that lightsaber is actually like. Okay, hold on. I feel like that light, stupid. I feel like that stupid lightsaber is exactly the kind of stupid lightsaber a kid would draw. <laughs> Which is totally the point of Star Wars. <laughs> you know, I mean, for everybody bitching about it, if a kid, if a little kid drew a picture of a lightsaber, it would look like that. And that's what these movies were originally for, was for kids. And yeah. So now Brian Fung from the Washington Post has an explanation to the lightsaber. And uh, he says, in the Star Wars universe, there are certain rare materials that are thought to be lightsaber resistant. Among these are substances like Frick, Cortosis, and Mandalorian Iron, which have been used to create weapons and armors that can deflect or short-circuit lightsaber beams. There's a precedent for lightsabers made of Frick. Emperor Palpatine's lightsaber was, according to Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, the visual dictionary. In Star Wars video games, Cortosis has been shown to block lightsabers and sometimes shut them down. Um, you know, maybe J.J. Abrams has done his homework on Star Wars technology. Maybe what he's telling us is that this Sith saber is made of one of these resistant materials. Okay, probably not. Uh, it's more likely the producers just made a silly design choice. And of course, even if the cross guard emitters were made of cortosis, why not just make the whole cross guard out of it too? Seems like that would be easier. Um, <laughs> I, 
I don't think this is what it is at all, but it goes back to something you were saying, Frank, like the way it looks, maybe it's made, you know what I mean? Maybe this is made differently than other lightsabers. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the design as a whole, you could see that the blade portion is a lot longer than what most lightsabers are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this was made by somebody that was either rushed and made it or somebody that just did not know. I think it's a novice maker. I, I don't. Yeah, that's what I subscribe to. And like I said, maybe like I said, the hilt could be just an accident. He can't control the blade. Well, one of the things that Ben Kenobi tells us about the lightsaber is that it was an elegant right. weapon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is not an elegant looking weapon. I mean, like when when the when the emitters spark off to the side, it, it looks like a like like a welding flame. But, it's not clean. But to the point, he also said for a more elegant time. And there yeah. is a big difference in the yeah, saber more, battles. It was a sophisticated weapon for an elegant time or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you're right. That's, I just watched it again. and like It lights and they like burn. It's like an, yeah. after, it's like an right. afterburn. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Well, there's a big – I mean and I know why. It's the choreography in reality. However, there's a big difference in the style of lightsaber duels in the prequels and then the original trilogy. Sure. And I, I think it's something that could potentially be evolving. I think it would be. Mm. Mm, I, don't, I don't. I think I it would not. be amazing to see somebody who could wield that sucker like really well. Like, like how they said the cross section. Why didn't he make that a part of the blade? Mm. Well, that gives it a lot more flexibility to grab it at that point and do you know other moves. I don't know. I might be thinking too big or getting my hopes up. It just up, looks. But. It looks very unstable to yeah. me. It looks like it, it, it looks like somebody that that does not know how to make a lightsaber. Just you know, they they made one and this is what they have. Yeah, I feel like that's not even Which a hilt. Makes it like, scarier. You don't yeah. think it's a hilt? I feel like it's the exhaust system of the fucking lightsaber because the guy's making it so poorly. Possibly. Well, the way it looks, I mean, yeah, it's it's not, you know, yeah, it looks like, like I said, like a welding, yeah, like a weld, you know. And I know this is gonna a welder's s- flame. I know this is gonna segue us into the whole meme theme of all the different pictures people made of this thing, mm-hmm. but it looks like it could also possibly shoot one out of the base as well, even though it's larger than the other three contact points that the blade emits from. Mm-hmm. It's a possibility it could, mm-hmm. and then of course the internet. <laughs> Fucking went crazy with all the different things they had this thing. Yeah, doing. I've heard a lot of people speculating <laughs> that this thing's going to be shooting lightsabers. I don't understand where any anybody's getting that from. I think right. It started with the Swiss Army knife, yeah, the version of it, and then they had one that looked like it was a giant chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a bunch of the memes. It's funny. Um, okay, maybe. Okay, let's say this character did not make the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, in MakingStarWars.net posted an article. Uh, about concept art that they had seen. I've never seen pictures of the concept art. But remember, we talked about this on a previous episode, and I'm going to break down the scene. Here it is. A dark room, brick walls, an alien creature sits at a table in the dark. On the table, there's a bright fire which illuminates the room. The fire is not huge, but it heats a crystal sitting on a perch just over the fire. The blue crystal looks like it is for a laser sword. The creature has brown wrinkled skin, and we see his profile as he faces to the right of the room. He looks familiar to the creature in another piece, but very old, and isn't clear if he's of the same species or not. On the table, there are lots of tools. None of the tools are particularly technologically advanced. The tools on the table all appear to be brass. The creature wears a red tunic with a red headband. His arms appear to be at his side and under the table as he watches the crystal heat over the flames. 
could there be a scene where this character goes in there and says, make me a fucking lightsaber and <laughs> or, or, ru- rushes them to make a lightsaber. It could be. Yeah. Or is this character that character? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Could be. I just had a little bit of a thought too. What if instead of this sword being new or newish, maybe it's extremely old? Yeah. If it's in disrepair, that could explain why it's got the spit and sputter, but I mean, there's nothing saying that it's a newer blade. Or even if there's an explanation behind it. Yeah, it's hard to say. It, it seems – I think it's almost symbolic with them saying like the the stuff awakens when they show it lighting. Like I, I kind of have a feeling like a lightsaber hasn't been lit for a long time mm-hmm. up until this one being lit. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. Um, next scene, we get a scene of the Millennium Falcon flying around and uh, what looks like you know it's the same desert planet, the one that Boyega landed on. Uh, then we see two TIE fighters flying around and blasting. Um, if <sighs> Okay, guys, go ahead and just talk about this, I guess. Oh, uh, how did it make you feel the first time? I got chills personally. Yeah, I got um, chills too. The music uh, was so perfect. Yeah, the right. swelling music. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Such a – what a great hero shot right. for, for the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we saw a new uh, satellite dish after Lando fucked up the last one. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's more of a rectangular dish as opposed to the circular dish. Mm-hmm. So we saw that it's it's been replaced. Um, yeah, but I got chills. Yeah, yeah, I got chills too. Yeah, Super that, uh, exciting. John Williams music, man. Every was, fucking hair follicle on my head. Seeing Tie Fighters got me super excited too. I gotta mm-hmm. say, I was yeah. like, "Woo, Tie Fighters!" <laughs> uh, yeah. What are the chances? What are the chances that uh, one of those Tie Fighters Boyega is in? Because in my opinion, it does not look like that. It does not look like they are pursuing the Millennium Falcon. If you watch that, the laser blast as you're watching it, they. They, I think they they come into the scene. In my opinion, the laser blast and the fire. You hear the fire, like before. It looks like the two are in a dogfight. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And you see the blasts. You know they they don't look like they're directly targeted towards the Millennium Falcon. I think this is a dogfight between these two. I think Boyega's in the being chased i think it's boyega possibly being pursued i absolutely agree i think this is tied into what uh we've been talking about him fleeing from the empire yeah and if he's got what whoever's piloting the falcon wants then they're stepping in they're moving into attack position there and there's no angle at which i could figure out that those tie fighters are involved with that yeah and the millennium falcon interestingly enough does not fire one single shot at either of these tie fighters Mm -hmm. It feels like he's showing up late to the dogfight. Right. And that's the entrance. That's the beauty pass. Right. Yeah, there definitely seems to be like maybe there's a fo- like shots from off screen. Man, even just watching it upside down on Jake's iPad you, with no Jake, music, I'm getting goosebumps. But if, if you if you watch the trailer, you're only seeing some of the blasts. You hear blasts before the, he even catches up with them. Mm. Right. So yeah. there's shots that you're not seeing, but you're hearing. Okay. I, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let me hear it. Pause it. Let me hear it for a sec. You can do it on the show. Yeah. Yeah, Did you hear that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, there's a good four shots before you ever even see a blast. Right. Um, well, you, yeah, you, you hear them. Yeah, you, you audibly hear them before the Millennium Falcon's even in that scene with them. Right. I, I think it's a dogfight where we're watching there. Millennium Falcon shows up late to the party. Yeah, that's yep. uh, that's all I've got. I think that's where all our characters are going to meet up. We mm-hmm. got Daisy Ridley headed that way. Millennium Falcon shows up. Boyega's already there. Another reason why this might not be Tatooine, I still think it is. But yeah. somebody, and I haven't seen any pictures, but somebody online said that that there was somebody messing around with the contrast of the picture, and they, as they were changing the contrast, they could only see one sun. So oh. not two sons. Yeah. So that's further speculation as to why this might not be Tatooine. But on the flip side, guys, I mean, we didn't get like a huge broad shot of the of the sky. No. You know what I mean? So this still could be Tatooine in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And hypothetically, if if all the shots in this trailer all take place in the same place, then it's definitely not Tatooine. Yeah. If that, So who knows? Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, that's the entire trailer. Um, and uh, let's just talk about it, I guess, a little bit more of like what you thought. And, you know, Jake, you mentioned earlier, and we can we can hit on this. Uh, there were no old characters, only the new ones. Yeah, I like that. That was yeah. a great choice. In some ways, I, I kind of have a feeling that two to three months from now, they're just going to pull the same trick on us, though, and give us another 88 seconds where they kind of drop that bomb, too. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of really good marketing. Mm-hmm. I think that the, we'll get some of the old characters, but I think it'll be like the very last shot or two of that trailer. I think it'll be the very next trailer. The very next new material we're going to get, we will see at least one of the three classic characters in that trailer. Maybe maybe these trailers could be bookends. Maybe it could be like, oh. this is all new, and then, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, and then the next one's all of our old characters. That's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking. That's yeah. a great way to appeal, to appeal to your spread audience there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's what the people need to see to get them into the – they're going to come to the theater anyway. But mm-hmm. but to get people like you know pumped up and everything, I think that would be a great second trailer is to show the old. Yeah, right? that, that'll get butts in seats. Absolutely. Not that it won't already. Right. Like right. Said, yeah. But yeah, you've got to hold on to your uh, – you know, you got to keep this in your hip pocket for a while because, yeah, people are – we're chomping at the bit to see Han. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, uh-huh. so, yeah. but And uh, they know it. That's yeah. why the hero shot of this trailer <laughs> right. is the Millennium Falcon. Right, right, right. 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 And I do think I do think 100% it's Han and Chewie in there. Oh, 100%. Wow. wow. I saw the um, – you were talking earlier about how they uh, filmed a bunch of it in the same location mm-hmm. of Harry Potter. Yeah. It's like the Leavestown area or Levenstown or whatever. It, they, they call it Black Park. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I, I saw Dan Radcliffe talking about that on Conan. Mm-hmm. I think it was earlier this week. Yeah. And he was actually invited to the set. And when he was on the set, he said he wasn't allowed to say anything. But the one thing he was allowed to say, since um, there was other publicity about it, mm-hmm. is that he spoke to Harrison Ford on the set of the Millennium Falcon. Oh wow! That he was on the Millennium Falcon. With I think Harrison I heard Ford. about that too. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know that that doesn't prove anything. Mm. But you know, Harrison Ford was there with the set of the Millennium Falcon. Well, you so. know, there'd have to be a reunion of some kind, even if he's not in possession of it at the beginning. Yeah, I think I think it is. I, I do. I think he's got it mm-hmm. because I mean, um, you know, this scene we see them. I mean, we've always heard like the rumors that like uh, Kira and Boyega do meet up with Han and Chewie. Yeah, yes. true. Yeah. In these early scenes, mm-hmm. whether they're seeking him out or now maybe Han and Chewie are seeking out this object. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know, guys. I have no idea. 
Yeah. So I well, well, <laughs> for the people that think that you didn't get enough in this trailer, that's why it's called a teaser, no, guys. Yeah. That's, that's why it's called a teaser. We got way more than you get in most teasers. <laughs> way yeah. more than I expected that we get. In most teasers, compare this to like let's say the teaser that they got for like Batman v Superman at Comic Con. Yeah. And we yeah. got way more than that. Yeah. We got way more than the characters just looking yeah. at each other real yeah. quick. I mean, we, these are some polished shots. Yeah, we got a bunch to digest here. I want to talk about some of the things that I liked in this trailer. Um, number one, I loved, and it, I absolutely loved the, the galaxy. They've kind of gone away. I, what JJ's doing visually in this trailer was absolutely phenomenal. We've got CG mixed in with practical effects, mm-hmm. and the galaxy once again looks very worn in. It looked very Star Wars too. I yeah. was like really happy to like at how Star Wars it looked. Yes, like it still looked modern and new. And like with new technique, but it just looks but, so Star Wars. But the Wars. world looks worn in too. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. Like the X wings look like they, they they've seen maybe some battles mm-hmm. and, and everything. You know what Helmet's I mean? That's the thing. Uh, it's like pilot. I, what I loved about the Millennium Falcon when we first were introduced to the ship is the fact that yeah, this is an advanced spaceship, but in this world it looks like an old bucket. And they, mm-hmm. they, they yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, and I love how worn in the world looks. It's it's not all bright, bright and shiny. Kind of like the prequels, a lot of it was like bright and shiny, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like the, the the what was that that that, that the sh- Naboo Starfighter? Yeah, is yeah. yellow with yeah. its points yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Isaac's helmet is beat the fuck up. Yeah. 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 I like that too. It's real dirty and real right. real worn in. Right. And yeah, oh, it looks so That's awesome. the Star Wars yeah. world to me, man. I, I don't want to see everything looking like uh, the Emerald City. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. All shiny and polished. I want to see, you know, I, yeah, so, some things are going to be nice and new. I, I'm sure the Empire, everything looks really nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, and, and I, you know, that that's what separates like uh you know star trek from you know star wars everything on star trek on the on the enterprise is like you know it's beautiful you know what yeah. i mean and, and the this, reboot is an apple store it's an apple store in the reboot yeah and then this it just looks it kind of looks old aged and worn in but yeah. it's you know yeah i think I lucas it. in those prequels was trying to just like you know show the destruction of all that people were doing things more artistically yeah. than practically yeah. and yeah. it kind of i love to poke holes in the prequels but i can't on this one i i completely agree it was shiny for a reason yeah exactly it, and i really like the worn in sci-fi better too yeah but i, I understand the direction like kind of why the the design was the way it was yeah. pre yeah. the the empire forming but i tupperware this trailer love it love yeah. it love it um, play, play the cue you got it fuck yes for the music the tupperware party i don't have it oh. <laughs> i lost the old soundboard i'll get it up there again i think we, the three of us should but, say it but no, oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. Let's all put our hands in. <laughs> whoa, party. Uh, I was gonna say whoa, whoa Bundy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but you know, um, I'm gonna start calling him BJ Abrams because I would give the man a blowjob <laughs> oh, yeah. right now for another 88 seconds. You know, of this movie, really? Is that yeah, nice. I, like there. I seriously go ahead. You know, you know, shoot a load in my mouth. I, you know, will you cell phone that shit for me? I, <laughs> The trailer or me getting no, my- no, no, the trailer. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. I was like, you really don't want to see me getting a no, load no. shot in my mouth. <laughs> no. From- BJ Abrams. No, no, I'm just no. thinking some kind of pratfall would occur like with your ice bucket challenge. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's the Star Wars trailer. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to add on that before we go to break and do Good Pop, Bad Pop? No, let's take a break. Uh, oh, that trailer was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Was awesome. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, we'll be back with Good Pop, Bad Pop. 
This is Admiral Biatch to base camp. It seems the stormtroopers have gone on strike, and I have no experience with this type of shit. Who should I call for help? It's the V to the A to the D E R. Reconstructing the Death Star with my slick suede suit that's black light tall. Fucking you up no matter who you are. Tell the motherfuckers about the skin dark side. Jealous cause my black dick's <laughs> Yo, tell him Chewy last night I had Leia all drunk One to do me Shut the fuck up man, Leia's my sister <laughs> Think you're getting is a beat off blister Ooh, use the horse before Intercourse But lose. don't forget Bitches ain't nothing but hoes and tricks <laughs> Obi-Wan, I'm the top gun. top gun The chosen one hotter than both sons They ain't shit, his head's cut up and split He's slower than the first Shit. The one brings a horse in this fucking universe. Rebels! You know we'll fucking win, cause we'll fight till the end. I can feel the anger dwelling within you. Rebels! You also feel Vader's dick in you. Bitch, I can do Just on my chair. Is that some Jabba talk? Yeah. <laughs> Jabba, you ain't nothing but a fat ass slug. Fake gold chains, you sorry ass thug. Sitting in your palace with your blue headed whore. Trap door to the rancor. Oh, my goodness gracious me. <laughs> On the gay man's golden fantasy. <laughs> Programmed for homo ecstasy. Ten million forms of gay positioning. For my golden shower, you must pay a fee. But R2D2 gives it up for free. R2D2, watch your language. Always having sex with robotic strangers. Me's like to drink and smoke all night. Me's like to fight and fuck your wife. Me's no can cause me's so dumb. Me's will fuck you with me thumb. <laughs> <laughs> He's like that close with them. Yoda and Chewie are like that. <laughs> yeah. What up, Chew? They're tight. <laughs> Does it Wookiee style? Yo, they do hang out on Kashyyyk for a little it's bit. It's true. He like yeah. gives him like a piggyback ride, yeah, right? Yeah. Yo, Chew, give me that piggyback. <laughs> All right, guys. We're gonna move away from the Star Wars news for now. We're gonna jump into good pop, bad pop, but we'll be back for uh, for some more Star Wars news later. We can't not talk about it. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right, guys. Uh, we've already gone over the rating system. We don't have to do that now. Yep. Taste it. <clears throat> toss it. Tupperware. Not not necessarily in that order. Yeah, I'm making it more confusing. <laughs> <laughs> toss it. Taste it. Tupperware. All right. Um, I, I just wanted to talk about, like, I watched uh, some movies that I haven't seen this week and revisited some old movies that I've seen. Just wanted to kind of give you the rundown of what I did on my time off during the holiday and stuff like that. Um, watched, uh, for the first time, watched uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I wanted to talk about it. 
Are you now a Jeremy Renner fan? Are you like? I've never been not. A Jeremy. <laughs> you son of a bitch! I've never not been a Jeremy Renner fan. Did you finally get off your Jeremy Renner hate wagon? <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, no, I've never. I've I've always enjoyed Jeremy Renner. I'm a big fan of the Hurt Locker. Yes, I I have not been the biggest advocate when it comes to a Hawkeye movie, Black <laughs> Widow team up or whatever. Yes, mm-hmm. I've gone on the record, but I like Jeremy Renner. Okay, even even though I tried to recast Hawkeye probably an hour. Ago. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched Hansel and Gretel: Witch Hunters for the first time. Wow, and um. I, I I highly enjoyed myself. Nice. I did. Um, Jake, I think you would really like this movie. It has a lot of like there's the witches in this movie uh-huh. have a very Sam Raimi feel to them. Really? It's kind of campy. Yes. Um, uh, Famke Jansen plays like the head witch in this. Okay. She does a great job, not necessarily when she's as Famke Jansen, but when she's in the witch makeup. Mm-hmm. Oh man, she's great. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, wow, I didn't know she was in it. Yeah. Uh, she, yeah, she plays like the main villain in this mm-hmm. and, uh, does a really good job in the makeup. Um, and, and, and the witch makeup in this and all the different witches, they don't look the same. There's, there's a group gathering of these witches towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And each one is like individual. There's like these Siamese twin witches. Mm-hmm. There's one witch that like has like no, uh, legs. So it looked like the freak show witches or something. Oh, wow. It's, it's really good. It's, it's, it's a fun movie. It's not like it's like a, a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> no, no. But the weapons that they use are really fun. Um, Renner's good in it. Uh, the girl, I can't, I don't know her name, but the girl that plays, uh, you know, Gretel, okay. uh, is really good. Um, it's, it's a fun movie. It's very, I'm not saying, uh, they, they steal everything from Raimi, but it's very Raimi-esque. Okay. As, I'll definitely check it out. And uh, it's a great mix of practical effects with um, CGI. It's really good. It it does what I think Van Helsing was wanting to do, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't succeed for Van Helsing. Yeah, and I think Van Helsing kind of took a little bit of the route where it took itself a little bit too seriously, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I agree with that. This is very campy. Mm-hmm. Um, I am thrilled to death it's getting a sequel. Mm, yeah. uh, I will be seeing the sequel in the theaters now. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm going to give Hansel and Gretel uh, a very high taste it. Nice. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Um, the troll, I was talking to Dan West. He's like, I don't know if he said I didn't like, I wouldn't like the movie, but he said that he really enjoyed the troll in this movie. I too really enjoyed the troll and I, I love, I love the mix and they did a really good job of blending the special effects scenes with him with the scenes where he is more of a, uh, he, he, he is, uh, like a guy in a suit. Um, they did a great job with the special effects in this movie. Really good. A lot hmm. of fun. I had a lot of fun watching Hansel and Gretel. So that's the first movie. I'll try to see if I can catch that on Netflix or something. Yeah. I, I don't know how if it's available streaming or not. I watched a, another movie that I Tupperware in the past, saw it in the theater, watched it again over the over the weekend. Uh, watched uh, Sin City 2 again, mm. uh, Dame to Kill For. Um, absolutely love this movie. Uh, one of the things that I didn't care for about uh, the Blu-ray was the lack of special features. Um, I wanted more. Mm. Um, you could watch it in uh, Fast Forward where they showed the entire movie it, with the green screen backdrop, which I thought was interesting, but it's good for about five minutes. Yeah. You know. Rodriguez is really notorious for uh, giving you a, a vanilla copy and then three months later giving you the, the special edition version yeah. on Blu-ray. Yeah. 
So I'm really cookie cutter. Me and my wife have this thing that the special edition disc is the one that never leaves the case. Uh, I, that stuff never really bothers me or enhances anything unless it's like gold. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes Rodriguez has like his film school like clips on there and everything yeah. on his movies, and that's yeah. always really neat to see and everything. It was cool. I got to you know I got to watch them talk about like the different actors and things like that. And it was cool to hear what um you know Rodriguez had to say about uh, having Joseph Gordon Levitt in this movie. Oh, nice. Uh, which was probably the one of the strongest performances in the film. Uh, you had strong performances out of him, uh, and you didn't have as you know the Jessica Alba stuff and the Bruce Willis stuff wasn't as strong. But like Joseph Gordon Levitt was made for this role, which was a role that was actually you know if they would have came out with a movie sooner uh, and not waited eight years, eight nine years, that role originally was going to go to Johnny Depp. Oh, interesting. I'm glad that Johnny Depp didn't get this role. I'm glad that you know Joseph Gordon Levitt was in this role. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, so another cool thing from the special features on the Blu-ray was. They talked about the makeup and stuff like that. I had no idea that Greg Nicotero from The Walking Dead that does, you know, he's done some episodes um, and he does all the makeup Mm -hmm. for the zombies on that. Uh, He did makeup in Sin City 2, A Dame to Kill For, and they had like a nice, uh, you know, interview with him talking about that. And I thought that was very cool that Greg Nicotero was involved in this. Oh, neat. That's yeah. awesome. Um, another movie that I watched. I what's, would just, uh, sorry to interrupt you. No. What, what's Rodriguez up to right now? Do you know off the top of your head? <sighs> Good question. I'm now not that sure. Sin City 2's out? Yeah, he needs something to bounce back from. Uh, I Tupperware the movie, but Sin City 2 did not perform well in theaters. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, his next movie needs to be a big blockbuster in my opinion that way he can do more you know passion projects like sin city i hope i, I wish the best for him i yeah. really like rodriguez i think he's really talented i do too i love i love him um watched raid 2 again today nice. i saw it in theaters watched it again today uh action-packed absolutely yeah. amazing love that movie um watched uh big trouble in little china yeah. <laughs> uh last night um Love that movie. You know, I've been reading the comic book, and and I wanted to go back and watch the movie again. Sometimes when you've seen a movie, you know, fifty times, uh, it's nice to just watch it and know what's happening. But kind of like, you know, just look at it from different angles. And what I think, like John Car- Carpenter did so well in this movie is like this is a real like fish out of water story. I mean, you've got a guy that should not be involved in this, you know, Chinese witchcraft uh, sorcery. Jack Burton should not be in this world at all, and yeah. and he's thrust into this world. It's the perfect fish out of water story. Yeah, that's always fun. And some of my favorite scenes that I was like noticing that you know, like when you get to just sit back and like watch it for what it is, are the scenes where it, it really you are he is the fish out of water, and like one of the scenes like where he's in the rig, he's in the big rig, and the whole battle is taking place in that alley. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. they're, and they're just watching. And yeah. they're, they're spectators. Uh-huh. It's like in the movie, like you're kind of like the spectator too, and you're yeah. watching this. And it's actually kind of scary. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. Um, you know, like when they're battling, and then the three storms show up, and they start wiping out the the yellow turban guys. Uh-huh. Um, then you know, Wang is like, "Let's get the hell out of here!" And they start driving off, and they run over Lopan. It's another scene when Jack Burton gets out of the rig and Lopan turns around and looks at him. I'm thinking to myself, Jack, you should not be here. 
you should not. It's scary right. because Lopan looks scary as fuck. He's fuck, this yeah. Chinese sorcerer, and you got this fish out of water, Jack Burton, and he's like, you know, he should not be make. He should not even be in the same room or or in the same area as this fucking you know sorcerer. Yeah, and it's just very scary. It, it scared me when I when I watched it when I was like yeah. really young, yeah. like eight nine, watching that. Yeah. That scared me. It's the complete lack of exposition, knowing why what's going on is going on it escalates yeah. so quickly mm-hmm. and like you said the storms come yeah. in and they start doing these like miraculous moves and shit yeah and then when he's heading right for low pan his evil looking ass is just fucking holding his finger like come here go yeah ahead, do it yeah why the fuck would you get out of the truck though yeah jesus christ stay in there <laughs> yeah yeah, the, uh, yeah well he they ran him over yeah and so he thought, you know, this guy's going to be underneath the truck, and yeah. and uh, that's why he gets out. But then, and then later on in the movie, there's a scene where there it's like the ending, the the, the end battle, and they're in that room. Um, Lopan's like I don't know room where he's at, and it's got all the golden statues are up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they creep up. Wang and him creep up on Lopan before Lopan even knows that they're there. And you see, you hear a scene of Lopan yelling at Yao Min, Yao Min, and he's yelling at her and, you know, saying like, you know, give it up to me and like, get away from me, you bitch. And he throws her. And it's just like a very, just a creepy scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Carpenter did this movie so well. It, 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 this movie holds up today. It's, it's so fun. Um, the eighties had some great, Great movies, and this is this is one of them. Yeah, Carpenter had a few of them too. Yeah, between um, this and um, Escape from New York, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a huge fan of They Live. Yeah, oh, They Live, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Carpenter, Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of the one of the best movies from the '80s. I think that movie needs a remake, hardcore. That it, it would really do be served well by a remake. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people uh, people that appreciate the cult classic They Live. They know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But the people that haven't seen it definitely need to see this movie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, you know, I was thinking, like, um, wasn't Kurt Russell, didn't he do um, some um, uh, audition tapes for the role of Han Solo? Yeah. Aren't yeah, there? Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think he's the only person that could – I think he bombed in those. But I think he's the only person that could ever do the same job if not as good, you know, but – I think he's the only person, you know, watching him as Jack Burton, I think he's the only person that could probably do Han. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard to think of anyone else yeah. in those shoes. Yeah, it is. A lot of people used to associate him with his Disney work when he was younger, too, uh-huh. so it was hard for him to break out of that a bit. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it was Escape from New York that really kind of did that for him. Because mm. Snake is so off of what he yeah. used to do. Um, yeah, I'm glad that they went with uh, um, Harrison Ford, of course. But um, yeah. I was thinking, like, if they ever rebooted uh, Big Trouble in Little China, I think the only actor I can think of that could actually pull this off would be Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely I see think that. I could see him as Jack Burton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another movie that I watched yesterday was uh, Shawshank Redemption. Have oh, cool. you, it for the first time? Oh, God, no. God, no. No, I, I talked about a bunch of movies that I've seen like 20 times. Yeah. This, this is one of them. Um, but I was like the, – the interesting thing, I love that movie. It, it never gets old. Mm-mm. But uh, w- one of the things that I noticed probably for the first time is, is the credits are rolling. Um, they're going through the list of characters – you know, in the credits, mm-hmm. and one of the characters in the movie like did not have a name, uh, but he played a pivotal role. It was you know Andy Dufresne's first night in prison, and they placed the bet on who's going to cry first, and um, we all know who cried first uh, in that, and 
eventually was like beaten by the guards and died. But I was looking through the credits of the names of the characters. This character is credited. His name is Fat Ass. <laughs> so you see like this guy's like claim to fame in Hollywood. <laughs> it's like, you know, on his IMDb page, you know, it says Fat Ass <laughs> was played by Frank Medrano. So Frank Medrano has now been christened Fat Ass. <laughs> that was little, like, <laughs> he's the Porkins of Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Star Wars Porkins. Porkins. <laughs> All right. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Do people even know? Okay, if this is your first time listening, yeah, but that, that was my first thing for Good Pop, Bad Pop. And Good Pop, Bad Pop, because I didn't say, it's where we talk about things in the previous week or weeks that, you know, we watched or read that we liked or disliked. So, yes. you know, I just wanted to talk about some of the movies that I watched over the week and just some of my thoughts. So that, that was my first thing. What do you guys have for me this week? Well, this week I have actually been a video game addict. It's been a long time, but I, um, bought Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U. Uh huh. And I, I am whole hog into playing this game. It's really been sucking up all my time. Nice. Um, it's pretty cool. Basically, it's a fighting game in the Nintendo world, and it's all the Nintendo franchises fighting each other. Mm-hmm. So you got your Mario, you got your Link, you got your Pikachu, you got your Star Fox, and so on and so on. Um, there's other companies that they signed on. So this time you have Sonic the Hedgehog, you have Pac-Man from Namco, you have, um, oh, I'm forgetting another big one, a Mega Man from Capcom. Mm-hmm. And so it's really fun. Um, it's just crazy madcap insanity stuff going on. And um, you can play eight players at once, but you don't have to make it that crazy. You can have one-on-one battles. You can have team battles. Um, I- I'm going to Tupperware this game right out the gate. It's like, and I, I hate fighting games normally, mm-hmm. but this game is so customizable. Like, you can... You can literally alter every aspect of this game from how much damage each hit takes to another person to what items will drop while you play to the frequency that they'll drop to there's so much like you could spend an hour just tweaking, you know, tweaking how you play the game. You can actually create stages. There's like a stage editor so you can like make whatever you want. It, what, oh, it's just so much fun. What system was this first introduced it's, on? It was on the uh, first it was on the um, Nintendo 64. Yeah. And then from there, it was the GameCube, and that was where I really fell in love with it. And then it came out in the Wii, and now it's on the Wii U. This is the fourth one, the fifth one, if you count, like, the handheld stuff. Can I make a confession? Yeah. I have never played any version of Super Smash Brothers. Dude, we got to beat his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't take much. Wouldn't take much. You know what? You think that, though? And uh, I've played it, too. It's not like Mortal Kombat or Tekken or anything where you got to know a real complicated set of inputs. I mean, really, it is just like smashing the fucking controller because uh, it's a button masher instead of combos. Mm, kinda. It's, it's not really accessible. Yeah, it's got a big learning curve. Like, there's one button is your attack button, yeah. one button's your special move button, and if you wanted to slam against them, then maybe every now and again you're going to win a level. Right. But if you really start to figure out what what each thing does and there's so much versatility between the characters like yeah. some characters are really distance characters right. and some are like you know close range um this game yeah this game is so great it has online play and i mean you just instantly within moments be playing online um you can watch people play online and then actually bet the money you earn in the game on who's going to be the victor of the online match that you're spectating. Oh, great. So they're getting kids used to, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. to gambling. Exactly. That's, that's wonderful. 
Yeah, it's all great. about that. <laughs> that's but wonderful. That's I, my first, uh, my first betting experience. <laughs> I enjoy that quite a lot. I, I think it's really neat. Yeah. So yeah, it's. it's um, Next thing you know, like you're fucking, you know, ten year olds at the tracks. Yeah, they've actually introduced. They've kind of gone a little bit with the. Do you know what Skylanders are, Brian? Like all that phase. Yeah, my I, my nephew was into that a few years ago, so I went to Best Buy and bought him a bunch of the Skylander figures for, for they, use on the Wii or whatever it is. And they've got the in, in, Infinity with all the Marvel stuff going on now. And, yeah. And Nintendo's kind of taking a dabble at that now, and they've got these things called Amiibo figures. Which are like, and Frank's got one here of uh, Link, and they're like little action figures that you can actually play the game with, and they store the memory of their character on their actual like disc, like within the action mm-hmm. figure, and so you can you just touch it to the controller and it brings it into the game, and then when you're done, you touch it again to save the data back to the figure, right? And you can just bring it with you, and you can use them as teammates, and you can like fight against them, and you can have them fight each other. It's kind of it's kind of neat messing around with that kind of stuff too. Looks like a Christmas tree ornament. Yeah, kind of sort of. The yeah. uh, art art on them is really cool. Yeah, they're really nice little figures. They've got really nice paint jobs for that kind of thing. You got some of them that are like Pac Man, um, and they got one for like the villager uh, that are very cartoony. Mm-hmm. But like, and I don't know if you could take a look. Like in Link's Shield, there's a lot of detail as far as. Uh, Markings, yeah, on the shield itself, yeah. So it, it's pretty cool. Nintendo, yeah. I, I've always really liked their artwork. They always seem to, even though their consoles uh, underpowered, uh, you know, spec wise compared to other consoles, um, easily this and Mario Kart Eight, I think, are far more beautiful than anything I've been playing on the PlayStation Four or uh, Xbox One because right. of the colors. Yeah, it's a gorgeous game. And one thing I really like about it is it really almost serves second as a Nintendo museum. And I'm a huge Nintendo fanboy, and you can like literally unlock the music from like every classic Nintendo game you can think of. You unlock all these trophies, and there's a trophy for every single thing possible. Like, if it's in any kind of iteration of a Mario game, yeah. there's a trophy for it and whatnot. It, it's really crazy. Did you rate the game yet? I Tupperware. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I definitely Tupperware. It's really, like, got me just, like, wanting to come home. Every day I get home from work, I'm just like, what do I have to do so I can do nothing else but sit in front of the TV yeah. and play this game? This goes back to our game, uh, Divorced Married Single. Yeah. You're coming home and playing games. I'm still coming home and masturbating. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, there's always after oh, well, the games. Oh, that's true. I'm like, oh, what can I do? Oh. <laughs> I, I, this, a, is, this is my version of Smash. Super Smash. <laughs> I, I got to say, I haven't known Jake all that long. Um, and, you know, talking about this stuff all the time, there's not very much that it, he, like, visibly gets that excited about. Uh, Guardians was, you know, he was pretty into that, but he loves this shit. I'm getting text messages with uh, memes of Anna from Frozen talking to the door instead of saying, you want to build a snowman, it's want to build Smash Brothers. Oh, yeah, do you want to play, play Smash, Smash Brothers? Brothers? Yeah, I've been I've been mass texting people trying to get... Eight player Smash Brothers parties going. It's like really cool to see this this fucking excited about something. <laughs> yeah, like come over, let's try this shit. <laughs> oh, I should play it and just hate it. <laughs> oh no, uh, many people do. It's a very polarizing game. See, now I love Mario Kart. That's like yeah. like, like I've never played Super Smash Brothers. Like not one second of mm-hmm. any of them. But yeah, well, like Mario Kart on the flip side though, I like. God, I think my Nintendo GameCube got so much use yeah, from, see, from just playing that game. No, I've got Mario Kart 8, too. Yeah. 
and that's I Tupperware that too. And, Ditto. Oh. The, the game is real frantic. You can't take it too seriously, although at the same time when you're playing in the same room with people, yeah. I mean, you end up like throwing pillows at each other and shit. Yeah. And I, I just, you don't fucking get this kind of like entertainment out of some of these more hardcore games where you're like cracking up laughing and shit. I just think of like Frank and like, I'm just thinking of you at like a slumber party now, just like hitting people with pillows. <laughs> like you got curlers in your hair. <laughs> you guys Fuck. are painting each other's toenails and like... You know, I don't know. What do you? What do you? What do you <laughs> <laughs> the fucked up thing though is like my cousin uh, would come over and play Mario Kart Eight after yeah. it came out, and when I'd whoop his ass, he'd fucking punch me. So I mean, it, it like takes you right back into being a kid. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. Like I said, there's just how much you can adjust the gameplay is so much fun. Like we'll make it so it's like only bombs will drop as the items, and it just becomes <laughs> crazy or, or yeah. just do fun that's stuff cool. like that. Yeah. So I have not, other than like a couple shows, it's just been. Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers every night. So, yeah, a lot of fun. All right. Um, let's see here. Moving on, unless you had something. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'll segue right from that. Uh, <clears throat> I know that uh, David Isaac was looking for me to try to do a Batman 3 review, and I rented it twice and didn't end up with time to play it. And some of it's that I've been overwhelmed with a whole buttload <coughs> of releases in November. Batman 3? Uh, Lego Batman. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I had every intention to do it, but I've been so overloaded with all these mainstream titles that came out. I've been kind of going through a Nintendo renaissance mm-hmm. because the games are not only pretty but entertaining and simple at the same time. Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Ocarina of Time on the 2DS. Oh, really. yeah. And I, <clears throat> it's been probably like 12 or 13 years since I played that. And I've not gone into the internet to try to find cheats and stuff. So it's like relearning how to beat all the puzzles all over again. And there's too many games today that hold your hand. Like you come to a gap and it says, now press this button to jump. You don't get that level of hand holding in Legend of Zelda. It's far more rewarding when you get something. And uh, I've been doing that. And uh, Anderson Aruda had asked, uh, who's playing what? And I posted on Twitter, I thought, uh, trying to get folks' attention to say, hey, if you got a next-gen system, what are you playing so we can help them out? Um, myself, I mean, I've got all the new stuff, but three-quarters of it I haven't even touched. Mm. And I'm, you know, like it, hate it, whatever. I'm still daily, like, going into Destiny, doing, like, the daily stuff. And <laughs> the the game is evolving. Everybody played it for three days and said, fuck it, you know, it's boring. It doesn't have much of a story. But the first expansion's coming out uh, on December 9th, and the core game only dealt with one of the three enemies or four enemies that you're presented with and the next expansion deals with the next and all the different missions and stuff the dailies they are adjusting the enemies uh in preparation for this it's not the same experience i would highly recommend anybody who has fallen off to give it another chance and uh, fallen off destiny yeah okay and if anybody uh is you know New to having a next gen system, like with all the Black Friday deals, maybe rent it, pick it up, give it a shot. You know, give me a shout out. Uh, my gamer tag on Xbox One and PlayStation Four is uh, Quagmire, K W A G M Y R E. Uh, I'll get into it with you and help. There's a lot. It's real in depth with like the ecosystem. It gets complicated after twenty, but 
it's still rewarding once you figure out how to how to work it. it it's really the essence of an MMO shooter. If you want to see a little <clears throat> bit of the gameplay and get a cool review, uh, head over to our website, uh, popcultureleftovers.com. Uh, our listener, Dan West, did a uh, video review of it, and it's on our page. And, nice. And uh, I don't even play video games, but uh, I was very excited watching this uh, review of one of our listeners reviewing the game, and it was absolutely phenomenal. He did a great job. That's super cool. Yeah, Dan's awesome. Yeah, now I don't own an Xbox One or a PS4, but I do have the Nintendo stuff going. So if anyone out there wants to get schooled at Mario Kart or Smash Brothers, just hit me up on Nintendo. I am... Uh, Mr. Four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two. So, and if you want to play any video games with me, you can uh, come to my house and we can play Pong or something. I've so. got Pong too. <laughs> we'll throw it down. I've got the original paddles. All right, guys. Moving on. Uh, if you loved the movie Interstellar, and I mean you had to have loved it, uh, I was the one who. Uh, <laughs> speaking of of that, Frank, I was the one who cock blocked the uh, Tupperware party. For us, because you guys Tupperware it, and I gave it a taste. It, um, but uh, but this right here is uh, right up your alley, Frank, because you, uh, yeah, you loved <laughs> you loved Interstellar. Yeah, I didn't even know they made Interstellar T-shirts, and Frank apparently what? No, I'm just messing. <laughs> oh, you know what's fucked up though? Like seriously, the the shirt that I'm wearing, uh, like I don't know if you can read it. Hammer time. Nice. Well, it's it's a Venn diagram. It it says stop in the middle. Yeah. And on the bottom it says hammer time, and on the top it says collaborate and listen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Just I thought it was a cool fucking shirt. Uh, I thought it, I thought it tied to Interstellar. Sorry. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. It tied to shirts. <laughs> <laughs> At least there was a ground in reality somewhere. What did you say, Frank? It tied to shirts. Oh. Um, okay. Uh, AMC is offering an unlimited interstellar ticket. Here are the details. AMC's theaters and Paramount Pictures are excited to offer AMC Stubbs members a first-of-its-kind interstellar unlimited ticket which allows AMC loyal moviegoers to see the film as many times as they'd like for one price. AMC Stubbs members who have already seen the movie have an option to upgrade to the unlimited ticket at AMC. For three weeks, movie lovers have flocked to AMC theaters to experience Christopher Nolan's latest blockbuster, Interstellar. Guest feedback indicates that guests not only love the movie, many are expressing a strong interest in seeing it again in theaters. Christopher Nolan has created a masterpiece that movie fans are saying gets better every time they see it, said Elizabeth Frank, executive vice president and chief content and programming officer of AMC theaters. She says, the Interstellar Unlimited Ticket gives these fans an opportunity to experience the spectacular cinematography and heartwarming stories as many times as they would like at any AMC location, any showtime, in any format, including IMAX. Interstellar Unlimited Tickets are available for sale to AMC Stubbs members at AMC box offices in 330 locations across the country. The Interstellar Unlimited Ticket price varies by location, ranging from $19.99 all the way up to $34.99. All AMC Stubbs members who have already purchased a ticket, yeah, they can upgrade, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) A commemorative Interstellar Pass will be issued, which can be used at any AMC location playing the film while the ticket is unlimited. Quantities are not, and guests are encouraged to get their limited ticket while supplies last. 
All right, guys, my question to you is, what do you guys think of this uh, Interstellar Unlimited ticket? Do you think AMC should do this with more movies? Um, would all studios want you to do this? Uh, does this help hurt the studio? You know, I mean, there's a lot to consider. Yeah, it's a pretty wild idea. I mean, I, I, um, I hope they do it for episode seven. I'll pay 20 bucks to see episode seven as many times. Yeah, I like, can't see Disney signing on for that yeah, one. Yeah, I can't see it either, but just I'm thinking of my wallet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can't mean, see Disney signing on for that. For something like that, I would, but not an interstellar. Yeah. Because this was a deal worked out with AMC and Paramount. Um, I mean, and Jake, you'd have to drive to an AMC theater. Do they have an AMC theater here? No. Yeah. No. There's AMC. The closest ones are going to be in Springfield. Yeah. Those where, where we have AMC. All their theaters are AMC. It's interesting. You know, in 20 years ago, this is a great idea, but I feel like even 10 years ago, a better idea. But I feel like in today's day and age, it's just blockbuster after blockbuster. Yeah, they didn't offer this until two weeks after the movie had been out. So they got the, they got their initial money. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I guess, I don't know, offering an unlimited ticket, I don't know. I mean, if, yeah, I want to I want to see – I do want to see a second viewing. I've, I've kind of compl- con- contemplated going back to the theater and watching it again. Yeah. Just so – I don't know. Part of me just wants to razz the audience too. Like every time Nolan gets too science-y, I just want to go, science! <laughs> I know. I'm a little scared of the person that wants to pay 20 bucks to see it like five times. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I Tupperware it, but <laughs> – That's Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 15 hours in the theater watching Interstellar. Yeah. I don't no, know. there's not enough to keep you glued that long. Does this help or hurt the studio? Uh, I think it drums up interest. I mean, it's a headline. I mean, they did it two weeks after the movie had been out. Yeah, I'd like to know the numbers. I, yeah. It'd be interesting, like when Interstellar's out of the theater, to hear some numbers. Like, how many of these things did they sell? Yeah, I don't like, think all studios want to do this either. Like you said, like I, I don't think Disney would do this with with Star Wars. Yeah, well, I feel like they've got a little bit of um, smartness in this kind of going with the collectible angle on it too like you get your interstellar card like pass a little bit you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i I think it's stupid too i I just check out my pass yeah that's a it's a bit much i'm I'm cool i i was i'm (laughs) also not getting laid tonight yeah i would still pay 33 dollars for for the disney one for episode oh i would too in a heartbeat (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, so in the movie Interstellar, before Cooper left his daughter to find humanity a new home in space, uh, there w- there was the Lazarus missions. Um, they were led by Dr. Mann. This was NASA's first attempt to locate a hospitable ex- exoplanet. So what happened to Mann on the other side of the wormhole? Wired teamed Christopher Nolan with award-winning comic book artist Sean Murphy. Um, Sean Murphy did like the wake with Scott Snyder, the yeah. comic rock and roll um, Jesus. Yes. Uh, punk rock Jesus. Punk rock Jesus. Um, great. And I think he wrote that too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Great artwork. Um, uh, but he teamed with, uh, Sean Murphy, uh, Christopher Nolan, and, uh, you can read the missing chapter of interstellar. It's called absolute zero on wired's on wired's website. Or you can read it in print when it hits newsstands. Uh, it already has, November 25th, so it's out there now. Um, this is kind of weird, um, considering that Nolan doesn't include deleted scenes in his Blu-ray releases, um, but I guess that he doesn't have a problem with doing it in comic book form. Yeah, was this like a deleted scene or just something? This was not a deleted scene. This is just, uh, he teamed with uh, Sean Murphy, and and um, I guess this just kind of fills in a gap. Yeah. It was not film, though, to, no, my, to my knowledge. That's interesting. He probably just wanted to dip his toes in, like, trying to do, like, a little bit of comic stuff. 
Yeah. He might respect Sean Murphy for all we know. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, I'll post the link on our Facebook page if you want to read it, um, you know, and discuss it, you know, on our page. So I'll, I'll put it up there. I read the story and it was, it was interesting. Um, you, you get more of the, what, the, like the TARS type robot in there mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You, it kind of explains like his robot wasn't functional. Was the art cool? Yeah, the art was very good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, guys, we're going to move on. We're going to, uh, talk about the, uh, Jurassic Park trailer. Um, that dropped and uh, rate the trailer. It's kind of like uh, the redheaded stepchild of trailers when you come out the same week as a Star Wars trailer. Yeah, yeah I instantly forgot that that even existed. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh crap, I guess just the other day I was watching a Jurassic World trailer. So who wants to kick off the uh, Jurassic Park trailer? We're not going to break it down scene by scene. You can just talk about the scenes that you remember. We're not going to do what we did with the Star Wars trailer. See, but Jurassic World, excuse me. I keep calling it Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a good trailer. Yeah. I um I really appreciate hiding the big bad beast. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it's not just going to be revealed in the next trailer that this is really the tactic that we're not going to so show the creature and we're going to go movie. we're going to take the uh, Cloverfield approach. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Like in the movie I want to see it, but I don't want to see oh, it in of course. The, I, I don't want to see it in the trailers at all. None with that. So, yeah, I thought I'm going to taste this trailer, though. I'm not going to Tupperware. It's a high taste, though. Um, I got excited, but it was just, it just kind of wet my appetite. I agree. It didn't do anything to really knock it out of the park for me. And to be fair, uh, like you said, it did come out around the same time that the Star Wars one did. So really A few got, days earlier. It, yeah. yeah. And I did catch it before that. That shouldn't affect but, your rating, though. No, but it is overshadowed. Um, I guess I, I got no. Don't I, I? I don't want the Star Wars trailer to even come into the conversation now when you're rating it. You know what I mean? That you know what I mean? I don't want you to look back on this and be like, "Oh yeah, that affected my rating because it came out the same week as a Star Wars trailer." Yeah, it was overshadowed, but like yeah. just the trailer. You know what I mean? It's not going right. to live up to you know the hype of a Star Wars trailer, but just the trailer itself. Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess the idea that nobody knew that that was going to hit was the only reason why I mentioned it. It didn't. It's not going to affect anything. Nobody knew what was going to hit. Until a couple of days before about the Star Wars trailer. A lot of buzz coming out right around yeah. the time that it – anyway. I mean it's not going to affect the Jurassic Park World trailer uh, rating. Um, yeah, I mean it did what it had to do. It Like you said, it hid the monster. Um, do you think the reason – do you think the reason that it came out a couple days – it was supposed to come out on Thanksgiving. Yeah. They had a timer counting down, but it came out two days earlier. Do you think they caught wind of the Star Wars trailer coming out? And yes. so that's why yep. they came, they wanted the people to marinate it on it a little bit more? Totally. Yeah. I totally I think, think that's so. what's going to happen. I, I, yeah. Otherwise, it would have been almost dismissed entirely. Yeah. 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 It would have been, I mean. It gave, them th- it gave them three or four days for people to talk about it before yeah. Star Wars, you know, kind of like. Took over took Twitter over, and yeah. took over social media. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there wasn't anything about it that really was over the top. The, but what I think the best like action scene is where at the very end, Chris Pratt is riding along the uh, pack of raptors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so love that. That yeah. was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's a taste. It. I mean, it, it didn't it didn't do anything to turn me off, but it also didn't overwhelm me with anything either. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people are saying like, are you know, are these trained raptors? Yeah, um, right. I, I think I read somewhere where Colin Trevorrow, the director, um, said something like, uh, "It's a very complicated relationship between him and the Raptors. Um, it's 
it's not like they're 100% trained, but, uh, he, 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 there's only certain people that understand these animals. Like there are, um, you know, you, you've watched like these people that try to train grizzly bears or live with the grizzly bears. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're a fucking wild animal. And if you move in a wrong way, they're going to kill you. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. Yeah. They're still dangerous. I've also heard like a, a rumor, like he, he wears a pheromone that <laughs> makes him, that makes them think like he's part of the pack. Well, that, oh, that's I was wondering interesting. if they're already dinking around with, uh, you know, genetic engineering, maybe they've got him modified slightly to try to be a little bit more docile or obedient. I think that he's going to be playing more of like your um, Malcolm in this, where he's right. the one who respects nature and he's the one who understands these animals. He's kind of like a hybrid between, uh, yeah, speaking of hybrids, he's a hybrid between Malcolm where he respects nature, but he's yeah. also kind of like a hybrid of Laura Dern's character where she cares for the animals too and their right. well-being first. And so that's why in the trailer we see that he's kind of against like the whole hybrid thing, like what have you done here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a high taste for me. What, I, what do you guys think about the park? The, the, I was the, getting ready to talk about yeah, that. Um, we've yeah. talked for tons of episodes about how how excited we were to see like a fully functioning Jurassic Park. And they, you know, like the trailer that we described, this is it down to a T. Yeah. Um, and it was cool to see like it populated with so many people and so many people like walking down the street. What about and, the gyrosphere? And the gyrosphere was pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, like seeing all the people at the water show part with the shark and everything. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool to see. Like it made it seem more dangerous. Right. That when things went bad, there was just so many people around. Yeah. Did you guys look at all into what that was that took out the shark at, during the water feature? I, I saw an article about it that was saying like the dinosaur that people are most excited for in the trailer is not a dinosaur. Like well, that it's it? it's some kind of like old like sea creature or something or whatever. Mm. Oh. But I, I I don't know like the actual science species or whatever. No, right. I, yeah, I didn't I didn't follow up on any of that. I'd only heard that somebody said that it was uh it, it was different. I don't what, know. What, what do you was. rate this thing? Oh, my Did you rate it, Frank? Yeah, I was taste it. Taste it. Oh, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Nice. Yeah. I, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, you know, uh Everything that I wanted, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of elements that they've taken from the first movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're getting a fully realized park. Um, it's very meta in how they do it, and uh, I love it. Um, yeah. It just shows like uh, kind of like uh, the lack of respect for nature that, that they have. Like, it, it, you know, and when, they, when they take it to this extreme. And I, I think it like uh, makes us kind of look at like what they do at SeaWorld and everything else. We're going to think about kind of stuff like that. Like, you know, you know how people, you know, put these animals in cages and in, mm-hmm. and in aquariums and stuff like mm-hmm. that and how they're treated. And, and um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, Chris Pratt, I, I need to see a little bit more from him in this. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the fact that they're going to – I do like the fact that they're going to have kids be a big part of this. They got the the young kid from um, Iron Man 3 and then, you know, Nick Robinson from The Kings of Summer and Melissa and Joey. They're, they look like they're two boys, uh, two brothers um, that are on a vacation together. And, you know, like what's what's the what's the lady's name? Judy Greer, mm-hmm. the comedian, the actress at the beginning. She plays the mother. She's oh, like, yeah. I thought that sil- scene was really silly. Well, I think it just sets up like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see the the kids. Um, they're, they're not gonna be they're, they're not gonna be there with their parents. Yeah, I just like what parent says that to their kid in that way. You run. It's oh, like yeah. Jesus, you're a horrible mother. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really, I loved this trailer. Um, I thought it was great. I had a great time with it. Um, I, I am not one of these people that is upset with the hybrid dinosaur. I mean, this is, uh, you know, the Crichton books, they, they, they took this direction. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, and so uh, it makes sense. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. Guys, there was concept art for a dinosaur-human hybrid. Ugh. So <laughs> before they went with this dinosaur-dinosaur-dinosaur hybrid, <laughs> they were talking about doing lizard people. So guys, wow. yeah, they dodged a huge bullet in this film. So yeah, for the people that are bitching about the hybrid dinosaur, just think, guys, it could have been a whole oh, hell of a shit. lot worse. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what Chris Pratt's going to be like in this movie because, <clears throat> like, just from this trailer, and, and not that we see much, he's like no nonsense, Chris Pratt. Yeah, like I was joking that he's Burt Macklin FBI <laughs> if, you're, if you're a Parks fan. Yeah, yeah. So he's like just serious. I'm no nonsense, Chris Pratt, Burt Macklin. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I don't want to see Star Lord in a Jurassic Park movie. No, I'm not saying I want to see Star Lord. No, but... I'm just. This is my opinion. Like I don't want to see him be typecast as like this type of character. I still want to see him he does. deliver a good character performance, though. Like I don't want to see him just. I be... think he can do that either way without yeah. him being snarky and oh, stuff I, like that. I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. But I'll be interested to see like what he's like, like what his character is like. Right. Um, Jurassic World has released a viral website. It's called masraniglobal.com. It's spelled M-A-S-R-A-N-I, <laughs> then global. It's pretty cool. It looks legit. Um, you know, we've seen some cool viral sites out there, like the X Men one for Days of Future Past. Um, this one has uh, an about section where it talks about the company and its origin and its growth. Um, so it looks like this reincarnation of Jurassic Park is not funded by John Hammond, uh, John Hammond's family. Um, the CEO is this Masrani guy. Hmm. Um, I've seen this guy. He is an actor. I've seen him in other things. I could not point out, you know, what, where he's from, but, but I've seen him as a character actor in other things. Um, you can go there and then there, on the site, there's even a careers tab that you can click on and apply for the company. Um, I did, and I was hired as an intern genetic biologist, uh, at an, International Genetic Technology at International Genetic Technologies in San Diego, California. I didn't even have to post a resume. Um, it asks for your first and last name, email address, and you type a short note about what you want to do. And I typed, I want to do science shit. <laughs> and voila, I was accepted into, nice. you know, International Genetic Technologies in San Diego. Um, there's, uh, and then it shows you like your name on a badge. For, you know, that program. So it's kind of cool. That is kind of neat. Um, there's some cool con, uh, cool articles about the construction of the park, and, and I want to read those actually. Uh, here's the first one. It says, soon after the acquisition of InGen in 1998, Simon Masrani looked to work at a plan that seemed impossible given the circ- circumstances of the years preceding, talking about what happened at Jurassic Park, mm. uh, especially with it being the same island, uh, the control and reinvention of a new theme park on Isla Nublar. Experts from the Masrani company were collected together along with Dr. Henry Wu from the InGen company 
to plan for the greatest theme park and attractions ever constructed in humankind's history. Simon Masrani used subsidiaries, Axis Boulder Engineering, and Timac Construction to work on the preparation and planning prior to construction on the island. Construction workers were protected from native wildlife by InGen security over the course of the three years from 2002 until the completion in 2004. With over $1.2 billion alone spent in concrete and building materials, this project was never underestimated. Um, guys, like just reading this part right here, it's basically like this is like uh, this ain't your daddy's Jurassic Park. Um, we are putting a lot of money into your protection. We know what happened on Isla Nublar and what a f- like royal fuck up that was. Right. And don't worry, you know, we've once again, we've, as John Hammond would say, spared no expenses. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I'm getting out of here. They're talking about like, you know, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just insane. All, all the, uh, how, how much they elaborate on, you know, what they're doing to get the park fully functioning so people don't have to worry about their safety. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of it here. That's really cool. Um, they say, uh, it goes on to say the most incredible thing about the project for me was the fact that we were able to construct so far off the mainland while maintaining all deadlines, explains Jurassic Park World Project Manager Eli Jacobs. <laughs> the logistics and the planning were just incredible. Security teams, perimeter fencing, scientists, quarantine zones. It was quite the atmosphere. Uh, Simon Masrani is taking no chances. Simon adds, the sense of security proved vital in the establishment of Jurassic World. The media were having a frenzy at the time. uh, Conservation groups around the globe were looking and waiting for any incident to tarnish our reputation, to try and take Isla Nublar away from us. We had set a feeling of safety. From when the time came for opening in 2005, we had to ensure people were willing to come. And come they did. Jurassic World officially opened in June 2005 to an incredible 98,120 visitors in its first month of operations. So, I mean, this is a park that's been around for a while. If this is like 2005, wow. Yeah, if it's been happening in real time in the movie, it's a park that's been there for 10 years. And so people, I mean, they've probably got a lot of really good reviews online and, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. don't worry about your safety now. Like, you know, they, um, you know, and with this not being John Hammond or John Hammond's family involved, this Simon Masrani taken over, the company looks a lot better in the public, public eye. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. They really go all out with these viral sites nowadays. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, definitely check out this viral site. It was it was cool. I think it was a lot better than some of them that I have seen. Like the the Gotham site was uh, kind of yeah. lame, and but this one's really good. It's really good. Cool. I really hope we get a uh, Mr. DNA sighting in oh. the new Jurassic Park movie. Oh, like maybe explaining <laughs> the dinosaur, dinosaur, dinosaur hybrid. I think they are going to want to stay away from anything <laughs> associated with that first part. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Except for the big gate that opens. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I would cheer for Mr. DNA. <laughs> uh, Dino DNA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We all saw – no, Frank didn't see it. But me and Jake, we went uh, to the theater and we saw The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Yes. So we're going to talk about uh, that movie. We're not going to go into too much detail. We'll talk about it though. Yeah, um, just blab about it a yeah. bit. Um, you want to go ahead and rate Mockingjay? Sure. I am going to give Mockingjay a taste it. Okay. Um, just to, um, give some background to this, <coughs> I, I Tupperware Hunger Games, the first one, and I also Tupperware Catching Fire, and, but I'm going to taste this new one. Um, I don't know. It's just like, 
to me, this was really affected by the decision to cut one book into two movies. It really felt like just a big prologue to what was going on. I mean, there was nothing. It, it's a great movie. I mean, the performances were really good. Lots of strong actors. Not there, too great because it's not a Tupperware. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. You know, it's it's more just the like the structure of the movie is what keeps it from being a Tupperware. It's definitely not the acting. Like the acting, I don't think could have been better. Like it was, everyone was so great. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence was great. The little stuff with Elizabeth Banks was great. Um, I really, I always like Woody Harrelson in these movies. But just the, I don't know. It just, it was just so slow to me. How was like Natalie it, Dormer? Natalie Dormer was really good. Um, she was like kind of the resistance person that was down there, like directing them and everything. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know. It just felt like as soon as the movie was over was when things started going. There was like really no like action set pieces in this movie. And not that, and I respect that that's not the kind of movie this is, you know, it was really trying to convey something else. But I mean, other than what you see in the trailers that are shooting down the ship, this is a really moody picture. Like, you know, and I don't know. I feel like combined with the next movie, maybe I'll think higher of this movie. But just on its own, it was kind of like, I don't know. It was kind of a downer. Mm. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, the first Hunger Games, it was a Tupperware for me. Second um, movie was a Tupperware for me. Uh, this uh, movie, I'm going to give it a low taste it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, kind of, you know, bouncing off, you know, piggybacking what you said. This movie does not stand on alone, uh, on its own alone very well. No. Um, you know, and... and y- you can say yes, you know, and I haven't read the books, but you know, I did look into the books to see how closely this follows the book, mm-hmm. and it does follow the book. Um, but you know, that being said, as far as this being a movie by itself, just this first half, it it. it, it I it was it was it was the acting was good. Um, I, it, I, it still wasn't as emotional as that second movie. Um, you had like the scene where they were all doing like the Mockingjay symbol, you mm-hmm. know that 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 hand gesture. Yeah. And in the first movie, it was like uh, you know I think it was at the twelfth district ruse district when they did it, and you know the old man got shot, and that was more emotional than here, like where all the people were doing it at the hospital. Yeah. You know. And even when the hospital – spoilers – when the hospital was destroyed, that still wasn't an emotional moment for me. I think they had plenty of time to make it emotional and they just didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, They definitely had time. They split the shit into two movies. Exactly. So you know, this movie standing alone by itself does not work for me. Um, it, it was good. The acting was good. It just, I think like it would have been a better as one film. Definitely. Um, now, uh, that being said, like you said too, and I was going to say this as well, once that next movie comes out, um, this movie very well could be, if I just watched them back to back, it could be just an overall Tupperware. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it, you know, this movie as it stands right now, it's almost better to kind of like maybe when the second part of this comes out, just watch that first part a week before, two weeks before. Mm, I said then, the very thing to my buddy just yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, this is not something like I feel like you have to like rush out and see now. I I th- mm. think you know, you'd be better served just watching it like a week or two or just days before you go see Mockingjay Part 2. Yeah, that's I I was like, yeah, just watch it at home mm-hmm. and like 4 or 5 days before yeah. you see the next one or yeah. the day before. Yeah. 
Yeah, you don't need to rush out to see this one. Yeah. Um, how are they going to address the loss of Philip Seymour Hoffman? Uh, I believe they got it all, but like one scene. From what I've read, there was like one scene they didn't get filmed that's in the second half, and it's not even the final scene that he's in, from what I've read. Right. Ah. So, it, you know, they'll just have a voiceover, I think, for that one scene. It's probably reading too much into it. I was just curious because his IMDb only gives him credit for part one. Mm. I'm pretty sure he's in part two also, but I could be wrong. Oh, okay. You think he's in part two as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. They filmed them both at the same time. Yeah. And you know oh, how, they did. Yeah. Okay. And you know how movies work. It's, they film stuff all over the place just with whatever sets they're at. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It gotcha. saves money when they film them both at the same time, too. I, I do feel like this is a uh, bit of a uh, cash grab. Oh, definitely. From what I've read, I've done a little bit of research. The third book, Mockingjay... And I, I could be wrong about this because I haven't read the books. Yeah. But I, I'm almost positive it's the shortest of the three books, too. Hmm. And I yeah. found that to be interesting. It's like, wow, the shortest book needed to be two movies? That's bizarre. It's kind of like The Hobbit all over again. Yeah. See, this is yeah. a shame because we kind of... But they had, didn't even have appendages to pull from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kind of had the same thing with Harry Potter um, where regardless of how good both parts of that last book were mm-hmm. in movie form... Mm-hmm. When you're reading the book, it's all presented to you as one set piece. And I think it means a lot more when you get, like what you're saying, watch it a few days before you watch mm-hmm. the next one. It'll, it would, re- might really affect, you know, your feelings on that portion of it. Yeah. yeah. I was saying the same thing to Brian before we were podcasting that that last Harry Potter movie, it's just all climax. Like, who watches just that? Right. Right. And I, I hate that. And I understand the idea you don't want to be sitting your butt in the theater seat for four or five hours, but there's a lot that they could trim out of some of this bullshit. Yeah. To shorten that length. You know, I tasted the Maze Runner movie, but I, I'm going to give them props for saying that we're just going to make three movies. Yeah. I'm going to give them props. That, that they're not They're not just going to like, oh, this last movie, you are going to break it up into point one and point two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and if I hear that fucking, like, this Divergent franchise oh, does fuck. that, mm-hmm. I am just, dude, I'm not watching the second movie anyway. I was like, like, like tricked into watching that first one because I thought like it, it looked like a completely different movie than what it what it, what I saw from the trailer. So I'm not gonna be watching the insurgent. Yeah what a machine too. I can't believe how fast the sequel is coming out. Yeah. That is a machine franchise. Yeah. Cookie cutter tween yeah. novels. Alright. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. We don't have to go into too much more mocking Jay. No, yeah. I thought the the music was good. Yeah. Yeah, the music was good. I liked hearing Jennifer Lawrence sing. That part was cool. Just wasn't a lot of action. Um, yeah, it was real slow. You yeah. could hear like everyone crunching every kernel of popcorn. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Lots of just moody. Look at <laughs> look at these people being sad and sullen shots. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I did like <clears throat> like the the stuff where they're trying to. Uh, you know, like when they, when they're trying to like like Natalie Dormer's character is trying to direct her and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting, like trying to get certain reactions out of her. Yeah, and like stuff, that stuff like too. that. But I don't know, it was okay. She she's a real jerk for for not going with Gail yeah. and, and waiting for Peta. Yeah, what a jerk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's move on to some emails. We've been putting off some emails. Uh, we got an email here from Dan Hunter. He says, Hey guys, I was just listening to episode 66 and would like to know what your favorite science fiction movies are. Maybe you could do a top five. Um, I think what we'll do is I'm going to give you guys a week. 
to think about that. Sounds good. Um, and we'll come back to that one. He does have a, you know, you know what I mean. I, it's hard to right off the fly pick your, you know, favorite top five science fiction movies. Um, I'm going to make myself a note right now about that. But yeah, science fiction movies. We'll do our top five, or you know, three or five or whatever next week. Now, should we be talking about just like movies that could be taken seriously, or like movies that are comical too, that just have like major science fiction elements? Yeah, uh, I don't care if you pick Back to the Future okay. or if you pick, you know, uh, you know, Interstellar. I mean, just okay. science fiction sure, movies. Sure. I mean, it could be you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for all I care. Yeah, it could okay. be Empire Strikes Back. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, pick your favorite uh, science fiction movies. Uh, he says, also, Jake, what is your favorite Disney short? Uh, oh. So I'm sure you could probably answer that now, possibly. Yeah. If you need a week for that. Um, well, with, with the Disney short, I'm not sure if he means, like, the old classic, like, three, four-minute Disney cartoons or, like, kind of the stuff we see before the theaters and, right. like, the newer movies and everything. You got one of both, then? Uh, I do got one of both. <laughs> um, shoot, my favorite um, Disney short is the um, – the old classic one that's like Mickey through the looking glass mm-hmm. where it mimics the Alice in Wonderland and Mickey falls asleep. And once he falls asleep, he wakes up and kind of goes into the mirror. Right. And um, it, it has the part where it's like calling all cards, calling all cards, and all the cards are like flying all over the place. Yeah. I used to just – every time that one came on, I really loved it. I loved it too. It's good stuff. Um, as far as like the newer shorts go, I was blown away by the uh, short that was before Toy Story 3. Um, give me a second to remember what that one was called, but it, I think it was called day and night. Mm-hmm. And basically there were two figures that actually represented each thing. One was actual representation of day and one was the representation of night and they're formed like humans, but inside their bodies, the thing is happening and they're kind of showing off to each other. What's better about each other, what they can do. And it's so clever. And, um, when the one wakes up, he stands by a waterfall to do his like morning business and everything. Mm-hmm. And the, the night is jealous of all the bikini babes going on inside of the day, and he doesn't have any of that going on. Right. But then the day is jealous of all like the bright lights inside of night and everything. And they get into a big fight over who's better and everything. And then by the end of it, um, the one turns into the other. Day becomes night and night becomes day. Mm-hmm. And they realize that there's no reason to be fighting, that they kind of get the best of both worlds. And I thought it was just a really, um, really clever cartoon. Super charming. Yeah. Charming, funny. One of the, I, I like all those Pixar shorts. I think I have both the Blu-rays they have now, but this one was just out of this world. Do you remember this one? No. Oh yeah. It's worth looking up. I'll send you a link. It's yeah. just like three, four minutes. Yeah. But it's great. If you do, do you own Toy Story three on Blu-ray? I do not. Okay, because they have it on that Blu-ray too. So, do you remember this? Uh, I don't remember that specific one. Uh, the like one of the only ones that stand out to me right now is the like the musician or the one man band, whatever. Mm. Yeah, um, I can't remember which one it came before. I want to say it might have been one of the Cars or something like that around that time, where. Um, there's a guy who's got this whole getup on, and he's got cymbal, bass drum, tuba, whatnot, and he's uh, playing it and trying to get this gold coin from a girl. And then this guy shows up, and it, well, his is just a little bit better. He's got trombones and stuff, and then they keep one up and one another mm. just to get this thing. And it, it's funny because they end up uh, knocking it out of her hand, I think, and it goes down the drain. Oh yeah, I remember, I remember right. that one. Yeah, and then they're all like, "Oh, uh, fuck! I can't remember how it ends now." I've I've had to have seen it like thirty times, but shit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I always thought that was kind of cute and how 
they're trying to get her attention just for the gold coin, how they keep trying to, you know, one up each other, just make it better. So I thought it was cool. But I, after a couple of days after this episode's posted, I'll find that. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube, the day and night one. Okay. And I could just post it off YouTube. Yeah, just post it on the page and yeah. I can watch it that way. Yeah, that'll work. <clears throat> Next uh, email, it comes from uh, Dallas from Kentucky. Uh, it's, hey guys, uh, wanted to say thanks for helping me get through the daily grind. I monitor gauges 12 hours a day and having you guys banter in my headphones is a blessing. Due to the boring nature of my job, I am able to find time to read some comics while at work. I loved comics as a kid and I've just recently started getting back into them. I mostly stick to trades and have tackled many Batman books and The Walking Dead compendiums. Got any suggestions as to the trades I should be reading? I'm probably more of a DC fan, but welcome a good read from any universe. Also, watch the pilot of Constantine, saving my opinion on the series until I get a few episodes in. However, the Easter egg of Dr. Fate's helmet was great. Not sure why, but I've also, I've always been intrigued by Dr. Fate. I still have his action figure from the Superpower series that I got as a kid. Any Dr. Fate reading recommendations? Keep it up, fellas. Thanks again for entertaining me. Dallas from Kentucky. So thank you, Dallas from Kentucky. Um, Ouch, Dr. Fate reading recommendations. That's a toughie. I had to reach out to somebody else on that. Nice. Um, let's give our personal recommendations um, for comics. Um, I personally would say uh, you should start reading uh, Matt Fraction's Sex Criminals. Uh, fantastic book. Yeah. Uh, Is that available in trade now? It's yes. got to be. Yes. I think maybe <clears throat> the first trade. Is available, volume one. So definitely check out Matt Fraction's Sex Criminals. It is really, really, really good. Um, it's funny, um, very awkward, some of the sex moments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's basically you've got uh, uh, two characters um, that realize when they um, have sex and they climax, um, time stops. <laughs> wow. And um, – uh, they have this gift and they find each other and they kind of become the sexual orgasm version of Bonnie and Clyde robbing <laughs> banks, <laughs> making time stop as great. after they have sex. So yeah. um, it, it's, it's a really good read. It's fun. It's funny. It's, it's not, it's not really gross guys. It, it puts sex in a funny light. Um, the awkward side of sex, a lot of stuff that you can relate to, you know, they talk about first sexual experiences and it's really, it's really a funny book. Yeah. It's a great book. I, I've only read the first issue, but it, it was a lot of fun. I was kind of waiting for trade after that. Mm-hmm. It's but, really good. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely see the humor in that trying to either hide somewhere close to be ready for when the time stops or Hurry up and finish if you get caught. Um, they, they also introduce like the villain in this is uh, they kind of introduce them as like the sex police. So like they're <laughs> not the only ones in this world that know that this exists. So it, it's really good. Check it out. Um, the next book is kind of like a space opera. Um, it's called Saga, of course. Brian K. Vaughn's mm. Saga. I would highly recommend that. I think you can get the first two trades, three trades are out. Um or you can get like they've got like a hardback book I think that uh, com- that has the first eighteen issues. Oh, out. that's awesome! So you can get that hardback now. Um, I would also recommend uh, recommend Rat Queens uh, by Curtis Weeb uh, and uh, Rock Upchurch. Uh, Rock Upchurch does the art. <clears throat> it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons meets uh, I don't know something crude and rude. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. 
Um, Gail Simone's Red Sonia. I'm loving that book right now. Um, that, that trade should be out right now. Uh, Rick Remender is doing some great work on two books right now, Black Science, Deadly Class. Um, a couple books that just started up. Uh, Ed Brubaker's doing uh, The Fade Out, two issues, two, three issues in. I'm loving that. It's kind of like a pulpy noir type uh the book murder and mystery and Hollywood and really good stuff. Nice. Um, so you're whole hog into the image stuff. Are you reading even much superhero stuff at all these days? Um, I, I need to get caught up. I'm still way behind on a lot of stuff. Um, I need to get caught up on Thor. I need to get caught up on Spider-Man. I need to get caught up on Batman. I need to get caught up on Flash. Yeah. I'm really getting behind on a lot of my stuff. Um, need to get caught up on Hawkeye. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm behind, and I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm reading a lot of image, and uh, that's good though. Sometimes like it's fresh yeah. to take a to put the superhero yeah. stuff down for a bit and read yeah. a bunch of the other stuff. Another book uh, I really love right now. It's called Five Ghosts. Mm. Um, it's about a guy that uh, has powers of five powerful men from literature, referred to uh, as the wizard, the archer, the detective, the samurai, and the vampire. Um, he'll use each of these powers to get out of certain situations. Um, it's a great book. I think they're all sci-fi is going to be doing a TV show about five ghosts. Um, as far as Marvel, um, I would say the new Daredevil with Mark Wade. Uh, you know, I mean, they just started. They they started that back in like uh, 2011. Yeah, isn't that getting ready to wrap up? I heard. No, Hawkeye is getting ready to wrap. Oh, gotcha. I, I, I was hearing talks about Daredevil coming to an end pretty soon. Ooh, I hope not. But yeah, that's uh, Mark Wade, Chris Samney art. Oh, the art is gorgeous. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, they did one. They did issues like one through thirty six or something like that, and then they rebooted it again with him being in San Francisco. I think now yeah, exact same creative team, but <clears throat> so they rebooted. Yeah, it. yeah, got a new number one out there. Sales went up again. Um, try Jason Aaron's Thor. Um, uh, for DC, it's going to be a lot harder for me. Uh, you know, I'm consistently getting you know Batman and Flash. I'm not caught up with them, but. Those are the books that I'm reading for DC. I would highly recommend them. So I asked Dante of the Soda Pop Comics cast what he would suggest on some of your other suggestions. Uh, he said uh, try Green Lantern uh, starting with the uh, – from before the new 52 Sinestro Corpse War forward to the present. Uh, that includes the 52 runs after the universe change with Flashpoint. Uh, as far as the Dr. Fate recommendations, uh, he says uh, pick up Countdown to Mystery and Dr. Fate Volume 1, uh, which is a four-issue miniseries with four more volumes after that. Um, he also recommended Gotham Central and then Animal Man and Swamp Thing, uh, the new 52 run of both of those books, which I think Animal Man was Jeff Lemire. Um, that has ended. Um, and then Swamp Thing started off with Scott Snyder, and I think that ended with the Animal Man Swamp Thing crossover, uh, Rot World. Mm -hmm. And then they got a new creative team on Swamp Thing since then, which I hear some people like, some people hate. But uh, those are some great suggestions. So Animal Man's not even a, a book right now. It's huh? not a book, as huh. far as I know. I, I knew they ended it. I don't know if they brought it back, but it did end. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, did you have any suggestions, Jake? Eh, I don't have much. I, I've been um, I've been reading a pretty interesting. He was asking for comic books, yeah. But I'm I'm reading a pretty good um, manga right now called World Trigger, mm -hmm. and basically the premise of it is like a big hole opens up in space, and all these aliens are pouring through, and there's like this elite police force created to like 
get all these aliens back and they have these like weapons called triggers that hmm. you have to like it's reminding me a little bit about of Pacific Rim and drifting where you, like you have to have to like find the right body types for each individual trigger that oh, okay. works best with the trigger and everything. Oh, okay, so like the drift. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. And so they're like seeking out the people to use that they can train to use these triggers to kill these aliens. Yeah. It's got it's got really neat art and it's a, it's a fun quick read. So, yeah, you can you can pick it up at any bookstore. It's called World Trigger. Um I I read it digitally. You can get it through like the Viz app. Okay. So, yeah, it's been a pretty fun read. Awesome. Speaking of digital, as far as like him dabbling in any of the Marvel stuff, we talked about it before that Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. That that's a real inexpensive way to spread your wings on a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not notorious for being a comic book reader, but I've got that, and I jump in every now and again. And had to learn that you don't have to start at number one, so I love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. They're getting um, Original Sin just showed up on Marvel Unlimited, so I'm finally getting to read that. Yeah, I saw that in an ad. All right, we got an email here from Joseph in San Antonio. He says, greetings, leftovers, and Frank Nato Hammer. (laughs) My name's Joseph. I'm also, I'm Rick James Bitch in the Leftover Fantasy League. I recently emailed in regards to the Tim Duncan variant cover. I picked up two and thought I'd send in a pic. Uh, And he says, my local brick and mortar made an event of the release and had the cover artist Mike Choi there to sign copies. On the cover, you can see Tim handing over keys to the Punisher with a big fat championship ring on his hand. Um, Spurs fan, humble brag is what he says. Uh, in the background, the garage with the, t- uh, with the half exposed Punisher car is, n- is named Blackjack. This is after Tim Duncan's actual car garage here. This is after Tim Duncan's actual car garage here in San Antonio, which made, which made a real life replica of the Punisher car that was unveiled at the event along with Timmy, who was there to sign a limited number of copies as well. Very cool. Tim Duncan showed up. Yeah, that is super cool. Mike Choi too. He's great. I also wanted to ask Jake, the gotcha cohort, uh-huh. a question about the amazing Spider-Man number nine. Since his enthusiasm towards the web crawler got me to pick up a copy and wanted to hear his thoughts on it. Are you that far in with Marvel Unlimited? No, okay. we only go up to issue three now. Mm. Yeah, so he says, I'm just getting back into comics and it blew my mind. I've narrowed my pull list to two Marvel, two DC, and two independent reads a week. Yeah. So, yeah, you have no opinion on number nine. No, I heard they're really, um, they're really laying it on the Spider-Man stuff right now. Like, they're really forcing fans to buy a lot of ancillary books right now mm-hmm. to make it feel like part of the story. What's it called? Spider-Verse? Spider-verse. Yeah. Yeah, I heard there's a lot of ancillary books that they're really acting like you need to read to know what the fuck's yeah. going on. I always hate when they do that shit. Yeah, just wait until, like, the spider Verse omnibus comes out and you can read everything. Yeah, you know but I mean? it's like you want to, you're trying to move I know. along. Oh, you I know. know. Oh, yeah, I know. it's annoying. He says, by the way, after those cool comments last week about Big Trouble in Little China, did you know this coming week Django and Zorro drops? I hear it's written and co-written by Tarantino himself. And yes, I've seen the covers. Uh, it's a it's a Django yeah that's Django crazy from Django Unchained and Zorro teaming up in a book you know mm-hmm. and we've seen a lot of this before I mean we're getting soon we're getting Red Sonia and Conan in a book mm-hmm. um, you know that's going to be um, uh, Gail Simone and uh, Zeb Zeb Wells Zeb Wells okay. I believe I, I, and then um, you know we've seen like what was it the Spirit and the Rocketeer uh, Green Green Hornet and 
Batman. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is Latin a comic teams. trope. We see this kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, Star, we've seen Star Trek and uh, Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> we've seen Mega Man and Sonic. Yeah, Mega Man and Sonic. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Mr. Sherman and Peabody. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of that. Out of that. <laughs> no, but thank you for uh thank you for the email. But yeah. Um let's see here. Uh yeah, I think this yeah, he says, uh thanks for hours of entertainment. Who does this next one come from? Uh, please Yeah, it comes from uh, our buddy uh John Hoxby. Oh nice. John, uh who I called him Jeff in previous episodes. Jeff. <laughs> I love emails from Jeff. So yeah, and I wanna thank uh I wanna thank uh Taryn McCollum, his girlfriend, for doing our uh Instagram page. Oh nice. And I also want to thank uh at Brookita thirty seven. She's doing our Tumblr. Nice. We got a new Tumblr out there. I think it's Pop Culture Leftovers two because I lost all the uh information for our original Tumblr page. <laughs> so definitely check that out. You know, Brookita, Brooke Smith doing a great job on that. Nice. Cool. Um yeah, this comes from John. He says, Dear Leftover Crew, thank you for doing an awesome job on the show, for being just friends talking about nerdy things. It's it's really something I can't make it through the week without so we repaid him with not having an episode last week <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go <laughs> sorry he's not thankful yeah. for us well he had turkey to get him through yeah turkey yeah <laughs> not as filling as a yeah. five-hour dose of pop culture leftovers <laughs> i guess <laughs> oh man let's see most of my weekly tasks are accompanied by the show everything from counting the drawer at work to washing the dishes at home hell even my com- commute is uh filled with this week's gangster as fuck news <laughs> The point of my email is perhaps a week of throwback reviews, maybe some of the classic movies or shows being rated. My girlfriend is an avid listener, and it would be awesome having her want to watch some of the classic favorites, which she currently rolls her eyes about. It's crazy to think that people haven't watched classic movies that I grew up on, knowing that Legend is a must-see or that Adventures in Babysitting wasn't on everyone's must-see list growing up is mind-blowing. Even mentioning that Mark Hamill is in The Giver isn't enough to get her to watch that 80s B-movie classic. <laughs> what, do you get, what do you say, guys? Care to help me out and make the classics interesting again? Thanks again for the awesome show. It's greatly appreciated. Um, to this, I say, you know, it's like we, we we there's so much news that comes out every week. Yeah, we've kind of been stumbling this idea around already a bit. Yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? With us having like our doing like kind of our countdown of our favorite movies yeah. at some point. That's yeah. kind of the same thing as this a little yeah. bit. Yeah, absolutely. We we talked about doing like a uh, our top 20 movies, which we are eventually going to do. I think if we did something like this, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I thought I was thinking like if we did something like this, it would have to be on a slow week. Yeah. Because with all the news that we cover, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we we a little bit do that already. I mean, this yeah. week you we you were talking about Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Yeah, I just it's just like a yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we kind of dabble it in. Yeah. It's, it sounds like he's wanting us to get those specific movies, yeah. hype them up. Yeah. Are you a legend fan? You a legend guy? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Never did anything for me. Really? Yeah. I like it. I always yeah. liked Tim Curry. Yeah, I like Tim Curry a lot, too. I like Tim Curry a lot, too, but I don't know. Uh, Next email. Yeah, so we'll keep that in mind, John. Um, It's like one of those things I hate to make promises about. You know, we're going to have a top 20 movies list, and I'm sure some of those will pop up in that list. But I hate to make promises and then, like, not deliver on them. It's it's a huge can of worms, too. Like, just talking about your favorite movies, like, give me a whole week, and we'll, we'll talk about all my favorite movies. Would we have to argue it out and have, like, a definitive PCL 
top 20? No, 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 no. 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 We're going to be like, uh, I'll give my number 20. Oh, Jake okay. gives his 20. Oh, you yeah, give me 20. Like we did the villains. Yeah. Copy. Cool. Exactly. Um, next uh, email comes from Andrew Ross. He says, what's up, dudes? I might have a long email coming with a lot of questions. Sorry in advance. First, I would like to thank you for reading my email on the podcast. It was seriously the highlight of my week, and I geeked out. But I was also happy to hear the leftovers in Frank's top five animated comic book movies and shows. I value and respect your guys' opinions. So when you guys, so you guys finally got me reading comic books again. I was into it when I was like 10 or 11, but I dropped off and picked up the cartoons. When I got older, I wanted to read them again, but couldn't find, my, couldn't find myself wanting to spend the money every week. One of my customers at work sent me all of the new 52. My customer is a comic book artist as well, Jason T. Perry. Heard of him? No. Hmm. I haven't either. Nope. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, I wonder what he means by sent all of his the new 52. We'll get into that. Anyway, I had heard about the new 52, but didn't fully understand what it was. I thought it was only the Justice League, so I was blown away to see that it was the entire DC universe completely revamped. Needless to say, I was pumped. I started with Justice League, but after that, it got tricky. There were so many options, and I can only fit so much on my iPad. So I went to Nightwing, always been a huge fan, and it was awesome. Now I figured I would ask you guys what to read next. Didn't I think Kyle Higgins started off on the Nightwing? Yeah. Here are my questions for you and Jake. What should I read next in terms of art and storyline, or more specifically, writer and artist? I read Justice League first, and I loved the art. Of course, Jim Lee. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I saw how I think, does the fill-ins for the first couple years. Oh, okay. And he's great, too. I saw some art for some other comics, and I didn't like it as much. What should I stay away from? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can't go wrong with the Batman You've already, you mentioned it mm-hmm. a bit. I mean, yeah. it's um, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo. Yeah. I think it's the best comic in the DC universe right now. Yeah. Um, what are the stinkers that you want to stay away from? Uh, I would I would definitely read uh, Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's a good one. Very good. Cliff Chang does the art on that for yeah. the first year or so, and that's Love really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not as big of a DC guy as a Marvel guy. Yeah. Um, Justice League Dark. Yeah, that's another Lemire book. Yeah, check that out. Um, art's really good in that one, too. Yeah. Um, Don't read Static Shock, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I personally didn't like the start of the new 52 Green Lantern. Yeah, a lot of, I heard a lot of people complain about that. Yeah, I hear it's... I don't know. I, I didn't like it, personally. Um, the Aquaman... Jeff John's Aquaman oh, yeah. is great. That's Ivan Reese, I think, does that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's excellent. Um, I would definitely check that out. I read Flash just because I love the art on that first team. Um, it's not the – I don't know. The story's not the best, but I get Flash because I love the character. Mm-hmm. He's I, – I, I, Flash is, I think, my favorite DC character. I can see that. And, He's uh, a fun one. And so you know, I would read The Flash just – I don't know. The art's beautiful in the first, you know, the first creative team. Um, and he says, all of the comics I have end at March 2014. Where can I get the rest? Uh, probably Comicsology. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't have an unlimited. Yeah. It sounds like he, um, he may be um, 
reading illegal comics, but yeah, he says, or, or more importantly, is it fucked up that I am reading comics illegally? Yeah, I download music and movies illegally, so I figured I shouldn't feel too bad, right? Yeah, I hear you, buddy. Um, I I, I struggle with this too. I mean, I, something has to be done with how, what we're charging for digital comics. It's kind of fucked up that it only costs like a dollar twenty nine to get like a music single but to get a comic i can re- i can read in five ten minutes it's going to cost like full value like 4.99 3.99 yeah. yeah i think something needs to be done there it makes it hard to not like fall into the trap that that spans a lot of different media uh p- people not getting a physical copy of something mm-hmm. and having the digital version cause cost just the same it yeah. doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense at all so i i hear you it's very tempting and i cannot lie um, I read every number one of the New 52, um, about half of them illegally. But then after that, I kind of stopped. Like any title that I was still going to read after that. Were you wearing a hoodie as you read them? I was. I was. <laughs> I was recording me reading them with my cell phone. <laughs> yeah. But after that, any title that I never – I didn't continue a single title like illegally. I yeah. don't know. I felt dirty about it. I want to give the money where the money should go. Yeah, to, they're struggling the so creators. much anyway. It's like it, I feel bad. Like yeah. comics are really having a hard time yeah. making making money, you know. And this is where all this good source yeah. material is coming uh, from. Uh-huh. I want to give money to the creators. That's why I still buy my comics in print form. Yeah. So that's the only time I've ever done anything like that was for that. It was just too much. Like I couldn't afford 52 comics in a month. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So I was like, I want to read every number one. So I did. Uh, let's see here. Uh, even though I am super late on this, I am really impressed with what DC did with this entire universe. I'm more of a Marvel guy, but I'm hooked on DC comics right now. I'm going to read green lantern for now. And it tripped me out hearing there were different colored, uh, lantern corpse. What's the deal with that? Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I guess that, 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 that's, that's going to be another half hour segment right there. Yeah. So. What's the deal with that? That, that you should read the comic because yeah. that's definitely what it's about. Is what's the deal with that? Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry for all the questions. Ecstatic that Frank is back. <laughs> Yay, Frank! <laughs> Didn't realize how much I needed him until he was gone. Aww. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Keep up the great work, guys. Andrew Ross. Thank you for that awesome email, Andrew. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Shit. That was a great email. Um, one more email before we go on to news. Jake Johnston um, says, Brian or Jake? And I'm going to throw you in here, Frank, too, because <laughs> I am. Poor Frank. But he says, Brian or Jake? I've recently joined Marvel Unlimited. I am currently reading Civil War. But was wondering what you guys would recommend for understanding what is really going to happen in the MCU. Doctor Strange, Guardians, etc. There are so many choices I wasn't sure what to pick. Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. Fuck, gotcha. Ha! Jake Johnston. <laughs> I'm right with him because uh, I just recently finished Civil War and I was just thinking the same thing. So I'm eager to hear it. Yeah, I mean I would say if you if Civil War is your starting point – you might as well just just event jump all the way to present day at this point. Yeah. Um. You know, go on Wikipedia and find out the order of the events. I'm. I think after Civil War might be Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. And then after that is like Siege, and then after that is something else, and yeah. then something else, and just read all these events, and it'll kind of get you up to speed. Uh, what about like uh, Doctor Strange and the the Guardians? Uh, the Guardians. I think a, a great place to start is the brand new stuff, the the Bendis relaunch. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could start with all the uh, Abbott and Lanning stuff. 
I'm, that's what I would recommend. Yeah. I would start off with the Abbott stuff. Now, is that the stuff that, uh, like the first couple of issues, they were doing it like it was a reality show where they were having them sit down and like do the confessionals? Um, that's the Abbott and Lanning stuff. Okay, that's the one I started and I was kind of like, eh, well, I'll just wait to see the movie. Yeah. The Bendis stuff is better. Yeah, and, and the thing with the Guardians of the Galaxy when you're in the Abbott and Lanning stuff is it's kind of the middle chapter. Yeah. Like, you really need to start with Annihilation. And yes. then from Annihilation. Annihilation's awesome, too. Yeah, Annihilation is awesome, and that's kind of book one. And Guardians of the Galaxy kind of op- is kind of chapter two of that yeah, whole story. Right. Okay. And I and think they just started Guardians of the Galaxy 3000 recently. Yeah, and it's like a um the original Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy team yeah. and what they're up to from the year 3000. Exactly. Yeah, cuz that was the original like conceit of the book was that it was a superhero team from now, the year 3000. What about Doctor Strange? The, Doctor Strange is a tricky one. Like what's the I really think the movie's going to take a lot of liberties with Doctor yeah. Strange. It's hard like to nail down like what what's the definitive. I would say um an interesting place to read. I wish I knew the exact issue numbers, but it was Within the Bendis run of New Avengers, mm-hmm. where Doctor Strange re becomes the Sorcerer Supreme, yeah, I think that's a very good current storyline that gives you a lot of feeling into that character. What about Oath? Oath is very good. That's Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah, Mark Marcos Martin does the art yeah, for that too. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a gorgeous book. That's that's the one that I would read. I love it. Yeah, I feel like that's <clears throat> a lot of Doctor Strange like fan service though. It's like a little bit like. If you if you love the character already, yeah, I don't know yeah. that it's going to draw in new fans, but okay. make the the current fans just really happy. Yeah, yeah. So that's really hard. The Mark Wade miniseries, as much as I love Mark Wade, it was kind of a stinker. You're right; it really was. It was like Doctor Strange yeah. playing baseball mm-hmm. and some real goofy shit going on. It, what what worked in Daredevil and and worked in Flash for Mark Wade did not work for Doctor Strange. Yeah, it was too much lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Doctor Strange is a tricky one. Um, I would read – I think they're going to be very classic with it. I, read the origin of Doctor Strange. I wouldn't even read anything as yeah. far as the Marvel Unlimited stuff. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you're going to start with Doctor Strange, just watch the Marvel animated movie. Yeah, that's a good that's one too. That's what you should do. We're basically saying the same thing. Yeah. I'm saying read the first issue. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's available on Netflix, isn't it? It might be. It might be. I think so. Uh, with Disney owning them right now, don't doesn't Disney own Netflix? I Am I an idiot? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, the only reason why I think I doesn't Disney have exclusive rights to Netflix? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you could probably see yeah. it on there. All right. Cool. Yeah, but no. Thanks for the email, Jake. Um, yeah, we're going to uh, take a quick break and come back with the pop culture leftovers news. Do it.
right. Hey, we're back. Uh, we're going to be doing our pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Gangsta as fuck, yo. Yes, it is. All right. Um, yeah, uh, we got some quick news this week. I wanted to talk about uh, just uh, three things in quick news. Number one, quick news. Director James Cameron said that the Avatar sequels, quote, I can tell you one thing about them. They're going to be bitching. Oh. He goes on to say, you will shit yourself with your mouth wide open. Oh, man. That's a quote from James Cameron. He then pulled up his Ed Hardy jeans and left the interview to hit an all-night kegger with his bros. I mean, that's how he's talking here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's talking like he's like a teenager and like a frat guy. They're going to be bitching. You're going to shit yourself with your mouth wide open. (laughs) This is crazy. Talking, you know what I mean? He is crazy. What's he going to do? Drive off in his Corvette with his 20-year-old girlfriend? He's king of the fucking world. (laughs) There you go. Unbelievable. (laughs) So the Avatar films are being filmed back to back to back. There's three of them, and they will be released in 2016, 17, and 18. So Please. I want to go back to Pandora. Oh, man. I think these movies are going to be bombs. I want to go back to Pandora in 3D. That's all I care about. Yeah. Three times? Do you need to go back three times? <laughs> I'll taste it. I'd have to see what the story's like. Yeah. The first I mean, the really three times in three years? The first one really was a cookie-cutter story. Yeah. I mean, it's like they he, usually see in the backdrop of a video game. He's got a story to tell, apparently, with three fucking more movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's apparent. But, I mean, <laughs> they had to film them back to back to back to back because it's such a huge you know, undertaking. And then he's got other projects, you know, one or two projects that he's got lined up after this, you know, so um, it makes sense. But, yeah, I think three more seems a little excessive. Uh, but, Jake, this goes against your whole, like, uh, why do they have to do a trilogy? Uh, they're not doing that. They're doing a quadrilogy, so. Yeah, okay. Well, no, if it's something that's worth spreading out for three movies, then that's fine. But it, Avatar could have stood alone and that would have been it. I agree. Uh, in other quick news, director Guillermo del Toro has finished his Justice League Dark script yeah. and turned it into the Warner Brothers executives. The director confirmed he and his team have completed the team up script, which f- will feature, this is confirmed, Swamp Thing, The Demon, John Constantine, Dead Man, The Spectre, and others. Nice. So, what a lineup. Yeah. Very cool. Um, there's no no there's no news if this has been guys don't just because I'm saying this doesn't mean it's been greenlit yeah, okay this could, is just him turning in a script it could and, be just like the Kevin Smith Superman script right. or the yeah it could be and there's no confirmation that if the movie's made that this will be part of the overall DC cinematic universe I mean we hell we don't even know if Shazam is going to be part of that universe no so you know. Uh, finally, in quick news, uh, director Michelle McLaren has been confirmed as the Wonder Woman director. Nice. Talked about her in previous weeks. You know, who's going to get the job? Uh, she's the one that's known for the episodes of uh, Breaking uh, – I think 11 episodes of Breaking Bad, um, three episodes of Walking Dead, and then four episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's a great resume, like the three biggest shows on TV in the last, like, moments. So, yeah, uh, looks like uh, they're going to go with uh, – a female director, we didn't know, and yeah, Michelle McLaren. Nice. This is, I think, her first stab at a full feature film. A lot of pressure. Strong background, though, pressure. and good storytelling. 
Yeah. Yeah, but you know, she had somebody to kind of set the tone. True. For the show. Um, you know, just like uh, I, The Walking Dead, the reason I think it's still going strong is because they had Frank Darabont in there, you know, starting off the show. And I think that set the tone for the series. Like, so I don't know. Maybe maybe they're going to set the tone for Wonder Woman more than we think in the Batman v Superman film to help her out. I don't know. But, you know, yeah, we'll knows? see. We'll see. Uh, all right, moving on to some regular news. Uh, years ago, uh, we were hearing about a cinematic Highlander reboot. Mm. And uh, Ryan Reynolds was mentioned as the lead in the reboot years ago, mm-hmm. which Hollywood's thinking, I'm sure at the time, was like, you know, hey, this guy was in Blade 3. Uh, you know, he used swords in that movie. And then he was Deadpool in the shitty Wolverine you know he's rocking the swords in that, and uh, this news. I, I think this news of him being in the Highlander reboot was like right after Green Lantern came out, um, to you know <laughs> critics hating it, <laughs> and um, and I think he dropped out of the project after that. Shortly after that, um, the movie continued to uh, to be kind of rumored for a while, and then nobody heard of it anymore. This Highlander reboot, um, then. Um, it's back, huh? Yeah, we're hearing from the rap that uh, producers want Tom Cruise for the lead in the Highlander film. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be playing like the the Highlander or if he's going to be playing like the Sean Connery type mentor. Yeah, in in the Highlander films, At his age it should be the mentor. Yeah, yeah. I can see it being either or, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, with the Last Samurai. Um, you know, he was the lead in that, and he still looks like a young guy. After Edge of Tomorrow, I really can't bitch about it that much. Yeah. Um, you know, here's what the rap had to say. At this point, uh, the interest appears to be one-sided, as Cruz has been busy shooting Mission Impossible 5 and isn't focused on future projects at the moment. Should Cruz decide to engage with the project, it's possible that the mentor role could be beefed up to accommodate a star of his magnitude. A representative for Cruz told the rap that Highlander is... One of many projects that come to him and he discusses, adding that Cruz is far from talks and that he has offered tons of projects. A Highlander insider echoed that skepticism, making it clear that Summit is not in negotiations with Tom Cruise, though they didn't deny that he was the studio's choice to co-star. Um, thoughts on a Tom Cruise Highlander film? Yeah, I think that'd be okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's a rousing. That's a rousing. Yeah, it, <laughs> it doesn't sound like the worst thing ever. Like I don't. Come on, guys, think about the, the, the guys. I, I mean, these last few Tom Cruise movies have been really good. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed Oblivion. I, I, I thought uh, Live Die Repeat, or you know, whatever the fuck they call it now, yeah, yeah. was a great movie. I, I really enjoyed it. I think fun. I Tupperwareed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. I think this is the perfect follow up to that kind of stuff. The yep. the lore. Of the Highlander is great. It's awesome. I mean, there can only be one. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, these hidden um, swordsmen throughout the the world that that uh, kill each other, cutting each other's heads off, absorb their powers, and uh, there can only be one. And it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think Highlander it, a reboot would really do it a lot of justice if done right. Absolutely, yeah. just a big battle royal all over the city yeah. and all over the world. The 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 Highlander movies went all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you you had your TV series, um, you had, you know, and then you had Christopher Lambert. They they did like a uh, 
didn't they do a film where those two like joined up in one of the movies? Yeah, that happened. Um, the second film went dr- went drastically different, going into the future, and I think a reboot would be necessary. Yeah, yeah. My my noise, my myth wasn't. It's like I'm not like chomping at the bit, excited for like Tom Cruise Highlander reboot. But I do think like it would be an interesting project. I see. I love the mythos. I love the lore of the Highlander, and I think getting a name in there like Tom Cruise um, would add some credibility to that. I, I think it's a perfect match. I would be elated to hear that Tom Cruise was attached to this. Yeah. I, I taste it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear if he has any comments about it in the future. So yeah, and I'm sure he's busy. You know, he's he's got a movie coming out every summer. So yeah, he's in everything. And then you know, I'm sure they're not just going to want to do one film. I'm sure they're wanting this to be a trilogy of films. But I don't think he has a problem doing that. I mean, um, looking at uh, the Mission Impossible stuff. <laughs> no yeah, kidding. exactly. Which, Mission Impossible Five. Mission Impossible Fist. <laughs> Those movies were great, really good though. <laughs> yeah, I hate Mission Impossible Two. But I like all the rest. Mission Impossible 2, was that directed by um, the Asian director? Yep, yep, yep. yep. John Woo. Yeah. Oh, John I, Woo. I, I hate it. I'm not a big fan of John Woo movies. It's um, ridiculous. It's like, laughably ridiculous. Face off. Every movie, every John Woo movie, it's like you get the characters, they're jumping and they, you know, as they're jumping and diving, they're popping off shot mm-hmm. after shot after <laughs> shot. That's every John Woo. There's movie. the doves that fly away the doves. at one oh, point. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's re- Mission Impossible Two is the worst American John Woo movie of all time. Like, right. if Face Off is watchable, it, but I'm a fan of all the rest of them. One, three, and four, I I think are great movies. But two yeah. is just so garbage to me. I yeah. can't stand it. Uh, three. Who did three? Great direct. Was it JJ Abrams? JJ JJ yeah, JJ yeah, Abrams. And Philip Seymour Hoffman was the villain. Yes, and he was great. And I believe Brad Bird. Brad Bird did the fourth one and is mm-hmm. doing the new one too, right? Um, I think you're right. Was Renner and Tom Cruise does a lot of his own stunts too. Uh, Renner was in the third. Okay. No, that, Renner was no, in the I mean fourth. fourth. Yeah, oh, yeah. Renner was in the fourth. All right. That one made me shit my pants with him climbing the building on the outside with those gloves. Tom Cruise does a ton of his own stunts, which is amazing. That was nuts. All right, guys. uh, DC News. Uh, Here's a DC-related email from John G. He says, hey, leftovers and Frank. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wrote in a couple weeks ago seeking some information from Brian on how to get my podcast started and also with my comment on Will Smith as Black Manta. Well, anyways, I just got done listening to the newest show. Glad to hear that everyone's on board with Jared Leto as a possible choice for the next Joker. It's so annoying that everyone has put Heath Ledger on such a high pedestal. Don't get me wrong, he was okay, but everyone makes it seem like he was the he was the beginning and end of the Joker in the cinematic universe. Jesus Christ, it's not like he's Michael Jordan having his jersey retired. It's like they want to throw the character in a vault and never have anyone else play them ever again. It sucks that people are so close-minded and are unwilling to at least taste the possibility of a new actor portraying the character. That was all I had for that small rant. Keep up the great work. You guys are awesome. Yeah. That drives me crazy, too. I hate when people are just like poo-poo, whatever it is, because the last performance was so great. Right. It's like, well, you got to – something you can't just not do it ever again. Yeah. I mean, it's such an iconic character. You have to do the Joker again. Yeah. 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 Um, Heath Ledger died. The Joker did not. Yeah. Right. It makes you wonder, like, though, you know, it's like uh, they they throw out the Jared Leto, you know, possible casting that they're interested in him and people are shitting on it. And it makes you wonder, like, what name could they have thrown out to make these naysayers – 
excited for have, a Joker. I have no idea. You know, like Adrian Brody? No. no. Come on. But, but some people would be. That, that's the weird thing. I very happy with the I'm hoping that they do get Jared Leto this method actor that I think will delve into the character I mean won an Oscar Dallas Buyers Club you know uh, chapter 27 you know played uh, the guy who killed John Lennon I mean really 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 does his homework on these characters they could only be so lucky to get this fucking guy yeah absolutely um what does Jared Leto have to say about uh, being the Joker? Mm-hmm. Uh, in MTV News, they didn't ask him flat out, but you know they were asking him about upcoming projects, and he does not have anything concrete. He basically said, like, uh, you know, he was in Fight Club, and he said, like, the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club, and so he's like, I've got a lot of projects. He's like, but you know, what do you follow up an Oscar-winning performance with? And right now, he doesn't know, and he's just like, he's just thankful that he's got other things to keep him busy, like with the band and things like that so mm-hmm. right now um yeah i mean nobody knows what's going on with your in giardito's mind as far as playing the joker so yeah it's uh it's up in the air hmm. yeah i'm sure there'll be more news to come on that story yeah all right guys marvel news we got a uh got a couple marvel related emails anthony uh says hey guys you discussed the abysmal state of a few comic book movie franchises uh, through mishandling and poor planning. So I was curious about what fixes you would recommend the studios do. Personally, I think Spider-Man could be saved without rebooting, but they would definitely need to change the garbage direction they took it in uh, with his parents. I also get new people to handle the music end of things. The Spider-Universe has expansive possibilities, but getting Spidey right needs to take priority, which means retconning the parents' storyline for starters. Um, Fantastic Force just seems lost at this point, and I actually love what they have done with the X-Men movies, uh, except for Origins and The Last Stand. Lastly, I am a Man of Steel hater and see the DC franchise as a huge disappointment given my love for the characters. I am not a fan of the second and third Nolan Batman films either. Both Aaron Eckhart and Maggie Gyllenhaal were awful in Dark Knight, in my opinion. Also, I'm with Brian on hating Iron Man 3. Terrible, terrible film. Anyway, what say you about fixing the broken franchises? Anthony. Um... The two broken ones being Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, X-Men's presumably fixed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they put a, they put a very very good band-aid on that last movie. Yeah, oh. they sure did. I w- yeah, it's it's fixed. In my yeah. opinion. You know, I think with Spider-Man, I hate I hate to say it, but let's let's do the origin one more time but let's do it in like hyper fucking warp speed like let's get through it in like five minutes before we even like drop the uh opening credit sequence let's do it you know let's do it super fast and then let's jump them forward into time and let's deliver a good spider-man movie when he's an established superhero and a bunch of crazy shit starts happening you know, shit, introduce the Sinister Six right there in the first movie, you know? If you're just, if, if I had the power to just reboot the whole thing, I mean, that's what I would think about doing. Just, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, it's like we, it was said before about the Batman's parents thing. You already know. So why go over it again and again and again? Yeah. So, so yeah, just do the origin one more time because you gotta, and, and the reason is, is because of the dumb parent stuff going on in the, in the new movies. 
So you can wipe away that real quick before the movie starts, you know, get back to the, get back to the heart of it, you know, with great, great power comes great responsibility and, you know, just have a good Spider-Man movie, like in the spirit, not like a Nolan movie, but like the Nolan movies, understand that the audience is smart and just get the thing going. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to, all this like origin for characters that doesn't matter. You can really, you know, with good performances and a good script, you can, you can really deliver, I think, with a great Spider-Man movie. Can I give my? Yeah. Okay. I think, um, Sony needs to work out a deal with, um, Marvel Studios and reboot the character that way. I think the way the origin story should be handled should be a post credit scene in the Infinity Wars Part 1. At the end of that movie, we see just clips of him getting bit by a spider. We see um, Uncle Ben's death. Yeah. And that's that's our cliffhanger. So we know we're going to get Spider-Man in Infinity Wars Part 2. Yeah. That's I think his origin story should be just like a post credit scene in Infinity War Part One. I don't know if that fits in with what they have, but uh, or like a mid credit scene or something. I don't know, but I I think they could knock it out pretty quickly. Like you said, you said five minutes. Yeah, they, I think they could do everything, set it all up in that movie, and reveal the new actor and everything, and then with Infinity War, then that helps Sony. Yeah, and they could reboot the the character that way. We're kind of on the same page, and I really like your idea. I mean, that's definitely the ultimate fanboy dream there. Yeah. Is the big reveal. Is that's that, what he wanted to know. How could they fix it? That's my fix. Yeah, that that definitely fixes it. <coughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. In a, in a perfect world, I would do that. Uh, got an email from our buddy Finn Dietz Creek. He says, hey, leftovers. And Frank, <laughs> I haven't written an email in a few weeks, and I hope you have Frank with you because I'm currently writing my Peabody and Mr. Sh- uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman review. Uh-oh. Nice. So he's going to get that written for us, and we'll put it up on the site. You guys should really give it a shot. Great kids movie. On another note, I have been thinking, <laughs> I have been thinking about a Krypton show, how how a Krypton show could work, and I am not liking the idea at all. The network could never afford it and i don't know what it would be about even as a miniseries it just doesn't sound that interesting mm, yeah yeah i don't know I, I i agree with him i'm very um skeptical of, about the quality of this show and how it would sustain like a 22 yeah. episode season and he's right. You know, like I, when I threw out the miniseries thing, it was kind of like just like I, me personally, if they're going to do this, I don't want to see a 24-episode season mm-hmm. of Krypton. It doesn't yeah. appeal to me at all. I was thinking like a six-episode miniseries would be okay. Yeah. But even with that, like after six episodes, like how does this fit into the overall – Anything? Yeah. What is it trying to do? Is, on is anything? It, exactly. Is it is, is it gonna is it gonna tie into anything that they're doing? I mean, it doesn't seem necessary because it, it, is it going to be canon with what they're doing in the DCU now? No, it's not going to be unless you cast somebody to play a younger Jor-El 
You know what I mean? Because you're not exactly. going to get you're not going to get Russell Crowe. Right. You know, you're, you're not going to get uh, Michael Shannon to play Zod. I mean, you're not going to get these actors to do a six episode miniseries. This is not True Detective on HBO. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to get these big stars. So it, it, it really doesn't make sense to me. I was just trying to like try to fix it. I guess. Yeah. It's. I don't think DC like um they they they've like famously never combined any of their TV stuff with their movie stuff. You know, it's always been separate. And even yeah. now it's kind of the same way, like from Smallville yeah. to Gotham and Arrow now. Yeah. It's kind of a separate thing. So yeah, that's a, what is, the, that's a good point that there's no point. There's no point to, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's, unless they're going to do a series, you know what I mean? Yeah. But even then, I don't see the point in any any of it. Yeah, unless it's great for some, somehow, like unless it's just somehow, like yeah. I, who knows, you know? Yeah, I don't need all the Krypton politics and all that stuff. I, I just don't need it. Yeah, you know, maybe if th- throwing the bottle city of Candor, maybe that'll be interesting for a few episodes. But that's that's really about it, you know. I don't know. Yeah, it's you know, spoiler. You know what's yeah. going to happen to the planet. Uh, he says, uh, I have two quick questions. Uh, what do you think is the best sewer, super, sewer? Yeah, what do you, what do you think is the best superhero theme score? <clears throat> oh, that's a real tough question. Not for me. Oh man. The first one that comes to mind is, uh, is Batman. And I'm trying to decide if, if there's any better. Uh, I got Superman. Superman. All uh, the way. Yeah. It's, you hear that music? It's yeah. just iconic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Johnny cool. Williams masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, super uplifting. Everything he's all about. Yeah, that that's a goodie. Yeah. What what would yours be? Like I said, the first one that came to mind yeah. was Batman. Is that Danny Elfman. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that one really affected me as a kid. Yeah. They kind of um, aped it for the uh, animated series opening. Yeah. Like it wasn't Danny Elfman, but like right. if, if the Danny Elfman didn't exist, this guy couldn't have wrote this piece, you know, written this piece of music. Right. So. Um, and lastly, what do you think Marvel's first miss will be? Personally, I think Doctor Strange. Don't get me wrong; I really want this movie to be awesome, mm-hmm. but it might come off silly to people. They're just ridiculous. Thanks for your time. Okay, uh, blah, blah, blah. more ridiculous than Guardians of the Galaxy? I mean, you know what I mean? I mean. If, it, if people respect now, now the Guardians of the Galaxy is a success. Now people are still trying to like speculate what the first miss is going to be. I personally think they've already missed. I, I, I think they missed with uh, Iron Man oh, two yeah. and Iron Man three. But um, you know, I think we've already had those. Yeah, they weren't financial misses, but I, I think they were misses overall. That's just my opinion. Um, but as far as these new movies coming out, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think any of them are going to be um, like, financial misses by any means. But critically, which ones am I worried about? Sure. Hmm. Critically, I'm worried about Avengers 2, I gotta tell you. Like, you know. Age of Ultron? Yeah. I mean, you know, you've, even you've said before, like they, you know, they've quoted in saying that it's a very ambitious project. Like that's what Robert Downey, Robert Downey said, you know? Yeah, to be fair though, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't know how they're gonna edit this thing. Yeah. I'm just, you know, there's just so much, like, to have to pack in this movie, even more than the first one, it feels like, yeah. that I'm just scared that it's just going to seem like a bunch of vignettes instead of, like, a complete movie, you know? There's just so much, it seems like, is going on in it. Yeah. So, not that I'm not excited for it, and I think it's going to be great, but at the same time, I am I am scared that it's going to be a loosey-goosey screenplay. I mean, we've seen that Josh Whedon as much as I love him, is capable of doing loosey-goosey stuff, like with Hawkeye in the first Avengers movie. Yeah. How he just yeah. kind of gets 
written out of the movie right at the yeah. very beginning of the movie. Yeah. And it's like, are we going to see like more Lucy Goosey stuff like that? Is he going to be able to contain all this story that he's got going We're on? We're getting more Loki. That's, yeah. That's a good, that's a good start. Yeah. The tone that the tra- the trailer's kind of setting is that it's going to be like very, very, very serious. And he does that well too without it being silly. No, you don't have to sell me on Josh Whedon. I love the guy. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's just so, it's so much, you know. There's so yeah, much. I like, haven't seen anything from you know um, the Quicksilver scenes that I've seen. I haven't seen anything to get me excited. Yeah, that's another great point. Um, you know, Scarlet Witch, nothing to get me excited. Mm-hmm. Um, these actors kind of let me down in Godzilla. Yeah, mm-hmm. they work together there. You know, um, uh, what's her name? Olsen. Um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Olsen. Um, you know, and Aaron Taylor Johnson, everything since Kick-Ass has not really been that amazing. Um, are, you know, I'm if given too much screen time, are they going to kind of like ruin this film for us? I mean, yeah, there's just so uh, much going on. Like all the people that were in the first one, yeah. all the new people being added in this one. Yeah. Like the talks about the team being disbanded and a new team by the end of this one. Yeah. And all the Ultron stuff going on in the first place. And all the Hulk stuff going on, and it's just like there's just so much. Like, okay, whatever. I, yeah, g- gloom and doom over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go on the record to say that I'm pr- I'm probably going to Tupperware this movie. I I, I feel not, the same way. I'm not as worried. I, I think I think the movie's going to be outstanding. Yeah, I'm not all gloom and doom. Like I like I think with Civil War, like I, I really like I really feel like that's going to be just a hit. You're more excited. Are you more excited for the Joe and Anthony Russo directed Civil War than you are for Age of Ultron? No. Okay. No. If done right and done well, right. I'm more excited for Avengers 2. I think that's just I guess I'm just like nervous for it that it won't be like it just so, has so much like hype going up into it, you know. I think especially these event films, they're going to knock them out of the park. They're going to make sure they are. Yeah. Um, the only one that I'm really worried about is the Ant Man stuff with all the trouble that they had with the directors and everything. That's a great call, Frank. The, the Ant Man. Everything else seems like it's all fallen into place and working like clockwork. But that's the only one that had you know a lot of questions about it. On yeah. things that shouldn't have been questions. Yeah, and it's yeah, had like they, a screenplay that's been written even, by three people. And they didn't even have a real trailer to unveil at San Diego Comic-Con. It was yeah. just like, you know, like uh, footage, like like um, artwork, mm-hmm. you know, just like moving artwork. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't even have like a real trailer for us at the time. Right. You know what I mean? I think they would have had that stuff ready had they like not been searching for a director. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got to put up or shut up with that one, man. I, we need to see a very cool trailer for that soon, real soon, yeah. real soon. It's shocking. Like we've seen a trailer for fucking Star Wars, Star Wars. yeah, but, but nothing see, from Ant Man. We can't see eighty-eight seconds of Ant Man, <laughs> which this was going to be the very first Marvel movie. It should have been. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is like Edgar Wright was like wanting this movie from like the get go. Yeah, yeah, that's so, crazy. I don't know, man. Um, let's see here. All right. Yeah, guys, moving on. Um, that was a good email. Yeah, it was a very good email. Thank you, Finn. So, guys, should we be worrying about the Fantastic Four movie? Yes. Okay, I mean, we got the news that Doom is a programmer that has a blog. And we all kind of freaked out. Is it misdirection? Um, one of the writers of the movie on his Twitter feed, at G, uh, it's at Jer Slater, J-E-R Slater, posted this tweet. 
for those who care, that plot synopsis currently making the rounds is 100% bullshit. <laughs> so, I mean, basically, like, you know, I'm asking, like, uh, you know, should we be worrying about this movie? And we've got this writer saying that what we're hearing is bullshit. I read today, I don't have it right in front of me, but on Rotten Tomatoes, they had, like, a plot synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Did you read that? No, I, uh, I kind of briefly skimmed it. Yeah, and when I read it, I mean, it brought up some interesting points. It sounds like they're, they're, we are going to be seeing, like, the negative zone, mm-hmm. possibly. Um, and then also it said something like, a group of outsiders travel to outer space. So that's different. That is different. Yeah, I mean, we know some of the stuff is confirmed for sure because the actor said that the like all the doom stuff was the truth of it. Like that was from the actor, right? That was from the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and he kept saying stuff like, "Oh, I'm, am I going to get in trouble for saying this?" Like, yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, it was a one-on-one interview, so it's like I didn't see any of like his handlers sitting like next to him or anything. Yeah, that's so. a massive amount of misdirection. If yeah, if all the all these like rumors and like synopsis right. or you know, right. are I, all- I I think we I think you know even just like from reading like that synopsis that Rotten Tomatoes had up, it doesn't sound like the origin story is true with what we know in the comics. Uh, I think we have one hundred percent every reason to worry about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been we've been worrying about it for quite a while now, I feel. Yeah. And, you know, I don't understand like with a movie that they that hasn't re- officially released anything, you know, but that, that I think that bust of the thing um that they are steering the audience wrong. I don't understand why they would have misdirection. I mean, why get the fans riled up about the film um and angry at the film, you know, especially after like two bad movies that they had done before? Um, they need to release information that gets people excited. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and they're just not doing that. They're not releasing anything. And yeah, when does this movie come out? Summer. Uh, it comes out in August of 2015. Yeah, this, it's crazy <clears throat> we haven't seen a trailer for this yet. It is. It's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely it's insane. Um, I was thinking like when it didn't come out at San Diego Comic-Con, I was thinking, oh, we're going to get the trailer at New York Comic-Con. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. When do they do this? How do they do this? What what is what's going on, Fox? Yeah, you know what I mean. Brian Singer every day is posting something. He was posting something about on Instagram about Days of Future Past. I mean, yeah. it had a viral website. Mm-hmm. Nothing for Fantastic Four. Absolutely nothing. Um, we haven't even seen what the suits look like. Yeah, it's bizarre. That's yeah. This is this is insane. I, I've never seen anything like this. this you think is, that they'd want to promote it in some way? Yeah, mm-hmm. super secrecy. That's but it's it's up. not like it's like something that everyone's like chomping at the bit for. You well, know? see, the thing is, it's like okay, let's say you know, like uh, Toby Kebbell comes out, he does the interview, you know, and I like Toby Kebbell. I think he did a great job in Planet of the Apes playing the what was that, the evil ape. Mm-hmm. He did a great job at the mocap there. Um, you know, I, I I don't have a problem with Toby Kebbell. But, you know, after he came out and he said all that stuff about, uh, you know, Domashev, uh, he's not Doom. He, he goes by the, he goes by Doom on the blog and he's this programmer and people were like, what the fuck movie are we getting here? What the hell's going on? You think after like all that negative reaction, they would have been like, okay, guys, boom, let's put out a trailer. Yeah. This week, we got something here. Let's show them what we got to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To kind of silence the naysayers. Silence the naysayers. Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. I'm I'm a little shocked. It's 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 fucking shocking. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah, that Dumashev shit. That's exactly what I was talking about earlier. Like, we've heard all that stuff straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, guys. Um, X-Men Apocalypse is looking to recast Cyclops and Jean Grey. Uh, This movie takes place in the 80s now. Uh, which is going to be, you know, somewhere like eight to twelve years after Days of Future Past. I don't know the exact timeline. Okay. So we're not bound by bringing back Famke Jansen and James Marsden. They're looking to recast um, younger people. So some of the names that the rap was tossing around uh, for Jean Grey uh, were uh, Chloe Moretz Grace, mm. Elle Fanning, and uh, Haley Steinfeld. So it looks like they're looking at uh, Hit Girl. Uh, the girl from Super 8, Dakota Fanning's younger sister, and uh, the young girl from the True Grit film, the new reboot. Oh, yeah. Um, out of those, who do you like if these are who they're looking at? Mm, man, I don't know. That's a tough one. What do you th- What do you think, Frank? I'd go True Grit Girl. Yeah, I, that's the only one I haven't seen of these three. I liked her performance. She kind of has to – at the time, she was very young, but she had the complete demeanor and mannerisms of an adult then. Um, it was a great performance. Uh, yeah, I, I'd go with her because she's not you know overtly widely known. Get get somebody you know who we haven't seen before in there. I'm going to go with Chloe and Moretz Grace okay. personally. That's That's my choice for her um i think that she would be a, a really good gene gray um the gene gray that we're seeing in the comics book comic books now kind of has like a little bit more of an attitude i can see that and okay. i think she would play that character really well um i her being in a relationship with scott um i think it would be interesting to see those two kind of like banter back and forth Things like that. I think she could pull that off really well. She does it really well in Kick-Ass. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's who I would like to see. Not taking anything away from the actress in True Grit. Yeah. She was fantastic. I think that was like her first big motion picture. And she did a great job in it. But uh, just for this part, I think Chloe Moretz yeah. Grace would be really, really good. See, I watched that um, Carrie remake. And she's not so good in that. And it, oh. The Carrie remake was not a good judge of it I, yeah well, I, it, it wasn't a good movie to do anyway in my opinion i yeah. mean first carrie's so good it's just i think they just wanted to show a newer audience mm-hmm. you know the story yeah but yeah i don't think that's like uh that was like a bad move by her agent there yeah yeah see thinking of gene gray i think of the uh animated you know cartoon from the early 90s. I was just thinking that her agent must be the same agent as uh, Shailene Woodley for Divergent. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Frank. That's okay. Uh, but Jean Grey in that was kind of, I mean, with the exception of her, you know, Phoenix days, was kind of lame and a bit of a prude. You know what I mean? She, she was very uptight. I never got, you know, spunky out of her. But that's what I think of when I think of Jean Grey. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see it. I wouldn't be against... Um, trying her out it's an interesting choice and for cyclops uh the rumor is that they're looking at uh ben hardy from a movie called eastenders haven't seen it me neither Uh -uh. charlie rowe from a movie called never let me go haven't seen it me neither and timothy chalamet uh who played the young tom in the interstellar film 
So, um, you know, like people are speculating now with the names that they've given for Jean Grey, the names they've given for um, Cyclops, that uh, Jean Grey is going to have a bigger part. The actresses that they've listed for, you know, Jean Grey are more well known than these guys that are playing Cyclops. So uh, they're just, you know, they're kind of just speculating that uh, Jean Grey is going to have a bigger part in these movies than Cyclops. Yeah, how old is uh, young Tom from Inter- 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 Interstellar? It would have been like what, uh, 10, 11, something like that? It's a pretty young actor that we're casting for Cyclops. Or no, no, no was he like was 13. driving, guys. He was, can, can you leave me the truck, Dad, when you leave? I mean, didn't he? Yeah, like 16. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. You know, and I mean, a lot of these actors in Hollywood are actually older than what they play in these movies. I mean, Andrew yeah. Garfield played uh, Spider-Man, and the guy was actually older than Tobey Maguire was when he played Spider-Man in <laughs> yeah. the first film. So Andrew Garfield's an older guy playing a younger guy. It could, you know, they could, they could, you know, certain haircuts make you look younger. Definitely. And clothing definitely. and stuff like that. I mean, this guy could be a little bit older. You know, he could play an older character, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting now. That, that's cool that they're recasting him. I think that's I think that's a good move. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be in the eighties. The character is going to be younger anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's been confirmed by Variety that uh, Inside Lewin Davis star and upcoming Star Wars The Force Awakens star mm. Oscar Isaac has been cast as the villain in Apocalypse in the new X Men Apocalypse film, which will be bringing back Brian Singer. Um, directing. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on, uh, on Oscar Isaac? Yeah, I, I, I'm, wow, what a high profile year this guy's gonna have. Yeah, mm-hmm. no kidding. Star Wars and then followed up by being the big bad and Apocalypse. Well, and then last year, I mean, he was in one of the top movies, uh, yeah. Inside Lewin Davis, um, which I saw that mm-hmm. movie. Mm, out of all the, I think, like, out of all the, um, the big the movies that had all the accolades like Wolf of Wall Street, Twelve Years a Slave, um, Gravity, all these movies. It was kind of the weakest in my opinion. Um, I give it a taste. It I didn't. I, I, I watched it. I never rated it on the show, but I give it a taste. It. Hmm. Um, I I personally I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I tossed initially James Spader um, as Ultron, which now. Haven't seen the movie yet, but just the trailer. I'm Tupper wearing it. He's perfect for that mm-hmm. for that role. So me doing that, tossing James Spader at first, I, I'm going to learn from that lesson. I'm going to freeze this one until go. a trailer comes out, and I get to hear Oscar Isaac as you know Apocalypse. Yeah, definitely. It's hard oh. to say. There's going to be, so, and that's a good point. There's going to be so much effect added to it. Yeah, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. It's like. Same what you think about Brolin being Thanos before we got a yeah. Thanos before you got to see the right, clips of anything. Right. Yeah. So, I uh, did, did. You guys see uh, Sucker Punch? I did. Yeah. Yeah. He was in that too. Um, I, I'm kind of with you on the freeze it. I, I want to taste it just because I can see some intensity if they're going to do with him like they do did with Brolin mm-hmm. uh, on the Thanos stuff. Um, he'll be able to get some intensity across. Uh, I, I like the idea, but yeah, let's see it, hear it. I gotta freeze it. I'm freezing it. I'm, I learned from my James Spader tossing. Yeah, put it next to the hot pocket. <laughs> oh, <whoa. laughs> it's in the freezer with the hot pockets. If 
I get drunk enough, I'll pull it out later. I had uh, thought that uh, I might even stick my dick in. Oh, whoa! Wow! Oh, whoa! Wow! It's like a popsicle. Um, Cocksicle. Um, I don't know if this name will sound familiar to anybody, but I'd always thought that Brian Thompson would have been a good apocalypse. He he plays a lot of bit parts. And the only thing I can think of, Jake, that he was in that you would know him from would be he was in the first season of the TV series and uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Um, this is a picture I pulled off of IMDb of him. Okay. Oh, wasn't oh, he? Yeah, the, yeah. Wasn't he the villain in uh, Cobra? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he's been in. in oh yeah, he's, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got the deep throaty voice, mm-hmm. and he's six foot fucking three. Uh, he could pull it off, but you know, obviously, he's not a big name. But physically, I just thought you know, it'd be a good fit. Yeah, I think they want a they want a performance though. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just he's just a like a big a meat, body meathead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Chris Pratt told Zap to it that he wouldn't be opposed to doing a cameo on Agents of Shield. Saying, I wouldn't rule it out. Marvel would have to decide. But if it made sense for the brand and for the story, yeah, sure. I, guys, I just don't understand how this makes any sense, how we would fit into that show. Um, yeah. Yet. That's I an mean, act of desperation. Maybe a few years down the line. I mean, he's not even on Earth yet. So yeah. it doesn't make sense him doing a cameo. I think he's just... I don't know, fan service here? I, yeah, it's just <clears throat> fan service. Yeah. I mean, he probably got goaded into the question by the guy doing the interview. Right. Yeah. Hey, right. would you ever be opposed to yeah. being on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, this is like the uh, whole, like, uh, the interviewer asking Anne Hathaway if she'd ever do Catwoman again. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was a nice answer. Polite right. answer. It's the opposite of anybody asking Mel Gibson if he'll direct Iron Man 4. Because <laughs> he's going to say yes every time in a heartbeat. <laughs> That's funny. I need a job. Of course I would. Let's make that happen. <laughs> Somebody give me a camera. <laughs> I need a job. Oh, that's funny. All right, guys. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, he has not been confirmed as Doctor Strange. Woohoo! So, yeah, I'm happy about that. I um, hadn't heard about this. He's not. He's not confirmed. Huh. I mean, uh, you know, that was the big rumor, and uh, he has been getting bombarded with, uh, are you going to be Doctor Strange questions? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's getting slightly annoyed. Who wouldn't be? Here we go. You guys want to listen to a couple interviews with Benedict Cumberbatch? I do. All right. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, congratulations. I mean, you're doing all sorts Thanks of great things. Are you going to be a superhero? I don't know about that. Do you know about that? Oh, I thought you were. Anyway, it's Dr. Strange. Check his, he needs yeah. to check his notes. Hey, I'm throwing it back to you, Gail. I think you are Dr. Strange, all right? right? No, I've checked your notes. <laughs> all right, so that's the first interview. Check your wow. fucking notes. Man, yeah, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Nah, checking notes, checking notes. I can't believe that last one, that she tried so hard. Like, you are Doctor Strange, though. That's, no. It's not check, a she. Check, that checking was a, notes. That was actually a male oh, interviewer. Oh, man, his voice, like, doubled <laughs> a couple of notches. I think he's getting scared. Um, Doctor Strange interview number two. Yes, more. But let's talk hypothetically. Oh, let's, I know, I know. I don't like to ask you this, either, but I'm going to. Doctor Strange. <laughs> He's with John Malkovich, by the way. I love your suit. Wouldn't that be cool? I really like the sort of horizontal weave of the world. Thank you. Benedict, you've never been so disrespectful. Can you you rewind that? Sure. Yeah, hold on. Can't catch what he's saying. 
Okay, he. Let me turn this down. He is in an interview right now, and uh, it's. Uh, I think him and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, him and John Malkovich. They're they're doing an interview about Madagascar penguins. That Madagascar, the penguin movie, yeah, the cartoon. Okay. okay, yeah, they're doing an interview about that, and so it's them two sitting down. And of course, you know, you just can't have an interview about the current movie. You got to ask them about Doctor Strange. So mm-hmm. here's John Malkovich and Benedict Cumberbatch. But let's talk hypothetically. I know, I know. I don't like to ask you this either, but I'm going to. Doctor Strange. That'd be cool. I'd love your suit. Wouldn't that be cool? I really like the sort of horizontal weave of the world. Thank you. Benedict, you've never been so disrespectful. Benedict, I'm right here. Old buddy, old pal. Doctor Strange? Hi. That'd be a cool character for any actor to play, don't you think? Look, there's a. Has <laughs> this been your tactic all day? This is what you're doing. You're come literally. In, come, in, come in, come in, come in. There's nothing yeah. over there. It's well, you just use your imagination. We had to when we were doing this film, so let's talk about that now. Do you think you'd be a good Doctor Strange, John? I love the color of your eyes. <laughs> I think he'd be about a, a good anything. But, uh, there you go. I think we have to wait uh, and see what the future brings. There you go. See, he's got his talking point. He got it down. I That's mean, all you need to say. Can Yes, he has, and that was incredibly generous what he said. But you have asked me this question possibly eight times. <laughs> and you lie to me on a progressive scale each time. I, I, I would, feel I, the lie. The lie is that's that's unfair. That's really unfair, <laughs> no, as you know. That's really no, because you know what? A lot of times things come out. For yes. years, I was doing Harry Potter. Right. And I never had a conversation. That was my about next Harry question. Potter. When are you doing Harry Ever. Potter, John? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> is, are they still doing no, Harry Potter? I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting on set for them. To I'm going to buy the book <laughs> and do a reading. All right. So what have we learned here? Don't ask Benedict Cumberbatch if he's going to be Doctor Strange because oh, he's going to give you the strangest moment of your life as an interviewer. You ask him that question. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, because basically, it, you could, you guys couldn't see it, but visually, watching the interview, when the interviewer first asked him the question, he was having a side conversation with John Malkovich, not even listening to the interview. He totally shut down, put up a wall at that point. Mm. They were having a side conversation. Okay, and he is not wanting to talk about that at all. So what does this make you lean towards, that he more likely is Doctor Strange or that he more li- likely isn't Doctor Strange? There's something about the deal that he doesn't like. It's um, not done yet. I think it went from like, oh, you know, a fun conversation about, you know, like be- him being asked, like we've played interviews in the past and he, yeah. he says he knows a little bit about the character and stuff like that, mm-hmm. to him kind of like alluding to something mm-hmm. to now it's getting to the point where it's a strained relationship between him and the media mm-hmm. asking him. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not answering the question yet, but it's a strained relationship because, you know, he, he can't say anything until contracts are signed. So I think if he wasn't, it would just be a flat at this point with the the level of frustration that we're hearing. It mm. would just be a flat out no. I'm not playing Doctor Strange. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Stop asking me mm-hmm. this question. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I think he's in talks. I it's just working. I think I think what it is is it's working around his schedule 
because he is a busy actor doing independent films. I don't know how many seasons he has left of Sherlock. I think this might have been the last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was hard for him to do certain movies because of Sherlock, and that's why they did they they filmed a bunch of episodes all at one time. Mm. So um, yeah, I think something's in the works. I think something's cooking. It's just that he can't he can't uh, he can't say yeah I'm Doctor Strange yet, and you know. I don't know. I, we just hear the frustration in his voice. My God, that was awkward. Yeah, yeah, that was that was awkward. Both those interviews, I, I couldn't tell you which was more awkward. I liked them. Yeah, <laughs> they were fun. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was good stuff. <laughs> so, uh, Frank, what are you thinking, man? What are you kind of like uh, unpacking those <laughs> awkward statements? What are you thinking? Yeah, man, he just. Uh He's tired of it. He doesn't want to hear the question anymore. Everybody already fucking knows. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. All right, guys. Uh, you guys want to move into Star Wars news? Yeah. Can we take a quick break? Oh, Jake. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. A break for Jake. A Jake break. <laughs> guys we're back uh gonna jump into uh our regular star wars news as soon as i can find the drum (laughs) (laughs) hey guys what's a misa saying you were supposed to be here with me listening to pop culture leftovers podcast that's not true that's impossible all right. So, Slash Film. They have learned from one of their sources that they know when the next Star Wars animated show will take place. Ooh. Here's what they had to say. Now, this is not when that show is going to come out, but this the is time like period. the time period. They, they said that they know. Oh, what was that? That was Facebook. Oh. I posted something on Facebook. I told everybody I think we spent an hour and a half talking about the 88-second Star Wars <laughs> The Force Awakens trailer. So, yeah, that was my uh, update. So somebody – I maybe liked the post or responded, but I ain't got, no, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> ain't got time for that. We're busy. <laughs> all right. So, all right. The new cartoon – this is what Slash Film had to say. The new cartoon series will be set during the sequel trilogy timeline, Episode 7 and Beyond which will be very familiar to fans by that time. If Rebels does go three or four seasons, the new show would hypothetically start in 2017 or 2018. Around the same time, we'll see Star Wars Episode Eight. That means we'll have at least one, possibly two movies of world building in which to set up a new story and set of, and set of characters. Um, interesting. That is interesting. Um, I think episode seven will go in a little way in setting up some of the story that we're going to see in episode eight. Yeah. I got to imagine there's going to be a little bit of symmetry in, in the next three movies. Yeah. Is, um, have they confirmed that it's a trilogy that we're getting? Oh, yeah. It's seven, eight, nine. They haven't, like, 
I mean, obviously we're going to see seven, eight, nine, and then the in between movies. Okay, but I mean, it's the world is open. Like, like if it's big stuff, we're going to see ten, eleven, twelve too, right? Oh god, yeah, okay. I, yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to see ten, eleven, twelve. I uh, think this is just like the, and I think ten, eleven, twelve is what they're going to do with those. Is like this is going to be like the handing of the torch from the old characters to the new characters. Hopefully, these new characters like you know Adam Driver, uh, Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac, and John Boyega are going to be characters that we all love. Mm-hmm. We're all hoping, and hopefully, they'll be able to carry the torch into the next set of films, ten, eleven, and twelve. Yeah, that's what I think they're hoping for too. You know Disney. Yeah, definitely. So I wouldn't doubt that they've got a you know set of plans beyond what's already been known, similar to like what Marvel has. Right. Darts on a board. You know, I was thinking like the other day. You know how we're talking about like uh, we all, we already know that Ryan Johnson is going to be directing Star Wars Episode Eight. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, do you think that that was kind of like uh, what? Disney had planned from the beginning, like they had planned, like they had saw like the work J.J. Abrams had done to set up the universe and the Star Trek movie, and he did such a great job with that first film, and then they they kind of saw the flop that was Star Trek Into Darkness, and and they kind of thought to themselves, oh, you know what, we can get J.J. Abrams to come in here and set the tone for these new films, mm-hmm. and then it's instead of giving him the burden of the second <laughs> film, which we saw he couldn't handle in Star Trek Into Darkness. Darkness. Yeah. Let's give it to a different director after that. Do you think that's kind of like the template that they've given this? Does that make sense? That's the magic formula, man. That's how Lost did it too. Yeah. JJ came in and wrote the pilot, directed the pilot, wrote and directed nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. It was all Lindelof and Hughes after that. So I think that's the JJ Abrams like formula. Yeah. You get him in there to do part one and then you get him out of there before he fucks it up. Yeah. 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 Artist painting a picture. He keeps fucking with it and messes it up. He's got a great original idea and then somebody else just needs to take over. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. I'm glad we already have a great director in in place. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The Brothers Bloom director, the Looper director, Ryan Johnson. I can't wait. Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting though. Like, are they going to get Ryan Johnson to come on and do nine? I think it's a, I think it's a huge possibility that they yeah. do that. You know, I think like same thing with like uh, you know Captain America. They had a director come in there and and do the original Captain America movie, and then like Joe and Anthony Russo did the Winter Soldier, and it blew up, and like they're having them come back. So I think like they're going to wait to announce the director of Star Wars Episode Nine to see how they feel about star wars episode eight and i think like once they know what they're gonna have i think we might get an announcement like even before that movie is like released yeah gonna, just, just like this just time. like yeah yeah just yeah. like now we already know about ryan johnson i think around this time in the pre-production of uh episode eight yeah we'll know what's up once it. they see what they're getting i think they're gonna be like okay let's sign ryan johnson yeah. On for nine again. And I think, I don't know what it will be, but I think we're guaranteed to see another, um, written and directed by Ryan Johnson movie between now and, um, like pre-production of episode eight. Oh, it would be, it, yeah, it, it would be in his best interest to do something. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, uh, he'll be coming off, you know, everybody's going to know he's the director for Star Wars episode eight mm-hmm. and it would be in his best interest. I mean, same thing with like Scott Derrickson and Dr. Strange. Like yeah. he did that movie with, uh, you know, uh, Eric Bana, um, deliver us from evil. 
you know, and like one of the main reasons I went to see that was because Scott Derrickson directed it. I, yeah. you know, I'd seen, you know, other movies that he had done, I think like Sinister and things like that, but I wanted to like get kind of like a feel for like what he can do for a Doctor Strange movie. So I think it'd be in his best interest to see another a movie done by him. What's uh, what's the timetable for these Star Wars movies? Is it going to be every two three, years? It's, so it's, we're cutting a year out. Yes, yes, cutting I, a year out. As far as I know, the last that I saw, we're going to be getting them every two years. So like in between those, then we'll get like the other movies. I did not write this down in my notes, and I apologize. Um, there is a. The, they said one of the movies, one of the, the like the the movies in between the first one. They think they might know what that Gareth Edwards. Oh, is, is it could be about all the bounty hunters? Is yes, that, is that the story? yes, it's kind of like the uh, the bounty hunters, and they're trying to get some, trying to steal something from a Death Star. Yeah, kind of like Ocean's Eleven meets I don't know. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. yeah I saw a little bit of yeah, blurb about that. Yeah. I wish I would have got put that in my notes. That's interesting. Sounded, so that's yeah. confirmed, huh? Every two years. Uh, I don't I mean, quote me, but I, okay. I think from what I remember reading from some of like the press stuff is like it's going to be every two years. So wow. yeah, 2015, 2017, mm. uh, and then uh, 2019. Ooh, that's quick. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be uh, moving on. Could be hu- uh, potential huge spoilers here. Um, this is how messed up Star Wars news is. StarWars7news.com is reporting a rumor that was in the comments section of another rumor. Mm. <laughs> uh, the original rumor was that Han kills Luke to save Adam Driver's character, which people are speculating to be the son of Han and Leia. Now a user posted in the comments section, and this made their updated report. Here's what the user had to say. Luke will not die. It's the other way around. There's a fight at the end. Luke wants to kill Adam Driver, and Han steps in. Luke then kills Han, which brings Luke back to his sanity. Han, with his dying words, begs Luke to let Driver live, to trust him that everything will be all right, and he's won't, and then he won't succumb to the dark side. Luke trusts Han and does not kill Driver, which will be a big mistake, as we will see in episodes eight and nine. Wow, that's huge shit. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, Luke killing Han. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, that makes sense. I mean, I, we've heard um, – I, I don't know if that's where they're going to go. But uh, the reason I say it makes sense if like, this is real, like we've heard in the past Harrison Ford says he wants Han to die. Like, yeah, he's been saying that yeah, since the heyday. Exactly, <clears throat> exactly. So, um, you know, just getting him to come back and play Han Solo for this movie is like a huge milestone. Mm-hmm. It's like getting Bill Murray to come back and play Venkman again, in, right. you know, in some ways. So, yeah, I, I, if that rumor is true, I can believe – if one of these rumors is true, I can believe that that Luke would kill Han. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So, interesting. Um, but, you know, it's – is it true or are they just printing fan fiction from a comment section? Yeah, that's crazy. Well, why did they give this guy any credo? Just, just the way he put it. You know, I think this guy uh, – I think they gave him – don't quote me on this, but I think this guy has uh, posted before on their page. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that he said have been really valid. You know, mm-hmm. some of the rumors that he's posted, I think, in the past is stuff that they've like got confirmed from like other, you know, like mm. outlets and things like that, you know, about the film. So sure. that might be the reason. Hmm. So um, here's uh, more. Yeah, let's see here. No, uh, 
Yeah, here's more to the uh, more to the rumor. Uh, another thing, the artwork with the cyborg holding Vader's helmet in his hands is pretty accurate. Uh, this is the end of the movie. Luke beats Driver up pretty good in the fight. He has a scar on his face, and his right hand will be cut off by Luke. After the funeral of Han, Driver will be in Luke's quarters wearing a mask and a robe, and he holds Vader's helmet in his cyborg hand, eyes blazing. Uh, another anonymous user chipped in, said the Force Awakens in a bad way in Han and Leia's son, Adam Driver, after he sees Luke kill Daddy Han. You know this to be true. Wow. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. It could be just, you know, fan fiction or shit. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's hard to say. Hmm. It's like if... It makes it seem, though, like Adam Driver is, like, such more of a bigger character if that's if that's really what happened, yeah. you know? Yeah. And we haven't seen anything of him. We don't even know. I mean, we maybe or maybe not have seen him in the trailer. Yeah. And it's like I know he was in the he's in the girls TV show. We I, he was in he was the uh, he was he was in uh, Inside Lewin Davis with Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. His role in that was very, very small, mm. very small. So like if he's as big a character in this movie as he is, I mean, this is a lot of screen time for this guy. Yeah. And it sounds like maybe not much this movie, but like the promise of tons more the next movie. Eight and nine. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Um, that's a man. If that ending actually comes in, that that's the real ending to this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. See, we're not going to know. And that's, that's the fun thing. I love, I love this. Yeah. The, it, it, do you think that that character walking through the woods now could be Adam Driver? Yeah, maybe. It could I be. Don't know. But see, that it, it, it just—it just seems like a lot. Like from like the pictures that we saw of him in the Rebel pilot suit, like he would have to be unstable even then. Yeah. <sighs> What's the significance of him holding the Vader helmet? Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out too. Yeah, is he? Is he? I don't know, you know, because like family is such a big thing in the Star Wars universe. You'd think like he'd be the son of Luke then at that point. Yeah, well, maybe it was I symbolic. Know. I mean, he's thinking he's doing the right thing. He sees Luke kill Han. Mm-hmm. Just the rage takes him over and thinks that he, Luke has gone bad and is making a point. Yeah, but like you did like, like your dad. You went bad. It seems like he's with Luke at the end, though. They, they say um, after the funeral of Han, Driver will be in Luke's quarters wearing a mask and a robe. Guys, that Star Wars Underworld picture of the character that we saw holding the yeah. saber yeah. definitely wearing a mask and a robe. Yeah, um, wearing a mask and a robe, and he holds Vader's helmet in his cyborg hand, the same hand that. You know, uh, that, that, that Luke cut off during that fight and his eyes are blazing. I, I don't know, guys. Hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a lot to chew on. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, great week. This is our show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is redundant. I never know how to wrap these up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a great show. I had a lot of fun. Uh, my favorite part of this show was just talking about the Star Wars trailer, man. Yeah, with you definitely. Guys. Star- I'm chomping at the bit because we haven't talked about it since it came out. It came mm-hmm. out on Friday. It's Sunday. We're recording and yeah. mm-hmm. we hadn't talked. I didn't know what you guys thought, but man, 
give it a Tupperware party, and I'm sure there's going to be people that disagree with us. But hopefully, when we broke down the trailer, we gave people something to be excited about. Yeah, you know, maybe some of the Easter eggs that they didn't catch, maybe that you know that we discussed. Hopefully, that'll get them a little bit more excited than they were. Yeah, who the fuck is that Dark Jedi? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to hear, like, Blaine McLean, one of our listeners, was thinking it was Driver. And, I mean, from what we're reading here, it very well could be. I don't know, man. I mean, and, you know, uh, Inquisitors. Are we going to see Inquisitors in this film or or whatever they call them in the film, Jedi Hunters? And, you know, it's like there's so many questions. Yeah, it makes it seem like at this point we're not going to see Inquisitors. Like, if there's no Jedi going around since Return of the Jedi and the Force is now awakening, it makes it seem like they don't exist anymore. It might be something that's limited to, like, uh, Gwendolyn Christie, the silver yeah. stormtroopers. Yeah. Like, that might be your your thing there. She's a silver stormtrooper? She was seen in the armor, wasn't you're she? You're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, she was seen in that armor, and I think she was with the people that they were saying were Inquisitors. Yeah. Right? That's what I thought. In a scene. I think you yeah. are right. Hmm. Like, maybe they yeah. won't be getting fit directly involved, but they will act on their behalf. Hmm. <laughs> Guys, I don't know, man. I can't wait. You know, it's like we're not going to get as much news now since all like the filming is wrapped and stuff like that. I mean, so it's going to be all under wraps now. But uh, yeah, love the trailer. Love the new music. Um, Oh yeah, love the visual Mm -hmm. style of it. It 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 doesn't. It looks it looks more like uh, I don't know. It's just like a a perfect blend of like uh, you know the old Star Wars with new technology, new designs, and and not a whole lot of the pre. But, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just awesome. Yeah, J.J. Abrams, it does not look like Star Trek. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, J.J. Abrams made Star Trek look like Star Wars. Exactly. I mean, watch those movies. I mean, it's got the action of Star Wars. I mean, even some of the ships that were used in Into Darkness kind of like had the shape of the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like this is more, I think, what he's suited for. I agree. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, hopefully he knocks this movie out of the park. Um I think this is going to be – I think this should be the first movie that we all see in the theaters together. I say I say we say fuck it and watch this movie in the theaters together. Yeah. That would be cool. I'd be down for it. It's uh, This is going to be hard for me not to see at the midnight. Oh, I'm going to see it at the midnight. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it won't even be at midnight now. It'll probably be like Thursday. 8 o'clock, um, Thursday at 8 or something like that's that. That's beautiful. Or like yeah. at noon on Thursdays. Yeah. It'll be like yeah. Black Friday. That's keep beautiful. scaling back. Star Wars are usually Wednesdays, so it'll probably be like 8 on a, on a Tuesday. Yeah. No, my. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, episode 68. Uh, episode 69. That's coming up next, guys. Uh, so top five pornos do, do, do next week. Yeah, right? yeah. Top five science fiction pornos. Uh, oh, yeah. So Star Wars, the Emperor likes that. Yeah. So that'll be my uh, number three. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, 2001, a sex odyssey. <laughs> All right, yeah. Triple X-Men. Okay. In her stellar vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do some research on these movies and let you know what's my what my top list is. All right, guys. Episode 68. That's a wrap. Well, guys, I will uh, see you next week. Later, y'all. Bye. Always <laughs> fucking in with bye. <laughs> my ears. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the left. Picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture Carry over Counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.